Warning. We interrupt this presentation with the following urgent message regarding the 22 Shots of Moots and War podcast. If you see it in stores, call the police. If you have it in your home, don't touch it. Get out. Because the 22 Shots is a product of nature, a deadly living organism. It is addictive and destructive. It can overcome your mind and take over your body. And nothing can stop it. What's the weirdest thing you've ever saw? I have seen weird things come and I have seen weird things go. Where does it say we gotta keep those dumb fucks next door to where we sleep? going down right now episode 180 is coming at you live i am your host the undisputed underground king of skype still the toxic offender moods yeah and of course i have my mexican life mate by my side tonight double chicken noodle soup j aka jp and of course we have the jew showing up out of the blue jeremy aka ellen degenerate in the house yeah and the 22 Shots crew would like to welcome back to the show the bomb diggity Boston Brando, a.k.a. Derek, representing Cinema Attack Podcast and a whole whack load of other shows. Next up, we have JP's better full self, Carly, representing Netflix and Chill, his and her podcast, and again, a whole slew of other shows I can't remember the names of. And finally, we have the dude with the grayest and stinkiest balls known to exist, Old Man Dave, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Parker. What's going on, motherfuckers? Yeah. Oh Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. 
Now, does he have gray big. pubes? Is the real I, I, don't have, I don't have any gray body hair or pubes. I'm pretty so sure I'm there's, there's got to be like at least one. Like, there ain't none. All right, okay. Yeah, you are getting gray pubes, man. You are getting old as fuck. He plucks them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure nobody actually got the 180 reference. Has anybody watched darts? Probably no. not. Nope. But when you get 180, the they're like, 100 darts. You don't know what uh, fucking okay. darts are? Yes, I know what darts are. like the game darts? I tried to watch ESP For some like weird reason, they yeah. always yeah. have it on TV. And if you get like, you know, three triple 20s, they're like, 180. I don't know. It's fucking. Who the fuck watches it, darts on TV. You know exactly. You have to Nobody watches darts on TV. That's the craziest thing. Wait, you thing. watch darts? It's like a sport on TV. Darts? Yeah. It's on yeah. ESPN 12. It's, it's the, the only sport shit. that oh doesn't God. get banned from coronavirus. It's on ESPN A. It's the craziest shit, man, that darts is actually <laughs> televised and that they get the crowds that they get. It's, anyways, but the 180 no thing is just kind of a comical thing because the announcers, like, totally overblows it every time they get 180. But. It's on white trash sports. <laughs> it is, man. Um, yeah, dudes, we are finally here man it's been like a year since we did our last top 10 show uh the random shows and uh fucking finally man i i'm I, I don't want to say that I'm glad that this is over because I had a lot of fun prepping for this, but this is definitely the longest stretch that we went through between these shows and uh welcome everybody man 1985 yeah 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 excited yeah. to be here 1985 which which by the way if you're keeping track, this is the first time an odd year ever showed up. We have the most weird randomizer known to any <laughs> Dude, podcast. It's creepy. It's the creepy. 90s gonna show up though. It is weird, well, man. Like how we the get 90s this... have showed up before. I know, but like a good 90s year. It's Q on guys. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> doing remember? 1996. We had 86. We had 76. Good. We had 1972. 1982. 2002. Like. What the fuck, man? It's like the random guy just fucking with us. And then we have randomly 1985. So that means... 1990 next time. Watch. If if we're starting a new pattern, we're going to get either 1975 or 1995. I remember 97 was the second in line last time, I remember. Was it really? It was 85 and then 97. I think out of any Mm. year that we still have available to show up in the randomizer later in the show... 1997 is probably the one year I'm actually going to be really pissed off about. Because that's well, a bad year. The, the funny thing is, dude, is, you know, we've been doing these for a long time. We haven't been out of the 70s and 80s in four years. Right? <laughs> it's right. been four years straight of 70s and 80s. I, I think it would be good for like 2000s or early 90s year. Yeah, that'd be hell. Cool. I'll even take ninety-six at this point. Two thousand three. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm praying for the nineties again. I would love to go back to the nineties, like, preferably the early nineties. But I'm not going to be pissed if like two thousand seven comes up. Like I've tried to explain this before. You know, with a year like you know any pretty much anything in like the mid to later two thousands, there's so many films to watch. Yeah, and and as. Uh, so we like to watch a lot of films and over prep for these shows. You know, when you have 5,000 films to choose from, I feel like I'm just going to burn myself out watching shit after shit after shit and being like, I need to find that one extra gem, you know, and just going fucking ape shit about it and stuff. So that's kind of like the fear I have with getting those type of years, even though they're going to be fun to prep for to a point. So, yeah, you know, it, they are really depthful especially i mean there's we often forget that we still have a sliver of the 2010s to handle 2010 11 and 12 which we've never talked about so if any of those years pop up it's there's a there's a lot that you almost need to prep 
as much as we do for like the se- 2000, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 shows that we've done. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to finally get this under wraps because we, we wanted to, to do a quick turnaround on this one and we ended up doing a less than normal turnaround, you know, a lot longer than normal turnaround. So uh, that that's. Not yeah, I think originally because well, when was when did we do the last eighty-five show or it was, uh, top ten show? I want to say it was in like April or something, right? Okay, yeah, so, like like June. so I think originally we yeah. had this show planned September. for September. Yeah, yeah. It so, yeah, so it was a few months after we did it, and then it got pushed until I think early January, and then that got pushed oh, you meant, until okay, my bad. Yeah, and then that got pushed I you again. So February, and then it was March, and now it's April. <laughs> so the show got pushed four or five times. But that's long how that's how long it was, Carly. That's <laughs> been pretty much a year. Since we've been doing- yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, and Dave hopped on very late into production. I ended up getting. We talking about how many watches we got? Not yet, but you j- no. you jumped in late. And well, I, uh, when did we invite well, you on? It was after at the year the end meeting. show. Year end yeah. show. So oh, end of December. Yeah. End of December. Yep. So yes. you you had four months to prep. And, and raped us all in the butthole with it. Yeah. But but I counted like five or six titles that I had watched in your guys's period too. Yeah, but, but he's I'll... the most he's the most mature, so he knows what he's doing, you know, Carly. Oh, I am mature. It's those great, <laughs> great oh, balls yeah. hairs. David, yeah. it's great. It's great. Mature I'm the, I'm is what you oldest. say when somebody great ages gracefully. You know, yeah. what I mean? Dave's <laughs> the same age as me. <laughs> yeah, you look a little chaotic, Dave. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a crazy. I'm I'm cool until I snap, and then there's no coming back. Dave snaps at like two forty-five in the morning. He's like, "Fuck that movie." He's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "I don't know why." I fucking hate the tower. It's terrible. Or after he watches the tower, exactly. That's the breaking point for him. We bring up an actor, and he's like, "I don't know why this guy thinks he's so special. I don't even want to watch his movie." Fuck Mark Patton. I'm just kidding. Or he just wakes up and sees our chats, and he's like, "What the fuck did I just miss?" Uh, After going to bed, it's 6 p.m. You better hurry up. I already missed the 6 o'clock news of this shit. I gotta get something. You're ruining my life over here. (laughs) (laughs) So. I got up later today. I I used a sick uh, vacation day, so I got up a little later, so I should be good till, you know, midnight. He got got up at 4 a.m. instead of 2 p.m. Same. I took off of work today. I'm like, Fuck that shit. So if you took a sick day and you go back on Monday, is everyone going to think that maybe you have corona or what? Give a fuck. Like, I'm just I know, I'm like afraid to call off at my work because I don't no, want they to be good. I'm dying. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, um, if actually if I get sick and even if it's not corona, if I have a temperature and shit and I go and get a virtual doctor thing or, or something that says you're sick, I think I get two weeks pay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. I've been toilet seats all week. Two weeks nice. to watch I think they told me to just go fuck myself, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, but we get no hazard pay, and we're not essential, but they say we are. So, hey, we all getting fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Uh, where are you at, Uncle Sam? You owe me some hazard pay. I'm risking my life to pack up paintbrushes. <laughs> I need that paintbrushes. How am I going to paint all I'm these fucking wrinkles? I'm risking my life to watch movies. This is bullshit. <laughs> you watch movies ever, JP? Yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, JP, yeah. you're done Wait a minute, I can't help you. I'm watching this movie. What's that? JP, you done your list yet? Yeah, my list is done. These yeah, guys we- give me crap because the, I wait till the end to do my list. Meanwhile, Brandon does his list while they're doing the list. 
<laughs> yeah, but he Brandon, that, right? we he had a, we ain't talking about Brandon. We had an entire year to do this, and we get on Skype here to record, and JP's still doing his fucking list. After like, talking shit like, hey, we all already know what our lists are because it's such a top-heavy year, and then you don't even got it done. Yeah, okay, th- speaking of this, I want to point this out, because people give me shit. They're saying, well, I already know JP's list is going to be generic. And I'm like thinking, like, so... What do you want me to do? Pick a bunch of movies that aren't my favorite or the ones that I, I think are the best but you already put did them that. on my list? Yeah, to just so candy. they're surprising? Yeah. I don't understand the concept of generic list versus non It's and not my fault fake. that I like the stuff that I like. Well, everybody's just, got just the bacon. You know what I like doesn't mean it's generic. It just means you know what I like. We all got <laughs> almost basic bitch list. Almost all. Well, there I might mean, be one or two weird ones, but we all got basic. Well, that moves threw me off a bunch because I, I'm seeing the stuff that he's given... Uh, nines and stuff, and I'm like, he might actually yeah. come with the most unique list out of all of us. Wow. Because, but okay, so that that leads into you know 85, right? 85. 1985, so, the middle of the 80s. So, what is everyone's general thoughts on the year? Because yes, 85, upon just kind of glancing over it, does actually have a lot of really kind of top heavy films and a lot of uh, favorite films to a lot of genre fans. I mean, you know, I stressed many, many times, you know, if you watch a Top 50 show, um, a lot of these films from 1985 actually was the most represented year in my Top 50 list, you know, so, and I always claim that, you know, 1981 is my favorite year. I always find that's one of the funnest years to kind of watch through because there's just so many slashers. I love slashers and stuff. But anyways, 85 happens to have some of my favorite films of all time. And it's yes, it is a little bit top heavy, but it's still one of those years that's really, really fun to go through. And it's it's kind of like a weird kind of transitional period in the eighties because up until eighty four nineteen eighty four was kind of the end of the golden era of like, you know, slasher films and stuff. They were still producing a lot of those. And by eighty five, it's like, you know, producers and directors are just like, Hey, we need to do something different and let's get away from the slasher film. I mean, I watched eighty five movies for uh, the, the prep here and there's not really a lot of slasher films from the year there's a few here and there but there's a lot of different types of films which is really cool but I think 85 is also the introduction to uh, you know the horror comedy also there wasn't really yeah. there was horror well, comedies done in the early 80s but this year kind of brought it to the forefront and, and made some really kind of notable ones and stuff not like mm-hmm. horror comedy parodies and shit I'm talking movies that have comedy in them or kind of classified as horror comedies and things like but, victims I'm just joking. Yeah, like no. victims. <laughs> you know, you know, but you know what I'm saying. And and those yeah. films became very famous for that and stuff. And uh, I, you know, '85 is it's an interesting year, a very very interesting year in the '80s. So I'm very glad this year came up. But what you yeah, guys we have a lot of on? top directors in here still working too, and yeah. and some of them are on the tail end of their career. Like, and we have a lot of low budget guys coming out. Um, we have mm-hmm. Tim Ritter who's still making movies. We have the shot shot on video kind of boom starting with Blood Colt and The Ripper. Yeah. And we have, like I said, Don Dolers kind of. And in his like kind of run on a lot of those movies, so we got a lot of people kind of coming to their like end of their career, and some people starting up. Like Stuart Gordon's first movie is 1985. George Romero still working. Wes Craven still working. Like the only big dogs that didn't make a movie this year are Lucio Fulci, who made one next year with Devil's Honey, and John Carpenter, who made Big Trouble in Little China next year. And um, uh, geez, there's one more guy I know that's a heavy guy that didn't make one. Um, Fulci, Carpenter, and Cronenberg. He had a movie the next year too. So it's just like everybody was working at this time. All the all yeah. the big dogs are still working toby hooper made one it was definitely the golden era it was yeah i was 
And it was really yeah. the end of like the Italian era. Like it seemed like eighty five yeah. kind of produced a few films, you know, from some heavy kind of header hitter, uh, you know, directors and stuff, and not so much heavy hitter directors. But that was kind of it. It was like eighty five. There was yeah. a bunch of Dude, Italian the films, yeah. and then that was it. Dead in this, and then it was just but done. the cannibal, the jungle adventure, still going on, and it's it's getting like <laughs> tired as fuck. The jungle yeah. adventure, it's three of them this year, and and yeah. they did, they cut out a lot of the cannibalism, but kept the jungle adventure themes going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Me, I think that I think this year is, you know, very top heavy. But like any year in the '80s, there's good stuff for, you know, ten, ten, ten. You got ten, you know, every ten that you watch, you're still getting good stuff for a while. How many JP? You know, you know, every ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so I, I think like the overall themes that I noticed. Um, one, I actually was surprised at the lack of slashers. I just expected more for mid eighties. You know, it's like yeah, but I just think of early eighties though for slashers. You're and you're right. Early eighties, eighty one, eighty two. I think they burnt them out by now. I think but, honestly, I, I always, I always had this theory that in 1984, when Silent Night, Deadly Night came out and caused such a fucking hooray, like it just upset so many fucking people. I think a lot of people just wanted to get away from that. Hence, 85 coming and not producing a lot of slasher films. I think they're like, hey, we need to do something different because it's causing a controversy. And I mean, the best thing ever for Silent Night, Deadly Night was the controversy. You know, it got way more exposure than it probably ever would have. But uh, I think that had was a contributor to you know, the next year, not just not producing what they've been doing for the last, the previous six years, 78 between 78 and 84 was that era. It was slasher film before anything else kind of thing. Right. Well, well the Nightmare reason, the reason I it say too. that is because we've slashers. done 86 yeah. and I remember there being a lot more slashers in 86 mm-hmm. than say 85. But uh, they were supernatural, right? That's because Nightmare on Elm Street. It takes a year to catch yeah. on. Then we have a bunch yeah. of supernatural yeah. slashers after that. That that Nightmare on Elm Street revived the slasher genre with stuff like Pledge Night and all that kind of shit came it, a couple like, years exactly, later. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. You're right. Yeah. I yeah, agree. I, I, I think so. And even the other Friday thing, changed. Yes. Yeah. Friday goes supernatural in 86 as well. Yeah. With uh Jason Lives. Don't know, never yeah. seen it. The thing I noticed, my like, favorite uh, film. The, the, I noticed out of the gate, like, uh, even for like children's stuff, there's like two films that we watched that one's fucking weird and one's from Disney and it's kind of dark, you know? Yeah, like, there's a lot of weird kids movies dark. this year. But that was the interesting. Dave knows how much I love weird kids Oz. movies. Dave knows all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that TV movies, there was a lot of good TV movies this year. Um, Even even the thriller aspect, which I watched some stuff that you guys didn't, I noticed. Um, At least I think you guys didn't, like, like straight up, like, thrillers from the 80s, you know, from 85. Uh, Like, almost like lifetime thrillers that that I ended up seeing. And I thought they were all pretty decent, but, you know... I think that there was also good regular horror films too, yeah. like um, you know the Midnight Hour, and you got and stuff Blackout. like the bad, the bad Blackout, Blackout the Bad really Seed, good. Fortress. Um, is all, Fortress a TV movie? It was made for HBO, right? Oh, is it yeah. Aussie one? It yeah, probably had a theatrical so. release in in Australia, though, right? I'm not it sure. I, I know I, Fortress was made for TV. I don't know if it had a theatrical verse uh, yeah. release, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's weird with the Australian movies because even like uh, the plumber from like the seventies was a TV movie, but it was released at theaters in some aspects in some areas for Australian audiences. So it's it's weird with them sometimes. 
And Honeymoon's another good TV movie. Is Honeymoon a TV movie? It sure felt like it. Um, I actually I hope so. I don't think it is. Tear at London Bridge is. Yeah. I, I don't think Honeymoon is Two actually. Two Jack the Ripper movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's weird, weird. too. Supernatural yep. Jack the Ripper movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Even a TV remake of The Bad Seed. Yeah. And it actually follows the original uh, play or book ending more so. Yeah. It was uh, Fortress was re- released initially directly to cable television by oh, HBO. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cool, yeah. cool. They, yeah, what, what was the other HBO one? Was it Blackout? Blackout was an HBO film. Um, what other TV ones did I watch? Uh, the Tower, Dave's favorite from the year. That's a Canadian turd fest. A Canadian shot on, beta, shot on beta film. Um, shot on butt. Man, why do you hate the tower, man? I actually like... I like. Well, Beta had better quality than VHS, though it actually doesn't look bad. It just has that fucking soap opera feel to it, you know? It's an hour and 41 minutes. That, on, like, any, I, I anything that's not shot on... It could have like, been 25 minutes shorter. Like, yes. too long, yes. Yeah, it could have been 25 minutes, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a fucking guy. <laughs> Wes Craven directed perhaps two of his worst films ever this year. If, well, you, if you count Hills Have Eyes, too. I know that's that 84, but, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird that it, you know Elm Street Chiller. Like what? Chiller is <laughs> a TV movie here? too. I don't know, dude. It's Chiller, Chiller is a hunk of shit, man. Like I rewatch dude, I like it. That, that thing I like... is is a straight snooze fest. It's a like it better than the tower. Good, good TV you, movie. And you know what the worst thing about it is? Is you double feature with Eternal Evil, then you fucking just want to hang yourself. Dude, Eternal Evil dude, has the Chiller like an art film awesome. plot, but it's so boring. Dude. <laughs> Very first movie of the prep I watched, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so bad. The very first movie I watched for prep was not an A5 movie, but it came up on Wikipedia. <laughs> what was project. that? The Mutilator? It was Boggy Creek 2, because oh, we did, the oh, last yeah, show yeah. we did, I was like, did, what was the last show we did was 72, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and was. Boggy Creek was made my top 10, so I was like, oh, shit, they made a sequel, and it came out in 85? Man. I'm going to watch it. I know yeah, this is pretty- I watched freaking goalies for this that's an 84 I movie i'm so mad yeah i watched yeah, death goal- warmed yeah. up at early and i like fuck 84 oh fucking hate death warmed up i kept seeing eating alive pop up for 85 i'm like i yeah, know damn well that movie isn't it the one movie we got we gotta mention some movies Mutilator here as well that weren't 85 so people are like why ain't that on your list why didn't you mention that ghoulies yeah. is not 85 mutilator's not 85 I mean, dude and, and I, the, uh, the mutilator would have made my list probably so many lists i've seen from 85 had People had the mutilator on. Even and even the some of the suge- even some of the submitted lists into the our group yeah. page. People had the mutilator on there, and I'm like, dude, it's 84. I don't know. And Hills Have Eyes too isn't either. It's yeah, 84. the mutilator seems to be that yeah, film that's that. universally mixed up what year it came out in. But it is. Well, it's 84. it's Letterboxd fault in Wikipedia because Wikipedia, Letterboxd, and IMDb all categorize differently on certain films. Yep. We yeah. go on our night movie database. I looked so. into the mutilator. It's actually an 84 release. That's why I just let you guys do yeah. all the work. Yeah. Well, I, the, the way, easiest way to do the work is just go by IMDb. Yep. It's the, weird, the biggest internet. It's honestly the most correct. It honestly is the most correct. But, I've noticed. But the weird, but the weirdest taboo one was the one Godzilla film of yeah. You, you know, because there's two versions. Oh yeah, Godzilla exactly. '84. Which yeah, I watched both. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird in that sense where I kind of don't want to. You know, I didn't add it because of you know the weird date 
thing of it. It's just weird. I'm kind of weird and nitpicky with that. It type says Godzilla in 1985, so yeah. I count. Well, there's two. There's two. There's Return well, of Godzilla, Godzilla is technically like, 84, and then the yeah, American but it actually says in the title 85, so mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. this counts. It depends which version you watch. They're different, according to Derek. Knows all about that. Yeah, there's yeah, because Corman actually added like this, the Raymond Burr stuff to the Japanese version. It's re-edited <laughs> with the American scenes in it. To make it more Americanized, like the well, like the original Godzilla was, is the same thing. They added Raymond Burr to the original too. We need Perry Mason. Yeah, right. You need Perry Mason in that. You gotta have. Him. <laughs> you can put him in it. Put him in it. You need some Doctor. I love the fact fucking, that Perry Mason's in that. It's hilarious. Product. He's fucking huge in it too. He's fucking like wide as fuck. Like, I was like, how they get him through that door? Yeah. I saw Perry Mason. I was like, he's looking big in this. <laughs> it's true. Damn. <laughs> Looking like fucking John Candy ate John Goodman walking through the door. And all that and all that Dr. Pepper product placement and the <laughs> There's shirt. a lot. And they cut out that big Japanese moment where they have like the like pa- Japanese patriotism moment in the original. They cut it out in the American version. They're like, we don't need none of that. Yeah, exactly. Lose, uh, Dr. Pepper. And you see the fucking one goofy guy opening the can up. <laughs> During a serious forget, scene. I'll never forget walking John Goodman to set one time and he fucking stepped on a rock and he twisted his angle. And he fucking <laughs> lost his mind. It's hilarious. He's like, He's like, motherfucker. Did he say, God damn I feel like he could kill me. I like, literally just up, did that like 20 minutes ago. Element. Fucking got out yeah. of my chair and, and rolled my fucking ankle. Because it was like 2 a.m. and we're like under this underpass. And there's like all these rocks and it's supposed to look. It wasn't this. This scene's not even in the movie. They fucking cut it out of the movie. But there was all these oh, rocks. Movie? It's called Captive State. It came okay. out a couple years ago. It's not that good. But, uh. Yeah, he stepped on a rock and fucking fucked his ankle up. <laughs> and he's a big boy, man. When you start rolling your ankle at that weight, man, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. dangerous, man. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because well, if you ever roll your ankle and you're walking, like you lose like feeling a little bit to where you can roll your ankle again easily. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> God bless John Goodman. Yes. One of my favorite actors of all time. And actually, I went on this uh, this huge Coen's Brothers kick a few weeks back, and I, I rewatched like 12 of the movies or something. Barton Fink. And of, oh, of course, oh, Barton Fink's actually one of my favorites. I love John Goodman in that movie. He's just fucking... He's scary as He's just fuck. amazing, man. He, his role, his like performance Myers. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you want to wrestle? Isn't he fucking obsessed with wrestling? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I love like, where that no, movie I, goes, though. I ain't wrestling you, John Goodman. No, no, I'm good. No, especially in those days. He was fucking huge, man. Big, big. He guy. did all his driving yeah. stunts himself, so. Like, like, like the first time I ever saw Arachnophobia, I'm like, okay, this is okay, because Jeff Daniels is like, yeah. Then John Goodman comes in. His character is like the fucking exterminator. I'm like, oh, God, this movie just got ten times better. <laughs> John Goodman cast, thank you for joining us. We're going to be talking John Goodman all day. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys notice any themes of this year particularly? I couldn't really see I feel like any like there was like, a few space movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> space which movies. I don't like. Definitely <laughs> some rapey space movies. There really fun. for me there really wasn't a tone to the year. We had a lot of independence and a lot of low more low budget horror films. We had Canon still going, Dino De Laurentiis was still producing. We had yeah. all and New World Pictures was still going on and a lot of the 85 output I watched was from those guys. And and there was yeah. a lot of independent guys going around still. None of the big major studios really had that many titles, especially the t- the top end, you know, shit. Really yeah, wasn't that was many big studio it was, titles. It was what? Silver Bullet and Fright Night and Nightmare 2, Friday 5. 
Well, yeah, we had the most it. expensive movies that came out this year was actually um, that I was looking through for horror films was Return of Oz, and I think Fright it cost twenty eight million. Night was expensive, right? no, nine yeah. million dollars for Fright Night, which is kind of expensive in comparison to a lot of the other movies. But Return of Oz was twenty eight million, and Life Force was twenty five million. Oh, I forgot. Well, yeah. Yeah. Life, Life Force, Force I knew had a big looks, budget. That fucker was released on like seventy millimeter. But I'm saying, Dave, what was the what was under that? Like, what was those are two standouts, but like, what was under like where what was around fright night there, there's no other movies um silver bullet was like seven million and and stuff like that so because well, they had to pay like gary Dino, Busey Dino like Rentals. five million was, they had cat's to pay, eye. yeah um, cat's eye i believe was around uh seven million as well yeah. Mm. yeah yeah that makes sense though anthology bigger but yeah well i mean it's both dino de laurentis he was not cheap when it came no no to that for kind sure. of stuff and that's yeah. why him and people like um canon with life force eventually closed down in the 80s with master Wait, of the universe did canon do life force they did yes. life force yes. and, and oh, so no, did master they fucking imploded over the top that's why they that's those three movies <laughs> fucked them over the top master was of the universe, life, force, life force yeah life force was the last hooper canon film was it not um no, yeah, invaders from Mars. Yeah, oh, invaders from yeah, yeah, yeah. Next invaders year, yeah. from Mars too. That's right. Yeah. He had a, He had a th- and Texas three Chainsaw picture. too. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. So Life Force was, was that, his first. Was that his three right there? Life Force. Yeah, yeah he invaders had a three picture deal with TCM too. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I yeah, the first of the lot. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, because and and uh, George George originally had a uh, three picture deal with M- was it MGM. For the um, Day of the Dead was one of them. I know that. No, no, no. Day of the Dead was with uh, Rubenstein, I think, and he had a day, he had a three deal picture with Rubenstein. But he started, I think, with MGM with Monkey Shines, Dark Half, and then another one possibly that they didn't do. Maybe is that sound right? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe. Monkey yeah. Shines and Dark Day Half are both MGM. Yeah, I know I that. I know Monkey Shines is MGM. Yeah, yeah, and no, uh, Dark Half too. Yeah, Dark yeah, Half. They're both MGM, and and studios used to give guys chances like that. I think John Carpenter had a deal too at one point. With yeah, it was Universal. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because right. he did Starman's Universal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, the thing as well as Universal. Yeah. And yeah, the thing is, the thing is Universal too. Yeah, yeah but that's John, gotta be John Carpenter is probably the, like the worst, you know box office wise just failure after failure for like great movies <laughs> it really That's is why sad he's kind of cocky in his older years because of the experience of you know uh the 80s that had one of them especially with the studio system yeah. you know it is kind of interesting how most of his films now are not just considered called classics but they're actually like legitly good you know yeah. it's, it's amazing that those movies did so poorly but yeah i mean he definitely got one of the worst raps in in hollywood and shit man because i mean for the output that he did, he shouldn't have got done like that. You, you know how bad it was? It was fucking, he was like, one day he was like, fuck it, I'm going to do an Invisible Man movie with Chevy Chase. That's when he snapped. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I actually watched that not too long ago again. <laughs> oh my it's God. funny. It's a random movie, dude. It's very, very random to do that. You can, but. you can see like the director's movies that didn't do well, and you go back and watch them now, and they're like classics. And that's like all the big guys that people loved for years, like Carpenter and Romero. And, Romero and nobody has a longer list of films than John Carpenter, though. It seems like every yeah. one of his films just didn't do as good as it probably should have. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and, and he had this long streak of like 15 plus years where all his films is totally underperformed. And then, you know, and they're 15, all good or decent. Yeah. And then 20 years later, it's like, well, these movies are like the best shit from that era. It's like, what well, the I think I think one of That's the crazy. big differences with John Carpenter, too, is like you look like a guy like Hooper and a lot of his films weren't necessarily pushed 
as hard as John Carpenter's. Like John Carpenter's films were released wide, like big studio releases too, for a long lot longer well, the, than the thing did. wasn't in big and big trouble. They fucked up that release too. Yeah, so. I, mean, I mean, maybe the thing was, but they fucked up with ET. So they were he, <laughs> no, he no, got that, fucked victim still, of circumstances. Th- that's mm. more circumstantial though. That's not like they didn't push the movie. Well, you know, they put they them in theaters, but they didn't advertise Big Trouble, I don't think. Yeah. They didn't do an advertisement push. Yeah, I don't think so either. The, the thing with Hooper, too, is Golden Globus was like, they gave him money and they gave him a fucking bag of coke and like, just go to town, man. <laughs> thing. That sounds about right, <laughs> yeah. really right. I think they believed in the thing, though. Well, they yeah. released, yeah. They released yeah, I, the thing in 70 millimeter, and that shit's expensive, yeah. so they yeah. must have... You know, yeah. I think the thing about the thing is like, and you watch like uh, Siskel and Ebert talk about it and stuff like that. And I I watch those guys all the time because they're so wrong at the time. Always wrong. They're just like this movie is going to be left to obscurity, and it's like Full Metal Jacket or something. They knew nothing about horror movies, dude. They're the worst. Like honestly, they didn't try to either. For how just much other people respect them because of how how biased and like one-sided they are when it comes to horror movies it's it's like insane it's, it's almost insane. like they always went with like what the general audience wanted to hear yeah like oh it's a slasher movie that sucks the i know funny... we're, we're shitting on jeremy's hero right now he gave the descent four stars he's and right he gave, a lot of times he's just and he gave really the devil's rejects that. three and a half stars. yeah but you got to remember that. jeremy that's also later on i think it was years and years yeah, he of calmed abuse down later on once society accepted horror more exactly yeah, yeah. i think back in early days they were just no they were catering did, to what people he, wanted to hear it was no, no, these movies weren't classy like beyond the valley of dolls <laughs> it's, right? I love, right? it's a great movie but it's not well, he classy. Did give a good review to dawn of the dead in 78 yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then he destroyed Day of the Dead. That's yep. why I brought this. That's why I remembered yep. this because I, have, yeah. he, I looked up their Day of the Dead review because I was curious, and they that's they because destroyed. It. They they said it was crap, like utter crap. That's dude. because they they had just done Silent Night Deadly Night a year before in '84, and they were still pissed oh, about that. Famous, <laughs> right? Silent Night Deadly Night reviews. So yeah, everything that came after Silent Night Deadly Night for a while was a pretty fucking you know shit on review. So yeah, like the one instance I got. This is for usually my kaiju podcast. Usually, fucking you know, Ebert's even Derek can't remember the name of it. Shitting on fucking like kaiju movies and shit. Oh yeah, and even the Cisco too. And then when Gamera, like the first '90s Gamera movie came out, fucking Roger Ebert was like, "Yeah, I fucking liked it." And Cisco looks at like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man?" At the end of the day, they're both better than Richard Roper. Okay, let's move on. Nobody even knows who Roper is. <laughs> oh, I fucking do, Roper. He's the one that replaced Siskel, right? I know, oh, I know, he's but... fucking awful, bro. Oh, he's still about. awful. He sucks. Man, I just love watching those reviews to see how wrong they are when cuz you can't predict what's going to be an all-time classic, too. Cuz like some of the movies that they just are like <laughs> Oh, it's just mediocre, but like you know that it's like it's something like Full Metal Jacket or something where you're like, oh shit, like they didn't know, they didn't know. My favorite moment was I think it was like one of your bonus episodes you did, like the shot of the twenty. What what is the bonus episodes called again? It's been a while. Many shots. shots. Yeah, many the shots. Critique the critic segment. Yeah, I love yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, when he did <laughs> Scream One and he did Scream Two after, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we did we did Psycho two once because their review of Psycho two was bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) It was straight bullshit. (laughs) Um, Okay, so how many did you guys watch? (laughs) Who you want to start with? Well, I I can start. I I I got to fifty two. 
I wanted to at least get to like 54, but I'm like, I just started oh, yeah. running out of time. You know what I mean? I watched 55. Oh, you watched more than Derek. Yeah, I was trying to beat you, but you kept lying to me and saying you were done watching. News. I was done a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's not fair. Whatever. Um, I actually overperformed completely. So I look back at all my other watches, and I'm always between like 51 and like 57 is the highest I've ever been. Fucking. And slacker. I ended up with 64 this time. Oh my god. So way higher than normal. Rolling in uh, six five. Pretty happy with that number. I feel like I've saw. I there was a few things that I missed. Um, one that I can't believe I missed. I just completely forgot about it, which um, I'll get to eventually, I guess. Um, and yeah, yeah, 64. I thought that was a pretty good number, man. Almost getting to be big boy status now, JP. Good for you. I never, I don't want to be big boy status because I would be miserable. You if still want to wear those pampers? Oh, that's but cool. to, be fair, to be fair, me and Carly do have multiple podcasts too, so we have to watch movies I'll for that too. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm a very but you guys JP are essential um, workers. But you guys are expected uh, so to not am watch. I, So am I, and I have multiple podcasts, so I think like, you know. I, I run a, a weekly podcast. show that I never miss. I'm a podcaster. Y'all be we watching 50 plus for a show that you're not even a host on is insane. That's yeah, like no, more that's, than enough. Listen, respectable. Anybody yeah. who's a guest, I, they don't even have to do anything besides just come with a list. But we always appreciate <laughs> if they go the extra mile. I'll yeah. run an extra 10 miles. JP says he'll beat me if I don't do it. So I believe that. True. <laughs> you should. Right. I mean, he might just slap her. I mean, does that, that count as a beating? I'm just kidding. Yeah, good, a sperm I'm smacking. Kidding. I get those daily. Uh, you're not be slapping my co-host. I need her <laughs> when we do those monthly uh, shows. I already said I watched 85. My goal was to watch 85 for 85. I'm very uniform like that. I think I watched 72 for 72. Are you going to watch 2000 for 2000? No, so that's, just, that's where it starts getting ridiculous. I think <laughs> once, oh once, once, after 99, it just kind of resets itself into what I can do. So, <laughs> no, no, Dude, if you zero. can find 99 movies for 99, I'll give you that. Oh, movies, absolutely, man. I don't think it's even possible. I don't even think there was 99 films. <laughs> I did uh, 109. Dude, shut up, you bragger. Yeah, but, but, but I watched, there was five shorts in there because, the, you know, the guinea pig movies, Hot Love, there were some shorts in there. And mm-hmm. there was two that were technically from 84, Return of Godzilla and Hills Have Eyes Part 2. So I okay, did that's still like 90. No, no, it's still like 101. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. 102. Yeah. But I did 109 movies, so... Dude, in four months. In, no. This guy well, watched. No, and the Goonies doesn't count as a fucking watch, Dave. Did, Come on. I didn't watch the Goonies. I'm I did just, uh, three I'm or just... four movies that were you guys like retroactively. You started in like June. I had those watched already, so I counted like three or four of those. So it's more like a hundred, you know, but still like a hundred and nine is all that qualifies in the time frame that you guys were watching movies at. Yeah. I watched yeah, nine, my, 1985 movies. My cool. big thing was I actually rewatched like 10 movies, which I never do. So. That's that's big for me. I, I I feel very prepped this time, more prepped than normal. So I, f- I feel like I did good rewatches. I rewatched some stuff that wasn't even on my top ten list to see if it had a shot of cracking it. You know what I mean? So I rewatched uh, all of, like the classic stuff since we kept pushing the show back. I just went back and I rewatched five a lot re-watches. of that. I did yeah, five I re-watches. rewatched a few classics too myself. I usually don't do rewatches either, but I decided to watch. Uh, rewatch five because I'd actually watched them technically last year, so mm-hmm. like last decade. So. Oh yeah, that 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 happened with me too. Yeah, <laughs> because I watched... started off with 
I started the list with since we, listen, we we plan on only doing it like three months later from when we drew the number. So I was like, I just I know <laughs> well, I watch watched over ones, fifty movies. Watch all those right away. I watched over fifty movies by something like August, and then you know, and then we got back into. 22 shots recording 22 shots so i was doing those shows and stuff and i was like well fuck and then we started pushing the shit and so i took like three months off i didn't even restart watching films until like january again so uh, well i kind of took a break because i well i know we're going to talk about the worst movie we saw of the year and i watched that and i was like fuck i need to watch something good for once so then i popped in like day that didn't another classic i'm like i need something to get me back into it I'm like fuck i was like fucking destroyed after that <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I know. I went through streaks like that, too. You know, I was watching just kind of bottom in the barrel stuff and then kind of re-picked it up and stuff. But, you know, I, I mean, it, it's it was still a really fun year to prep for, man. I, I had a lot of fucking fun discovering some interesting films I'd never seen before and shit. And, yeah, and I, and I think I saw Don and Ellie's fucking father in Attack of the Creature Beast. <laughs> I honestly don't think that any year in the 80s would be not fun to prep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. For real. I agree, man. I agree. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I usually have fun no matter what year we get, but sometimes <laughs> I get burnt out by Carly, the what was your favorite thing about 85? I bet you I can answer that for you. The fact that Hammer didn't exist at that time? And Giallos. And Giallos. Yeah. yeah. No Giallos and no Hammer? Yes, the death of Giallo. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the... The year does have a big drop off, I will say that. So it's probably not the funnest eighty eighties uh, year. Yeah, but it's better than the seventy drop off. Like the seventies oh, yeah, no. drops off, just like I don't even want to think about the seventies. At least right. with a year like, like this, I mean, a lot of the movies actually have legit decent releases, so you can find good transfers and stuff. So that's a good thing yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And there was a, a ton streaming this year. Yeah, like I yeah, found, yeah. I probably watched half of my movies streaming. I found a lot towards the end. It seemed like they all just started appearing, and I was like, "Where were these earlier?" But yeah, yeah, so yeah for real, yeah. That's what, even but, a couple of the movies that I know that don't have legit media releases actually had pretty damn good transfers on. Like on, Confessions uh, of Serial Killer. Yeah, YouTube. not not too bad. Like even like you know the TV movie uh, The Bad Seed remake and like Fright Show mm. and stuff. Like these are just VHS releases that actually look pretty damn good on YouTube. Well, The like, Bad Holy Seed fuck. has a Warner archive. Yeah, yeah, Warner. DVD. Yeah. I had a oh, bunch that's of my VHS. That's I watched tons of VHS for this. Some conventions of a serial killer have a release somewhere. Yeah, it's a UK DVD. It's cut the shit, and yeah. I think the YouTube stream is also cut the shit. So yeah, exactly. I watched Honeymoon. And it's I, terrible. The I, covers. I, it's terrible. Yeah. I don't think the version we watched was cut. Yeah, you would know because there's a brutal rape scene in it. <laughs> I watched my tape for yeah, Honeymoon, and that shit looked really damn good, even on my fucking big screen TV. I was like, wow, that's what, a confessions? good looking fucking tape. Uh, Honeymoon. Oh yeah, I watched the that. Tape in confessions. Good. The tape was pretty I good. Wish I had it was like a flawless VH. It never even fucked up. Like it ne- never tracked once. It was just perfect through the whole thing. I was like, damn, it's like one of my favorite had- tapes I have in here. <laughs> Not like movie. I watched wise, both but- those on tape. It's called a VCR. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Not on a, tape. Not a VHS. Um. But yeah, man, ton, like I man, I own a ton, <laughs> a ton of media releases for the films this year that I watched. So that was kind of a fucking bonus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice. It was nice. Oh. 100. 100. All right. Well, is that it? T- testicles. Do we, do we have anything else to talk about? Do we, for what do we, do we normally talk about anything else? I can't remember. Um, I don't think so. What we watch. Let's do it, guys. Don't forget about the audience, JP. I didn't do their top 10. Oh, my God. I, I mean, actually did we, a we, top 10 of the audience. 
we, don't usually, we don't usually do that for the retro years, I don't think. And, nah, we no, we mainly do that for the other... We talked themes, the, we talked how many we have watched, just things that we noticed. So yeah, guys, man. Guys, you gotta let me make fun of JP when I can. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, you never give how much you watched. 23, but I have a mental illness bus pass, so I could... <laughs> 23. Amen, Jeremy. Honestly, 23 he, is more than I expected. It, I expected like 10. So you know, you, know why Jeremy, you know why Jeremy stopped at 23? Because he tried to Michael Jordan that shit because he's from 45 minutes out of Chicago. No, because he tried to do 22 but fucked up because <laughs> he fucks up. I can't wait oh, to watch that full documentary. It's irony. It's ironic he did 23. This is, is that opening I made for Dive in the 1985? After I made the final version, it actually had 22 movies in it, which is really weird. Yeah, twenty-two shots. Um, but no, seriously. I mean, you could watch. You could realistically watch twenty-two films and see everything on everyone's list. Like, have a good shot at. at I guess we'll at, see. I guess we'll see. Right? Not on our top twenty-five. Hey, bonus. did you watch Ninja Warriors? <laughs> did you watch Ninja Warriors? No, but I watched such classics as Victims, The Tower. Uh, Do you know for the twenty-three films that you watched? I watched you American watched Ninja. Did anybody watch that? No. Why did you watch Dudukov? American Ninja? What? It's fucking American Ninja. Ninja. Wait, we're counting that? I've seen what that. What do you mean? If, if we're I counting really that, count. that's like number Dude, one. Club clowns, Dude, I've seen 24. <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, 85. 80, 1985. Oh, yeah, I watched Coventry. Yeah. 85 as a year is actually a really dope year, to, just besides, you know, oh, horror yeah. films and in, stuff. In regular film? Fuck dude, yeah, it, dude, it, the Goonies. Back to the because, future. Like, I've said, back like to the I said before, like... Oh, yeah, that's the other bullshit one, JP. 85 has, you know, some of my all-time favorite horror movies, but it also has some of my all-time favorite non-horror films from Back to the Future, The Goonies, uh, The yes, Breakfast dude. Club, like, Weird Science. Like, you know, I'm a huge John Hughes fan, but those films right there are some of my favorites of all time in the same year. It's like... 85 is a fucking great year, man, for I, cinema. I was half tempted to Commando? make a top 10 non-horror list. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Be- that's another one of my favorites. I love Rocky IV. There's so many films, like After Hours, the Scorsese film is one of my favorite Scorsese films. Like, it just, it never ends. There's so many damn good films in 85. Great fucking year, man. Fuck great yeah, year. After Hours, man. Yeah. One of the underrated Scorsese Oh, it's one of the, it's, it's such an underrated movie. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this year is so good that me... You and Dave are actually doing a extended list. Yep. And we're going to be show. video quality. We're going to yeah. put the video up. So we're going to be really a- drunk during this recording and then record a 25 to 11 on <laughs> camera <laughs> with yep. our shirts off. Hey, and, okay, no, maybe not off. the shirts. That's why I'm not joining. Three. <laughs> really? That's the only reason why people would actually want to watch. Nobody wants to see us with our shirts off. <laughs> Dave, 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 shirt Dave off. is in really good shape, though. He's fucking pretty built. So. He is pretty ripped. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's not going to be right now. Right, right now, I'd I'll say for an old man, for an old well. man, he's got a nice body. Man. And I felt My his body before. Great. Physically, I he felt w- his body. He's a hard motherfucker. That's because he works out like fucking Max Katie in Cape Fear. <laughs> Yeah, I took a picture today mimicking Robert De Niro, and it was very sad how much I look like Robert De Niro when I did that face. Like Robert De Niro from that movie, like at age like forty, I was like, ah. And that's after you bit the chick's cheek off. She had it coming. But yeah, you guys could check that out on either Dave's Patreon or our Patreon. So check out Dave's Patreon if you haven't yet. He has It'll, a good show. Extended It'll eventually list. hit on my channel. At, at later but it's gonna yeah we're you. gonna keep it on the patreon for a little while though you know what i mean Something so it, new. It, it will be available for other people later but for a while the extended list 
check it out on the Patreon. That's right, man. Something new. Yeah, something new. I I, I want I, I think it, it's a good time too because we we watch all these damn movies. Why not talk yeah. more about them? Yeah. You, know you know, I actually I mean? thought of this before of doing extended <clears throat> listens, not doing the whole video Patreon thing, but just doing extended for whatever. Let's, let's do yeah. it. Never yeah, did it. It's, it's, never did it. it's actually dumb that we waited like 10 of them to do this. Alan, <laughs> the next one we're doing, hey, man, I'll, it's I'll just, fucking uh, join in too. It's Fuck progressive. It. It's progressive, JP. Just look at it that way. True. Even True. though we're a little bit behind the ball on it, but either way. Um, Give us your money. Give us your money just, to watch that, the that's 25 last to 11 podcast list. They always do that. It's, it's being <laughs> like, give me your money. Who knows? <laughs> for some people, that those lists might even be more. Uh, maybe the shock value might be a little bit higher for it. We got yeah, that, those lists could definitely be more interesting because of you know the the variance that you could see. Oh, for sure. Three lists from 25 to 11. 100%, yeah, hundred percent sure. Th- that's where we're going to see the Breakfast Club on JPs or some shit. The Goonies. Dude, listen, I have a strong case for the Goonies being horror. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Fucking Runaway Train, man. Another one from 85. To Live and Die in LA. 85. Runaway Train's amazing. I just ordered the arrow. John P. Ryan and Runaway Train is the best thing ever. It's the best canon movie ever made. Probably is. One of my favorite Jackie Chan movies, Police Story, came out in 85. Like, it just never ends, man. Das Boot. Das Boot. I mean, oh my god! That movie it may not be the best, but it's the it's the most it's the most well made canon movie ever. It might be the best. I mean, like yeah, I mean, Eric Robertson objectively, maybe amazing, not man. subjectively. Oh shit, yeah, Eric man. Robertson is fucking fantastic. We even got Tough Turf. We got Remo Williams. We got fucking Private Resort. The Legend of Billy Jean. Man, this is a great year. It's just like movies after years. Canon, man. It's yeah, totally. Canon. Yeah, Canon was Canon was Canon New World Pictures and Dino De Laurentiis were pumping shit out that was good. Even one of my favorite Woody Allen movies was made that year. The The Purple Rose of Cairo, man. I love that. I love that movie too. Bruce's Millions, like fuck. How can you go wrong with that Walter Hill film, man? It's crazy. Yeah, you got John everybody. Candy, Richard Pryor, fucking amazing shit. It, it never ends. Eighty five is a great year. But with that said, we should probably get into these top ten lists before this goes on for nineteen hours. Yeah. Real. All right. Let's do Let's it. Let's do this. Today we're counting down our picks for the top ten. Movies of 1985. All right, so let's get into this top 10. First thing we got to do here is figure out the actual order that we're going to be breaking these lists down in. Uh, I've got the random.org randomizer Whoa. ready to go here. Taking so you're a- saying we're adding new elements to the show. Again, we're, we're cutting edge here. We we're are adding Charles randomized. Relax, Charles Order. Band. Your name's Charles. I just, I feel like they deserved. I feel like we deserve like like an extra dollar per show. (laughs) Just came up with this randomizer idea. Charlie Ban. I I like this idea. (laughs) All right, so I've got the randomizer in front of me. This is the exact one I used for my my uh, series back in the day, the 81, 88 series. So what we're going to do so is just hit the this So the first up. one because that's the one I use for, <laughs> for the years too. So is we're using the first randomizer. Yeah, okay. random. Should, random. Should, am I just going to hit this once or should I hit it 85 times? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, this once. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to hit the randomizer right now. And okay. So we have JP up first. 
Ooh, really? Finally, you got to fucking kidding first. me, dude. I was I, I had a feeling that it was going to be me, which is weird because normally I'm like, I play the odds and I'm like, well, chances are it's not going to be me. This this but, is actually kind of a funny list. So JP, I'm going to be last. I JP's it. first. Dave is going second. I knew it. Carly is third. Ooh. Derek is fourth. I'm fifth. Oh, finally. And Jeremy yes. is last. Go figure, the guy that gets first every single time Jeremy's anchoring this shit. Do the victory hand, like, Chester or Jeremy, like, you know, your hands up in the air, like, yeah. And okay. my most vulnerable time, I finally get to be last. Yes. There you go, there you go man. There you go. So that works out for the zone. end of the world. <laughs> Everybody remember All their right. spots? Okay, so uh, with four, that said, four. number four, yep. Okay. JP is up. What is yeah, your number I'm, 10? I'm up. My number 10, it is Cat's Eye. Stephen King's Cat's Eye. Ooh. Uh, this film is one... Actually, it's this is a film that I've always loved ever since i first seen it. I remember the first time i seen it, I had like Nesquik. I remember a big <laughs> cup of Nesquik. And I used to do this thing when I was a kid where I would take the spoon that I started up with and I would drink it by taking spoonfuls of it. And that's how I would drink it. <laughs> I love Dane's Cook's uh, stand-up joke about Nesquik. What is where you would, like, you would drink it, and then when you get to the end of the glass, you'd fucking get like a huge like chunk of powder into your eye and it would fucking burn <laughs> your eye because it doesn't disintegrate at the bottom of the glass no matter how much you stir it. You thought Nesquik was fun, but it was just basically making you make your own fucking food. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is fun. I'm not preparing yeah. my lazy-ass fucking drink. There's also there's the powder, powder and shit, the man. syrup. The powder was my jam. I didn't like the syrup. Ah, see, I was the opposite, man. The syrup mixed better. The powder always had little lumpies in it. And yeah, I know, but yeah, the yeah. powder yeah. tasted pow- like this weird powder taste to it. Though. It all like, tastes like shit. JP it essentially shock, did taste like shit, man. I honestly you who only like you who are bust. You who is good. That's the Midwest. Like water thing, and chocolate. That's a Midwest. I don't drink anything like that. You who's not Midwest? It's yes, it is. It's fucking everywhere. I've drank you my whole life. in my day. Capri <laughs> 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 Sun is Midwest. Yes, yo. the gray balls are speaking right now. Nice. I remember right. Tang? I remember Tang. Oh, <laughs> I love Tang, yeah, man. Tang's still around. I want to snort yeah. some Tang right now. How about now? that grape drink? Amazing Oh, stuff. yeah. I love the grape drink. I want some of that. No, it was literally yeah, called drank. D-R-A-N-K. It wasn't even drink. You want a budget on that, JP? What's that? You want a budget and a gross on Cat's Eye? Yeah. Uh, uh, the budget was $7 million. This is domestic, and I I'm, I got these from, like, Box Office Mojo, any of the bigger titles that I thought people might have on their list, I kind of copied down. And the gross was $13 million. And this is only domestic, and I don't know how 100% accurate these sites are, but that's what it looks They're like. Cat's Eye was a fairly successful movie. Yeah, Louis yeah it was It was still, I mean, there was a run of Stephen King movies from Carrie on where it was just like hit, 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 hit. I think probably Children of the Corn was before this one. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Cat's Eye, man. It's an anthology film. It it follows a cat through the that weaves through the three stories and, and kind of becomes the hero of the third. Um, the first story is Quitters, Inc., where this guy goes to this company to try to quit smoking. Who's the actor that plays James Woods. James, James Woods. James Woods. I love James Woods. He's um, fantastic. He's yeah, he's awesome. And, dude, I've always loved this segment just because of how bonkers it is. It's like, dude, what? It's 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 silly. It's it doesn't it's not realistic, but it's crazy. Yeah. And it's 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 it's, 
stop. So uh, these these smoker people, this company like does whatever they can to stop him from smoking. He's like crouched on the ground, like behind his desk, like about to light up and still gets caught and stuff. It's it's hilarious. The second segment is the ledge, which um, the very first time I seen it, so intense. It's super intense. But if you see it a few times, it loses like its you know intensity. It gets cheesier with the act. I think it's the best one. one. No, I want Kenneth Smith Miller in that one. I'm just keeping you on your toes. He's the be- he's the best part of that movie, dude. I I yeah, st- even rewatching that shit, man. I still have a hard time with that one, man, because I'm terrified of heights. It's like the one phobia mm-hmm. I have, and watching that shit just kills me, man. It's the most it's effective a, for myself because of my scary. obvious phobia. It's scary. It's having to walk around the whole building. Dude, it's terrifying. Could you imagine having to do that? Fuck no. It's essentially no. almost the same story as the episode of Creep Show, something to tide you over, which is also a Stephen King thing. So it's yeah. very similar to that one. It's mm-hmm. very similar. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's very right. The thing uh, I like about this fucking uh, sorry to cut you off there is like it's very Twilight Zone. These uh, segments. Yep. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah. All th- and and the third segment is. Anything with like in anthology films, you think of like the big ones, right? Like I, I think of Trilogy of Terror, obviously. Yeah, and this is this is like the Zuni fetish doll version of Trilogy yeah, of Terror. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I like the I like when anthologies throw a little creature segment in there. Like you got Tales from the Hood with the voodoo dolls. I've always appreciated that, and I like this little troll imp thing that okay. steals you your got- breath. Slimy Little Bastards is another one. Halloween yeah. Spooky. It's <laughs> a modern-day classic anthology, man. Yeah, that was a great yeah. plug, by the way. That was a great plug. We just yeah. stuck that in there. Halloween Spooky's got it, too. Got to come um, out on Blu-ray. But, yeah, so uh, it's it's a very solid anthology. I like the wraparound. You got some nods to Stephen King in there with Cujo and Christine and stuff like that, which which I like, the St. Bernard and the whatever kind of car Christine was. Plymouth. Plymouth. And, yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it, you know, it, it's one that I debated, like, should I put this on my list? But at the end of the day, this list is very heavily leaning on, like, my favorites, and it's very nostalgic list. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's funny, because Moods always talks about 85 being, like, one of the prominent years for his life, but it is for me, too, even though I wasn't alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these I films n- I was... all I watched as a kid. Uh, and yeah, Cat's Eye. Um, I think very, it was only me and Old Man Stinky Balls that were alive at this time. I wasn't alive. I was yep. born in 86, bro. Me and Derek. Yeah, me and <laughs> oh, we, yeah, were negative, are... <laughs> we were negative one. I, I, for but, some uh, reason, I was having. I was thinking you guys were born in 84. Fuck. Yeah, that's well, right. Cat's just, Eye, man. They just makes me feel so, so much old, older. man. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean, like, for, I was I'm in older and sexier like a gray fox. <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought you were older. I, I got the salt and pepper here, too, Dave. So I'm, I'm looking like Tom Skerritt over here, guys. I'm Dallas, baby, from Aliens. Damn, I'm like fucking Vincent Onofrio. We could have been in a fucking all star <laughs> cast right now. Yeah, but uh, Cat's Eye, that, I love how they use the miniatures in the third story because it's not like the typical, you know, uh, little clay, uh, like claymation, like basket case or anything, but the way yeah. they build, like, the set to be giant and he's yeah, running around there, it's very thing, effective. Right? It's very effective. And, and if you, in fun fact, uh, the voice of the troll is Frank Welker, who was nice. the voice of Fred from Scooby-Doo and Megatron yeah. Transformers. It's got a very good cast in that one. Mike yeah. Starr pops up in there, and I can't think of the actor who's alongside James Woods, but he's a, he's a pretty veteran character actor too. The guy who's like constantly in his like weird satirical nightmare shit, where it's like he's like making jokes on him and, and stuff. Drew Barrymore is pulling a Toby Hooper in this one on the coke and shit. What? She's like five. 
She was doing, she was doing coke at that time, man. No, no way. Girl, I was like five years old. Dude, this is yeah, only yeah, a couple man. years removed like, from from ET, man. I think she was only yeah. like eight in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's like, what she was partying, like, man. Derek, Derek slandering. He's gonna go to jail for libel. Libel. <laughs> if you read the story, she was doing drugs at that age, man. Tell you, man. snorting coke at eight. Uh, it must have been James Naughton giving her fucking drugs or some shit. Is that damn troll? Yep. All right. Well, uh, I uh, I really like this film. I gave it an eight point five out of ten. That actually kind of shocked me. I wasn't expecting Cat's Eye. So glad it popped up. Interesting. Oh, yeah, great score by Alan Silvestro too. Yeah, who also yeah. did Back to the Future score at this era and went on to score like Avengers movies. He was you busy know, in eighty five, man. Busy in eighty five. Louis Teague's second uh, Stephen King movie after Cujo. Yeah, and he also did the phenomenal Alligator from nineteen eighty. Yeah, I, oh, maybe. Alligator's I love amazing. Alligator. I saw Alligator at the drive-in. Yeah, that was one of my favorite memories. Better than Jaws. Robert Forster, R.I.P. I don't know about that, but... I'm fucking around. <laughs> I, I, like I, it I agree. <laughs> I like it better. It's not better, but I like it better. I I, it more. Jaws grew on me so much over the years. Me too. I mean, Jaws is like arguably one of the greatest horror films ever made. Alligator is just one of my favorites. Jaws is a national treasure here. That was filmed here. Not as good as Jaws 3. <laughs> Jaws 3, man. 3D, that's the best sequel. Hands Not down. as good as The Last Shark. Josh the Honestly, only one dude, The Last Shark, I legitimately love that movie. I love that movie, dude. Yeah. Vic Morrow. Precautions Vic were made. They were made. Dude, Vic Morrow awesome. should have won an Oscar for that. He's amazing in that movie, for sure. Um, R.I.P. Vic Morrow. One thing we actually mm-hmm. did forget to talk about in the intro, now, now that I think about it, because JP just brought up the fact that he's like, his list is basically his favorites. Um, that just Oh, yeah. How would you make your list? Favorites or. Did you do it like you know, objectively, or did you just do it purely favorite subjectively? Kind uh, of a mixture, a mixture. It's a mixture of both. There, like, mm-hmm. uh, there's one in particular. When I get to it, I'll, I'll explain why it's in that place. Okay, so Dave yeah. and Derek are kind of a mixture. What about you, Carly? For once, um, I did mine uh, by favorites. I decided to do, but. M- they're pretty much like in order by ranking as well for the most part. There's probably like two out of line, but I looked at the list and I thought I'm going to be true to like, myself and do like it by, by like favorites. Yeah. Also, I wanted to mention like my favorites. I did rate some films also nine, but they're not on the list. And like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for yeah sure. Everything's going to be a ten is what you're saying. No, 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 no. I did not. If this is the year to do it, do it. I didn't do any Bruno Matthias a 10. You remember that, man. Jeremy. Uh, Go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, Mixture. Okay. Um, Everybody knows I do mine by solely favorites. That's how I do my list, so. Um, Okay, so to clarify, when I say, you know, I went more by favorites, um, it just so happens that I also have, like, my favorites, the highest rated two. Um, but this was the one, for example, like I have other films, you know, Cat's Eye. I have other films that I would consider better than Cat's Eye that didn't make my list. But I just like Cat's Eye a lot more. So that was kind of the one. And then there's like my number six, I think, is a better movie than maybe my couple above it. But I have it kind of rated around the same. So I put the yeah. other ones. But yeah. all my ratings will match up in descending. Mine don't and it hurts me. But like, oh, what? Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, I have, yeah. like, I'm pulling, like, a, who was that, Brandon, that did that? Like, at 6.5 is his number one. 
Okay, well, yeah, so I pulled that this time, and it, it physically hurts me, but I just felt like it was more Oddly realistic. enough, because generally my list, I'll have like a 10, and then I'll have like an 8.5 even higher than or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, this I one, it, but I this one, to. This list is actually completely in order, just because it is nice. my favorites in the way it kind of I just worked out like that. So Same, same, same moods. Uh, yeah. It's in order still, but, you know, it's just, I left some films off of it just because... Oh yeah, I had to leave off a couple too. I actually went back and forth on my, but we'll get there. So, yeah. Um, JP, that's it. Yep, that's Cat's Eye, eight uh, and a half out of ten. All right, who's up next? I am. Okay, coming in at number ten. Remind you, with my top ten, I went more horror movies because eighty-five has so many good titles, and I, I didn't want to kind of skew over to exploitation because there's a lot of excellent exploitation movies. Yeah. yeah. So coming in at number ten. Uh, with a $2.2 million budget grossing $21 million is the nice. fifth in the Friday the 13th series, um, Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning, uh, directed by Danny Steinman. Um, I don't know why I never expected to hear, to, you know, to hear this on oh, your list. It's this is actually my favorite Friday the 13th. I don't think it's the best. Wow. I do. Wow. But I adore this movie. I think it's it's perfectly <laughs> sleazy. I, so I don't give a fuck. It's not Jason. I just want to see some a uh, bunch of hot people fuck and getting killed when I watch a Friday Thirteenth movie. And I get it. It has a lot of cool cast members. We have um it, ha- it has it has from uh, Return of the Living Dead. We have Miguel Nunez and 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 um we have Suicide and um Spider from Eternal Living Dead in here. Uh, so we got so much crazy stuff going on. I love the kills, even though they're kind of cut, but the characters are fun. It's just I really dig this one and I really like it and it's so goofy and weird. Like I I think it's the funniest fucking thing ever, even though it's <laughs> such in poor taste when he kills the poor mentally handicapped kid. You're way out of line. He axes him in the back. You know what? He didn't like that chocolate bar though, man. I didn't like that kind of guy. He's fucking walking around wiping chocolate on fucking everything. Yeah, that's, that's, t- that's typical Danny Simon's fashion though. Leave me alone. Because in Savage Streets, in yeah. Savage Streets, he had fucking the fucking mute deaf girl get raped. You know, yeah. I mean? Linnea Quigley in that movie. I mean, he's yeah. super trashy, and I love it. It's more sleazy than any of the. I've Friday always said movies. this is the sleaziest Friday oh, film. Hands man. down. And I actually uh, yeah, I dude, the, snorting coke and shit out in a oh, car, like little well, sleazy. No, the, 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 the mental, like the the, the guy who dropped uh, retarded. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> no, the guy who <laughs> the guy who, <laughs> the guy who dropped the fucking yeah, uh, stroke. Who, me? He's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's like the neighbor in head. He got fucking got Nunez taking a shit in this movie. It's just awesome. jerking off in the tool shed. <laughs> yeah, fucking, uh, what were we gonna say, Derek? No, I was gonna say that you know the, the, he was the guy that dropped a fucking uh, dude off at the place. I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he has the he goes to meet the girl who's like it's showtime, which is it's really showtime. Yeah, that's like that's the best form of nudity ever because it is so pointless. Nobody See, does that. That's but, why. That's the kind of shameless shit I well, love. You're not allowed unlike, to anymore. You know some of the shitty like other movies that we were talking about at point. Like that's the perfect amount of shameless and sleaze that I just yeah. brings a smile to my face. Like it's uh, it's tasteless, but it's funny because it's so tasteless and it's also vastly entertaining. That's why it's my favorite. You know, number ten on here. I mean, actually, yeah, there's um, a lot of kills in this one too. There's like twenty some kills. A lot. It, it's a lot of them are off screen, but it's still fun. And plus, you got cool ass characters like Reggie the Reckless. Yep. He's like, you scared of spiders? He's scared of a spider's on a string. Like, that That, that makes him... <laughs> and it's a sincere performance by Sam... Uh, what's the guy's name who plays? Is it Sam? I don't... Sam Shepard. Something. Sam, is it actually Sam Shepard? Because there's a classic actor named that, too, and that's what's coming to mind, it's but I don't John think it's... John Shepard? It's John Shepard, yeah. 
I think Josh you're right. Or something. Yeah. yeah, he gives a real sincere performance. Like he's actually kind of scary, and I I do I like how this one ends. I wish they would have followed with that, and I think we would have had some. And that's why six I used to really like, but it kind of disappoints me after this. But uh, he's, he's my least favorite Tommy Jarvis, but I have grown to really. I I think that his performance makes more sense than Tom Matthews. It is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even though yeah. I like Tom Matthews better, even though I wonder where he learned kung fu from. It's He's fucking ladies, dude. What do you mean? Everybody learns kung fu from the same place. Yeah. Their body, right. The mental institution. That's... Did you say you're disappointed by part six now, Dave? Yeah. Man, it's my favorite one. I love it. I mean, it's 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 a different kind of thing, and it, a lot of fans like it and stuff, but it's just, I guess I like the sleazy aspects of Friday the 13th as I got older and kind of yeah, switched. Six is no, 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 I, I get that. Oh, I, the, the thing I like about pain. six, man, it's got my favorite Jason and uh, he looks it, great it, in it. it just feels like a big friday film it just feels like they're always kind of moving around it just feels a lot bigger but um, oh yeah you got the tra- track the uh trailer that tips over jason fucking yeah, it's almost like a terminator yeah, movie yeah, yeah. Terminator it's like chasing Alice like cooper and shit you know yeah it's, it's not bad it's, it's just great soundtrack and it's got the greatest camel toe shot of all time Right. Like it's but, just uh, the best shot ever. So I, I love in Friday Five Violet when she's up there listening to that song, doing the fucking the robot and shit. That's and great. She, yeah, it's just there I love the characters. No yeah. in his eyes. The, the, that, that song, I love that song. But yeah, the thing is, uh, so much fun characters. It's so trashy, like the idea of like let's set this at like a halfway house with mentally disturbed people and <laughs> fucking kill them all off by fucking Jason, and then like it's so it's a mean spirited movie, and and Steinman's movies are mean spirited as hell. Like if you Savage Streets is too. I love oh, it. I love Savage Streets. On the tomato meter from the uh, critics, it got a sixteen percent. From the audience score, it's a twenty six percent. I have a, a good quote here for a good review from it, and a bad uh, a quote from a bad review. So uh, the good Fred Topple, he puts the worst Jason story, but the best nudity of the entire series. He's not wrong. And, uh, and then uh, this guy, Jeff, Voorhees, man. Je- Jeffrey Anderson said all he put was this one just annoyed me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> great. that's an amazing I mean, that's review. That's not a wrong statement. <laughs> Neither state. Yeah. The movie's not annoying. I think the ending is just one of those points where people it. can't seem to forget, and that's the annoyance. Dude, what do you mean, Jason in a human mask? You saw Jason like three years ago. Gives a fuck. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, ge- I'm generalizing because that seems to be the main problem You're with right. this film is that people accept the whole movie until the end. They're like, ah, oh, fuck part five. It wasn't even fucking Jason, man. You know, Dude, and listen, that's all they remember from it, man. Over the years. And at that Give point, at that point, they forget about Voorhees' tits and all the sleaziness that happened before and the awesome characters from Nunez and, and, I don't and know all that goodness. people knew that it wasn't Jason. As a kid, I still thought it was Jason for years. But I was just like, at Jason's point, wearing some... forget that they're axing up retards that are, you know... Trying to hand out chocolate bars and stuff, you know, they forget yeah. about that. They're just like, oh, fuck, it's not Jason. But, but they forget the main source of this is that Once Bitten is actually a prequel to Friday Yeah, because he's in it. He's in it. Yeah, Joey's looking for cream what, and shit. Yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. also, Deborah Sue Voorhees is in another movie from 85 called know, Appointment with Fear. Weird. And mm-hmm. she doesn't show her boobs in it, even though they have her have a nude pool scene. But she's not new. I don't know what's going on with that, but it's weird. I sadly watched that whole movie, even though you told me not to. And in, I, did I, I steer you wrong? I was right. I was you right. correct. Which movie? Appointment of Fear. Like nothing. Oh. Ha- I've never seen a movie where just nothing is going on the whole movie. Somehow. I would suggest Dick you Shark. change it to Appointment okay. with Fear. Check that and out. Drink yourself into a, no. a slumber. No, <laughs> it's it's almost four hours. Oh know. God, I don't like movies over like. That sounds minutes. like a great epic commentary. Dick Bill Zabub doesn't know about editing. <laughs> 
you don't know what and, it is. And honestly, um, like Austin told me that you know this film wasn't directed well. Um, but honestly, dude, there's some great shots in this film in Friday Five. Like the what, what the dream sequences and stuff are all done really well. The the light, you know, the lightning and the dark, and it it, it looks really good. It's a really I mean, good, well let's done. Be serious. Movie. When do you ever be like, you know, my biggest critique on the Friday Thirteenth movies is they're not directed well. It's fucking Friday Thirteenth, bro. But they are direct. They are directed they are, better than for exploitation most movies. Eighty slashers. Well. Yeah, they honestly, well. yeah. they're actually not that directed. They're not directed that bad, for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't really pay attention to that stuff you know, anyway, unless it's horribly bad. Eight and a half. Dave, did you watch Avenging Angel? Because you know she was in that film too. No, no, I did not. No, I did not. And she doesn't show her tits in that one. She's actually kind of more of like an extra. She plays a hooker on the street in uh, in Avenging Angel. And I, I wonder if she didn't want to do it after this one because like Steinman probably was like, no, the thing yeah. is, the thing is, this movie got released like beginning of January of '85. So I'm assuming that she was in Friday Five way after, right? Who knows? Yeah. On depending on when they filmed and stuff, but yeah, you know, she's a hooker that doesn't show her tits, but. It's recognizable in it. So you said eight point five on that, Dave. Yep. Yep. Nice. So she was in three films in eighty five. That's crazy. And she only has yep. like five or seven acting credits and three of them ready. Yeah. <laughs> or four of them, actually. Dallas also. But oh. who's next? Yes, that would be me. Um all right, so yeah, my number ten is Confessions of a Serial Killer. Um yeah, I thought this movie was really good. First time watch. I uh, picked this up actually at that. It's convention. on your list. I would assume it's good. <laughs> you know what? I'm leaving. I'm done. Well, for state yeah. in the audience, man. Fuck. Come I'm on. I'm just gonna get roasted the whole time. Me. Um. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I picked this up and when we went on that convention in Gettysburg, and uh, you know, it's crappy well, VHS quality. It's a boot. It is a boot. Am I allowed to say that or will I go to prison for having a bootleg? You're yeah, a I mean, you're allowed to have it's some bootlegs to films that aren't released. Dude, if it's only on VHS, man, bootlegs are cool. Okay, okay cool. Car- I have a bootleg. Fuck it, Carly. It's the end of the world. I'm know? calling the cops right now. <laughs> I got them on the right. phone right now. We also got the Ripper on boot from there. We sure did. The boot. We sure did. Um, das boot. Yes. 100. Um, but yeah, this movie I thought was uh, really eerie. Um, I like the score that plays throughout it. I think it's really creepy. Um, I think the dude that plays main guy, which um, is his name, like Daniel, whatever. I don't know Hopkins. the actor's Daniel name. Hopkins. Okay, yeah. Know? I was calling him like David Smith on like the His and Hers podcast. I feel like a dumbass. David but, um, Boy Smith? Sure. Um, but I think he's really good, uh, you know, portraying Henry. And um, I think his just dialogue throughout the movie and his matter-of-fact personality is fantastic. And um, I thought it was really good. Um, I watched it twice, and it grew on me a lot more the second time around. So, given an 8 out of 10. I would I wish I would rather watch it on, like, better quality. But um, for what I saw, it, it was, I liked it. It was good. Eight. Nice. Yeah, I really like that movie, too. It's uh, Robert um, Burns, I believe is his name. He actually was the... Uh, set designer on texas chainsaw massacre and he also worked on future kill with from this year so yeah he does a tremendous job in that role and it's it's honestly it's closer to the actual case files of henry lee lucas than henry um even though we all know that story's bullshit now but (laughs) but still um it's a tremendous and it's creepy as fuck there's some really nasty stuff in that movie make sure you see the uncut version though Mm. I'm pretty sure it was but I can't I can't be certain I think it was because I'm pretty sure there was like an extended rape yeah that rape scene 
like film, so. one of the most nauseating rape scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like pretty upsetting. I actually haven't seen it because I couldn't find a copy of it to watch. Should have let me know. Irreversibles? Uh, it's different. I mean, there's nothing grosser than the irreversible. I can't find a budget on that movie and I can't is find a gross is, on it. Because that movie was. Irreversible, high ironic. 85, but it wasn't released till 92, I don't think, on tape. And it wasn't that a, was that a new uh, Concord tape? Was it a yes. New Horizons tape? Yes. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so that's Corbin, too. The movie was unfairly treated, I think, too. Yeah, it's yeah. a good film. I, like I didn't mean to steal your thunder there, Carly. What'd you rate it, Carly? No, that's right. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Good shit. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm next. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 10. Uh, this film kind of is relevant today, especially in some shit we were talking about earlier, and that is Larry warning Cohen's the, the stuff. <laughs> I oh. thought it was going to be warning sign because of the corona. No, but, uh, no that's a good, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, like we were talking about the shortage of food and stuff, and the stuff is kind of about consumerism of food and shit, like we were saying earlier in like our pregame. With, like, At this point, I wish we actually had some of the stuff, man. Jesus, I'm craving that shit, man. Would you eat the stuff if it Fuck was? Fuck yeah, dude! It's yeah. Fluffy, fluffy and shit. Oh, that sounded like I was. I I always like movies like this too, where it's like an invasion of the body snatchers type of storyline, with like a mixture. It's a little bit different though, especially like the stuff is kind of like a alien substance that is consuming people as they consume it. I kind of like that aspect of it. Uh, I I like the cast in this. I like. Uh, Michael Moriarty as the main dude. He, I I always like him and Larry Cohen stuff. Like he was in like a uh, Cue the Winged Serpent and It's Alive Three and uh, Pick Me Up. He was actually the yeah truck driver. Pick Me Up. Pale Rider too. The uh... mm. yeah OG Law and Order. Dave, I know, I know Michael Moriarty. Yeah, Good uh, yeah. He's in Troll, your favorite movie. Yeah, is Harry Potter senior? <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, oh, go ahead. What are you gonna no, say? it's your it's your thunder. Sorry, it's my thunder. Yo, 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 Dave, Dave. This Dave is not just wants the whole storm today. Dave, this ain't the wild bunch episode, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, I knew more than you. What can I say? <laughs> you knew way more than me. I'll tell you. Stuff has such a great cast, man. Danny Aiello, it's awesome, man. Rest in peace. Hey, the the stuff is a movie that I didn't like when I watched it. Um, and yeah, then you I always rewatched. Used to give me shit because I always used to rate it so high, and you're like, "What the fuck's with the stuff?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's the stuff. I liked it's it on stuff. rewatch. I I watched it um, on the Joe Bob thing mm-hmm. on last drive-in, and I never finished it all the way. I forgot about it, and then like, like a week ago or whatever, I have the Blu-ray. Which, by the way, why the fuck is that region B? I thought that movie got released in both. It did, but it, it did. was initially released in UK, so that so, one yeah, from the UK it, is Region B. Yeah. So if I yeah. order from Arrow, they send me the fucking Region B one? That's stupid. Depends if you order from UK. Sometimes, man. Order from UK. Just get a goddamn all-region player. I do have six. one. I, I watched it on my all-region fucking player. Well, but then, I just, what's it's your a bitching about, ass. motherfucker? It's a pain in the ass. Regions are fucking dumb, and Arrow's fucking dumb for selling shit to the U.S., that is fucking region coded. No, you're you, stupid for ordering by not looking at the region the coding. Version, they have the full version available. Yeah, but why they, they don't carry the American releases in the UK? They send them to the United States. Well, no, and there's probably they, make, they have an why arrow. Why they make an American they, site? They do. It's just way more expensive yeah, because they have the charge by MVD. Yeah. Listen, yeah, fuck cool. Arrow. 
Just saying. We're giving you reasons. There's a Canadian <laughs> Arrow too, and there's no actual website for that either. It's really annoying. I know, I know, I know. It's it, it just I, I have nothing but problems when I order from the Arrow UK. It just annoys me. Cases oh, come really? broken oh, all they, the time. Man, never had one issue. Well, they sell replaceable cases now. They send no everything yeah, express now too. So I'll order shit and I'll have, it, I'll have it three days later. It's amazing. I love it. I'm just I don't know. Fastest shipping issues. in the world. No, dude, okay, I got a pair of shoes, a pair of Nikes from the Netherlands a couple days ago. It took fucking two days to get here. It was crazy. Did you? Really? Yeah. We're, we're in a fucking, fucking awesome pandemic, journey. and this guy's ordering fucking shoes from Dutchland. That's, the- <laughs> That's fucking amazing. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I needed. They fucking discontinue my Nike boots, so I have to buy them before they fucking dry up. That's I'm crazy. You found them in fucking the Netherlands, though. That's awesome. I'm picturing Jeremy this guy's like wearing Nike on shoes instead of toilet paper. That's crazy. I'm picturing fucking Fuck, Jeremy and Nike like boots just curb stomping people and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like they're in one, the apocalypse. One point seven million dollar budget on the stuff, and I couldn't find a gross on that. That's got to be one of the highest budget Larry Cohen films of all time. Jesus, and it's it's one of the cheapest of the year too. <laughs> You know what? I said that in my review. I, I I thought that it looked more expensive than than any of the Cohen things that I'd seen. I think they did a good job it, on the it, effects, it's, man. It's to a be pretty, honest, it's good effects, but it's also it just feels big and and looks not cheap. Yeah, and like Paul Sorvino's second eighty-five. I think it's also a combination of, of having that social commentary in there too. You know, it's it's the lower budget film, but it has that commentary. And you need to, it just feels bigger with that man because they explore it. You know, yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, I like it's kind of scary because even though, like, even with like the virus and shit that we're having now, it's kind of scary. Like, we could get into like where we had to might have to go to a militant radical to solve a situation in that sense, too, which is kind of scary. You never know, Jeremy. It's getting scary out there. Fucking gray hair now, president out there now. Don't, 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 Trump I believe in yeah, anything. Don't now. insult President Doofus in front of JP. We know he President Trump. Doofus. President and game show host. Yep. <laughs> Richard Dawson? Dude, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Richard the Dawson. Running, the running man? From the running man. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Richard Dawson, he went around and fucking kissed all those ladies on Family Feud. He didn't uh, care if they were black, white, Asian. He yeah, got herpes. Coronavirus sure. infected. Little kids, eight year olds, you know. He got, he got the hev and corona and all that in his yeah. dick. That dude was a G. Those videos of him kissing people are so gross. Fuck. So, what did you rate that, Derek? I gave it an 8.5 also. Start, I, I'm surprised we're not starting at 10s. Okay. This fucking, be, this fucking guy. Oh, you should have faith on me, Jimmy. I don't think Derek has ever rated anything a 10 like yeah, on yeah, you guys' yeah, yeah. show. Shh, shh, shh. Okay, sorry. Imagine a top 10 of 10s. His 10s are justified. If there's 85. a year with 10 10s, I want to do that year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen, man. I mean, I don't think I've ever had more than two 10s in a year. <clears throat> wow. All right. So. I don't think I've ever had two 10s in a year. Oh, so I moved. did. Okay, I guess I am up next here. All right. What about me? You're last. You're last. Last, bro. I thought you already went moods. I'm sorry. (laughs) That that was Derek. I'm not. I'm actually very curious to see moods as number ten. All right. So coming in number ten from the year 19. No, I'm stealing Brandon's. (laughs) I got to do it. I thought about doing it at the very beginning. It always makes me laugh. Like 70 times now. So (laughs) fucking Brandon's so funny for that shit. Um, But yeah, uh, coming at number ten is a. Uh, Spanish film actually from Mexico and 
This was a first time watch for me a few days back. I actually rewatched it again last yeah, night to make sure. This movie is fun as fuck, man. Cemetery of Terror. Man. Yeah, fuck, that's the one that I this forgot to watch. Has legitimately that's the one that I told you that I forgot to watch. This yeah, movie I didn't watch it either. Is legitimately, I'm the one that asked for it and I forgot to watch it. I have known about this movie for years and years, and I was so pissed off because I could have bought this double feature DVD long time ago. I passed on it. Shit went out of print, and now it's just, like, insanely expensive and hard to find. So i never seen it. Lo and behold, the god Dave actually has a copy of this. He uploaded it, so I got a chance to see it in a good transfer and stuff. Well, Fell in Dave love with was this, around. He's so old, he was around when the original <laughs> yeah. rooms came out. Exactly, he had a chance man. to buy it at Walmart. JP. Fucking thanks, JP. I'm the same age, so now you're making me feel old. <laughs> Uh, this movie right here, man, um, it just slowly became one of my, it's definitely going to be like a staple for, um, Halloween for me, man. It's it's based around Halloween. It's about these cats that, you know, decide that they're going to pull a Halloween prank and steal the, steal a body from, you know, the morgue and stuff. But what they don't know is that they steal this body that, uh, this person that just got killed and he was like a fucking, you know, notorious serial killer and shit. Um, they ended up bringing him back you know reading the shit through this book of magic and stuff and turns into this like kind of supernatural slasher but then it has like zombies and shit and it's it's crazy man it's very atmospheric it's just it's just a fucking ball of fun man i absolutely love this thing um it does have a kind of like ridiculous subplot with these kids and stuff but it kind of plays into it and shit like that but great atmosphere man awesome atmosphere not the most original film in the world, but man, I had a shit ton of fun with this man. So much fun that I rewatched this thing, you know, after three days. I was like, I, I need to watch this again. So, um, but uh, yeah, I was a little bit concerned though because it's directed by this guy Ruben Galindo Jr. and he actually directed a film called um, Don't Panic. I think it came out in 1988. I want to say. Do you know that one, Dave? What was that? Do you know the film that he that he directed in 1988 called Don't Panic? Um, I have that. It's on the same release, but I haven't watched it. I did watch on that uh, disc. Um, there was like a whole bunch of movies. I watched Vacation of Terror 1 and 2, which are ridiculous movies as well. Oh, nice. There's no nice. way I can find a budget on Cemetery of Terror. Oh, no. Oh, I bet but, you. Uh, but, you know, yeah. honestly, even at the bu- – I, I assume the budget's super low. But, man, I got to say, though, like it's it's a decently big movie with a lot of cast and like a lot of decent effects in it and stuff too. Like, it's got a it was great atmosphere. Great atmosphere. Like it, it kind of goes into a direction where you don't really see it going because you see no. this kind of supernatural slasher film going on. You're like, okay, and the, and the kill Killer kind of looks like Dave a little bit, like a George Eastman kind of <laughs> Dave hybrid kind of, kind of killer and stuff. It's kind of cool. And, uh, kind of so sexy, have, actually. I think he's like this a guy Hugo Sickless. Yeah, and it's got Hugo Sickless in it. And he's he's like, his acting is completely over the fucking top. And this is totally awesome. He's like this it's, inspector that's trying to find, like, he needs to find this person because he knows that he's going to come back to the, you know, come back to the It's a Halloween story. It's a Halloween. Like, he's after the his patient because he's crazy and he killed him once before, but now he's back on the run. It's it's, yeah. it's a rip off of Halloween, which is really weird because it takes place during Halloween, yeah. which is Wait, also so strange Hugo because Sickles it's Mexico. Is Loomis yeah, I was yeah. literally just going to say that. It, it's, 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 it's basically a rip off of Halloween that's set in Mexico, which is kind of weird, right? Cause... Is it weird that they, they don't really celebrate Halloween in Mexico? That's though, what I'm like saying. That. That's the it's, weird part they, about it is that they, they set it on Halloween and it's like, but it's it's an Americanized film. Right, it's, it's a Spanish film, it's but it's it, it is very, very strange. But uh, yeah, essentially a Halloween ripoff, but it has the supernatural slasher with mixed with these zombies. Very atmosphere, great cemetery scenes, fucking awesome, yeah, yeah. awesome, very Fulci esque, you know, and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is really kind of selling me here. So I rewatched, and I was like, damn, it did the same thing for me the second time around. I was like, I had a lot of fucking fun with this one, man. Um, 
again, JP, that sucks. You didn't watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know what's too. funny is I found a list. My secret weapon was a list that I found called the top 10 gems from 1985. Somebody put this list together on the internet okay. and uh, that was their number one gem. Okay. Um, yep, also on the list was stuff like blackout, murder, lust, um, the midnight hour, stuff that we knew about. That's yeah. one I hadn't heard of. Yeah. So I, I asked Dave, I was like, I, ch- I spent three hours looking for this movie online. Could not find it. Found one copy in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I yeah. hit up, I hit up, I saw that it had a DVD release. I'm like, I'm like, I bet D- Dave probably has this. It's old as fuck. He probably has. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, six dollars for that. Like, I was like, does anybody set. have this? I'm Dave so does. Pissed. He sends me the file in a shitty format, and I couldn't get it to play on my Xbox. But now and I, I forgot about it. Good though. Yeah, Denny uploaded it good, but I didn't feel like going back and finding it because you guys explode the eighty-five download. Should have asked about it again. Right, See, right. I was worried. I'm not gonna lie. I'm. I, I when I looked it up, I was like, Cemetery Care. Okay. And it's by the same director that did Don't Panic. And I own Don't Panic. I have, like, the shitty UK Vipco DVD release of it and stuff. It's probably cut to shit. Who knows? It looks like trash. It's terrible. And um, so I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know, man. Right? Going into this shit, I'm like, it's even older. It's probably even worse. No, it's completely opposite. It's so much better. Don't Panic. Everything it's about it very... seemed cool, like, based on the description of that article I read. Like, it sold me instantly. I was like, yeah. I was like, because... Going into this, I kind of had like my nine and ten spot a little bit open. I was like, "This could be my number ten right here," and I never fucking got to it. And here it's moves as ten. Oh. What is the terrible fucking plot point of kidnapping bodies? And you're already at a fucking cemetery. Why are you going to the hospital to take a body when you're at a cemetery, motherfucker? Because those ones are bones. I mean, yes, but it's stupid. It's such a dumb fresh. point. Like they do it Night of the Creeps and Chud too. It's just not. And children shouldn't play with dead things. People do not dig up bodies. That is not a fraternity prank. That is a fucking felony. No, it's Doctor and the Devils, man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's different, though. They're getting money Doctor for it. I'll dig up bodies devils. all day for cash, but I ain't doing I it for a fucking just... prank. Yeah. Yeah. But I, who I cares? Mean, I get it, but... All the movies are great that do it, so maybe I'm wrong. It's true, yeah, man. Wrong. Night of the Creeps, man. It's my favorite movie of 86. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I fucking love and that movie. Chud but... too. That's, movie, that's 22 movie. Shots Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, man. It's Speaking of which, Decker's we already so have dope, two films in the Hall of Fame from this year. Yeah. Oh, Day of the Dead's probably definitely one of them. Uh, yes. Oh, Demons. Demons. Yeah, there is Yeah. 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 That's my favorite thing Derek ever did. He's like, he invented a whole segment to get Demons into the fucking Hall of Fame. He's just like, now I'm doing my Italian segment. fucking nickname because of it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're right, Derek. So it doesn't fuck matter. Yeah. Fuck them. More nicknames, the better. You're right. Um, yeah, so that's my number 10, Cemetery Terror. It is subtitled, uh, so you're going to have to read it if you want to check it out, but I'd highly recommend it. Like I said, it's going to become one of those uh, kind of staple Halloween films for myself. Um, Needs a release, man. I would love to see a high-def, you know, widescreen Let's, let's hit up because, Vinegar Syndrome. Because the atmosphere some, is some. so amazing in this. It's so fucking good, man. I love the look of the... The effects are good. Like, for a low-budget film, it, it just it has that visual quality to it, so... But yeah, that's it. Jeremy, you're up next. What would you rate that? Oh, nine, nine out of ten. Sorry. Oh, so nice. See, I'm not the high fucking rater here. Oh, dude, I'm definitely... Oh, I knew I knew Moods was starting nines. Oh, this is... This I'm is coming in hot, man. too. I so. love 85, man. You guys will see. You already came in, in, came in regularly normal. Yeah, pretty much. I guess it's going to get crazy. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, I, crazy I, after I this. feel like I feel like if I'm starting off a top ten list with like a seven and a half or eight, it's like a, it's just it's not 
exciting for myself, man. These movies have all proved the test of time already. Yep. So That's right. it's not like a new movie where you're like, I don't know. We've seen these movies probably multiple times. And like if you watch an old movie, you know what I mean? You know, you, you know how it stands today. Mm-hmm. Hell to the yeah. Hell to the king, baby. Hell to the king. Jeremy. All right. At number 10 with a 7.5 out of 10. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? I just <laughs> talked about 7.5. Mood's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it hates something I listed at 7.5. Coming in at a 7.5 out of 10. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being Christian now. Christian started with a 7. Yeah, in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> This is damn 80s. If you tell me you couldn't find an 8 to start I have after this, it's all 8s. So much for not roasting, Jeremy. (laughs) Yeah, JP's like, hey, try to be respectful this episode. Yeah, Jeremy's having a hard time. Let's just be nice to him. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Larry Cohen's The Stuff. Nice. Oh, wow. Good call. So, as we expect, I love movies that have substance, and this movie has, you know. What? You love movies that have white shit. Stuff. Uh, yeah, stuff. And substance that has something to say. And this movie clearly has something to say. And as we talked about earlier, I think the fact that Larry Cohen didn't have as much of a restriction to... Because we all know Larry Cohen's amazing writer. Um, if you haven't seen King Cohen, check it out. It's an amazing documentary. It really but, is. But yeah. uh, Larry Cohen was just an amazing, amazing writer. So the fact that I think that these movies, a lot of his movies were lower budget, that gave him more opportunities to experiment and do some interesting stuff. And I think that Larry Cohen was just fed up with all the consumerism that was happening in the mid-80s, and this movie clearly tries to talk about it. And uh, I I love this stuff. It's fun, even though I gave it a a 7.5. But it's not the best-made movie. Or it's not the best movie in general, but I think that it has enough heart and uh, interesting things to say that it's worth a watch always. So I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. I always, accurate. every time I watch it, man, I, I'm always astounded at like how well the effects are in it. I don't yeah. know why. I, I just, I guess it's because I don't know how they did them, to be honest. Yeah. But they always seem to hold up to me, man. But they yeah, always call me Mo because when they I give me money, I always ask for Mo. I appreciate this movie because it's very different from the previous Cohen work because Cohen was always known for like gorilla shooting and stuff. And this one just kind of feels like he actually yep. had, you know, paid for, you know, well, the I think locations. he says that in King Cohen, doesn't he? Like, this is like the one time he made a real movie. Oh, but with... he probably does. He probably, I'm probably yeah. reciting hey. that from memory, but, uh, I don't remember him saying that, but at the same time, it's like, it, you notice it though. Like in his early films, like, is black exploitation films from you know those are total guerrilla filmmaking and shit like yeah. even Q Q the stories behind Q are crazy yeah he had to take a full fucking ad out in the New York Times I think the craziest thing ever one of my favorite fucking stories about like filmmaking actually comes from Q the Wing Serpent is the fact that you know the scene where they're shooting up on the on the high risers and they yep. you know the machine guns and stuff but the the empty shell casings were falling like 50 stories to the to the ground and people were like they thought there was a fucking war happening up there the whole, yeah they had to shut down the blocks and stuff to figure out what the fuck was going on <laughs> i was yeah, like that's great could you imagine very... nowadays doing that it would never never he would, he no, would have never gone to yeah, jail Q's forever a... for that that's craziness man like yeah he was a very interesting movie to talk about with the, the aspect of why that movie came about because of fucking uh, 
you know, fucking, as you know, like, Larry Cohen was actually supposed to work on a Mike Cameron movie, and then he got fired. Yeah. And they still paid him for it, and he used yeah. the money that he got paid for it to make fucking Q. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah, Cohen yeah, is one of those guys that will die to make a movie. That's why you love Cohen. But uh, the funniest Absolutely. thing is about that. Think about that. Cohen's movie, his fucking most expensive movie. This is how cheap his career was, what it cost, was <laughs> a movie by New World Pictures. His most expensive movie was put up by <laughs> New World Pictures. That's how fucking cheap Cohen made movies. So, I mean, like, yep. man, yep. dude was very innovative. Mm-hmm. And he wrote fucking phone booth. He was a great writer. Better writer than director, probably. He, he was, man. I mean, I think some of his greatest achievements are like writings and stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. he wrote. I love them. He wrote Phone Booth. It's a good movie. You know, I, I thought about it long and hard, too, when I met Larry Cohen. And, man, he was grumpy as fuck. Actually, Jeremy was there. But he was grumpy yeah. as fuck that day. But, uh, um, I thought about it too. And I'm like, what do I want to get signed by him? And of course I went with Q because it's just the stories from that. And just the, the way that film was made and shit. I was like, I need to get his signature on this film because it's very Probably historic to myself. It really, man, it's so good, man. There's so many. I love like, Q. If you, a, if you read the stories about how that movie was made, JP, I think you would appreciate it a lot more. I know we even talked to him like, what about the social Fine. commentary? You're like what I social commentary in this fucking movie? But there actually is, but, uh, it's just kind of interesting, man. I think it's interesting. Because that movie's just made on a fly, and it's crazy how good that movie actually is. And Michael Moriarty, fucking, he sells the movie for me, big time, man. See, is, this is another one of those cases, dude, that you weren't a fan of the stuff before, and then you rewatch, and now you are. I think if you rewatch Q... With, I've watched you know, Q three times. With your open chicken noodle fucking Mexican with, mind. With Joe Bob the third time. And he couldn't even save it for me. It's all right. It's an all right movie. I just, I don't know. It's just... It's boring. Yeah, it's okay. Maybe maybe when you get older. Who knows? Yeah, maybe when maybe, you mature and shit. Maybe I get you know, into Dave's when you age. Upgrade from yep. noodles yeah, he's like 40, guys. Like, when you're like 50 years old, man, you can appreciate Charlie, stuff you know I'm like the same you. age as Dave. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Making me feel old. Well, let's no, put but, it this way, man. Q's a lot better film than Full Moon High that he did the year before. That movie's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. That might be the worst Cone film. It yeah, is the worst Cone film ever. It's so fucking not funny. He did this weird kind of offbeat comedy and it's just like oh it's not the only thing that saves that movie is alan arkin's performance as the detective (laughs) he's like the weird wild card dave have you seen that one no i actually have not but i I, alan arkin it's kind of like yeah yeah it's kind of like a love letter to like uh you know like the like uh, you know like the i was a teenage teenage yeah yeah, exactly that's exactly what he's doing with it yeah yeah but it's not funny though the, the opening of the stuff is so funny that there's like, eat this snow. I'm not eating snow. Like, just like as funny as old guys arguing. It's always such a weird way to open I a movie. And what I would have liked about this stuff a little bit more, I want to see how they got it to be the biggest product in the world. Like, it ta- that, it's addictive. That, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying that I want to see that part of it oh, because it, it goes from this cool that we found this shit to like, Mass produced. Well, did did you see the commercials, man? Who wouldn't eat this stuff? No, Those no. Commercials I, are I, so I, funny. I oh my god, god. this is going to be screamed to all movie. over again. This is screamed to all over again. I'm saying, you motherfuckers! I'm saying that that part would have been interesting to say. Yeah. You know what I've always found interesting about the stuff is the opening scene, you know, with that old guy. Like, who the fuck reaches down and? That's what I just said. That's why it's funny. But like. Who the Who fuck eats, eats snow? shit off nobody, the ground? Nobody like, it. nobody that's why it's funny. It's that's, just, that's why Larry Cohen is the only one who could write that and make it actually passable. Yeah. Uh, fucking Danny Aiello with his fucking suit. I'll get w- more! Fuck, I'll get more! Weird shit, man. Weird shit, but... Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so I guess we're back to the top. Nines. 
Yep. Seven and a half for the fucking people who actually write these numbers down and Jeremy consistently pisses them off by putting it at the beginning. Yep. He didn't this time, though. JP says 9.0 out of 10. What? Wait till he starts saying 9.0 out of 10. Yeah. All right. Back to me, I guess. Coming in at my number nine, the only film that was not on my list initially that eventually got a spot um, after the third watch took three uh and that is 1985's stuart gordon directorial debut reanimator uh, this is a film that i've always liked i've always I, first of all it took me years to see it i only seen it for the first time when i think arrow put out the blu-ray so i'm um, confused by this like what the fuck were you like honestly what were you waiting for leprechaun and, and be honest so, like, it's, it's fucking reanimator dude I just yeah. didn't. I, I always just thought that it was like good. It's Friday the Thirteenth. Jeffrey Combs, my favorite. Actor First of all, of all I time. don't. I don't love Jeffrey Combs like other people do. Like I, that guy is so loved. He's I like him quite a bit. Joe Bob gave him. I'm gonna pull a JP, but is he though? But is he though? Is is he, how much? many people have Jeffrey Combs as their favorite actor? A lot. No, nobody does. I, do. I only no, have no, seriously. I see a lot. I hear a lot of people like. Joe Bob said he's like the best actor. Um, he I like David actor. Gale better in that he, movie he and, and Robert Sampson, but that's me. What's that? Dave, I, I prefer David Gale. This green shit is getting old, man. Come on. Uh, Dave, no, I'm David, David Gale is pretty fucking amazing. David Gale's fantastic in it. I'm not going against he's him. He's no, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking with you, man. Here. I just think, I just think the character of Herbert West is like, it's not one of It's more iconic. You know, it's funny because when I, when I talk to Jeffrey Combs, when I met him, I even said, I'm like, man, I, and I was there for the reanimator uh, reunion and stuff. And, you know, I said to him, like, you know, straight up, I'm like, Herbert West isn't my favorite character that you play, man. It's the fucking black cat. I love him. When he, yeah, played, that was really when, good. He, when he played Edgar Allan Poe and he's like, thank you. He's like, I never hear that from people. People always talk about, Stu- or, you know, my, you know, the reanimator character and stuff. And, <laughs> and he was like, and you know what, you want to, you want to hear an interesting fact about the black cat. He was like, that was the last time he'd actually worked on film. In his career. Wow. Thought that was wow. pretty cool. And I was like, damn, dude, thanks for that. Because I had no idea. And he's like, he goes, he even said to me, he's like, that's one of my favorite roles I ever did, too. And I'm not just saying that because you said it was your favorite. And I'm like, thank you for being honest, you know, kind of thing. There's no one quite like him. That's why but he so was, but he, was like, but he kept wanting to talk to me because I think I intrigued him with the black cat thing. He's like, Man. yeah, every, that, that's the that's the key right there to yeah. meeting any celebrity is to bring up some shit that they don't talk about all the time. I, I, um, yeah. I, yeah, the thing with Jake Combs that I love is like how he goes into death with his characters, like the Frighteners, like all that backstory for just that one fucking character in the Frighteners is fucking insane. He's so <laughs> you know, and, oh, and you know, guys, you, you, you guys know my thoughts on the Frighteners. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like but reanimator has really come a long way with me. I've always thought it was good, but like, I think it's really good. Great. Now, you know what I mean? It, it, it really is a, uh, a, a fun movie that HP Lovecraft adaptation and, um, you know, the, I love the green reanimator juice. It, it's, it's very iconic and looks cool. The score, <laughs> that score, man. <laughs> the psycho it's score? A, it's yeah, Richard the band. score. Yeah. Yeah. The psycho score. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the cat, the first the cat scene has grown on me incredibly. I thought it was stupid the first time I seen it, but now I love it. Um, and then also just, you know, the, the, the performances are good. 
Um, you got the great cast, you know. The cheapest movie of '85, first, actually, out of the heavy. You gotta love the severed head scene too, man. The severed yeah. head scene. Yes. Yeah. it's so, so iconic, no. man. I love it. I oh. watched this on the last drive-in during our 24-hour marathon, and it was it was closer. Remember. It was when did it? It was like ninth out yeah. of. I remember. I don't remember and anything from that. I, dude, Jerry. my memory. I remember a lot. Is burned. Yeah. From like, from honestly, like blood feast on. <laughs> like it's just you know halfway. I don't, I don't even remember that they showed the prowler. Like I don't even remember that. That was fourth, dude. I know, <laughs> but then then he showed that fucking boring ass fan partner movie after that, that one killed us. It, I'm, that one I'm the one who I was there with you for that one. What was the vampire yeah. movie? Daughters Daughters That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Daughters of Dark. That's a good. That's a good movie. Like yeah, but not at like two a.m. Definitely not two a.m. After watching five other movies. It was like six that morning because I was there with you. Yeah. And I just got out of work. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it was like 6 a.m. And then my memory just fucking dies. I barely remember Reanimator. I remember Demons a little bit. And it was just, it was insane. Like, that was, I just so remember that was the stupidest Lou, thing we ever done. Lacey Lou during Demons. And Jeremy just wanted to fucking die. I was dying. I was yeah. dying. <laughs> we, no, we literally died. I don't think you guys understand. We we died that night. I had to get up and go outside during when Lacey Lou and fucking Jerry was on, because I was just like... The funny thing I is, was, man, I was up all night drinking out camping when you guys were doing that shit, having a blast. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, but I kept the during that. It started at like 9pm, so it, we were. you had to stay up like the whole day. Yeah. Prior to when it started, so here, you were up for like forty hours. By the time I was in the no, fucking JP sleeps till like seven p.m. that day. I did. Not me. I believe it. I was a real man. My favorite moment is like when fucking Bobby Creek was about to come on. Like, oh my god, Jeremy, we're about to fucking die. <laughs> it's a it's a blur to me, dude. But anyway, I finally got to revisit that that segment because they took it off of um, Shutter, I think. But uh, this dude sent me his discs in through the mail with all the old episodes, um, and I watched it last night. And yeah, that's last night was the deciding factor because I watched it when Stuart Gordon died too with on a Facebook group watch. But uh, last night I was like, you know what? I respect this film a lot more. It's growing on me. It's becoming one of my favorites of '85. Uh, I'm gonna put it on my list. So. 8.5 out of 10 for Reanimator. I right, didn't. Awesome. This was not on my list until today. It's also the cheapest movie, wow. 85, uh, out of any of the heavy hitters at under a million dollars, $900,000, and it grows $2 million, so. You fucking wow. serious, man? Because there's Holy a lot crap. of effects, man, in that film. And, like, wow. Well, yeah, I, yeah, out of the heavy hitters, out of the numbers you can actually find, it's dirt cheap in comparison. I, think what, I, I just think that, like, when it has contained sets you know no exteriors I mean? at all it's all interior shots yeah. there's nobody yeah. outside in it sturdy, yeah, that, for sure true, yeah, true. that is true it feels like yeah. a, I can see basically one location or kind of yeah i'll yeah, agree work as a play yeah he, he, exactly he came from the theater so yep, he directed it as a play yeah joe bob back. talked about that a lot where um they they rehearsed this film for like uh like a, a week before they shot it in theater style you know just like Yep. Act because, it out in a because group. he met Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs in Chicago at a theater, <clears throat> and that's how they all got hooked up to make mm. this movie. Yep, and and the next film, eighty six, uh, From Beyond. That film is great too. Fantastic. I like From Beyond a little bit better. 
but Reanimator has closed the ground a little bit. So that is my number nine, Reanimator. Am I up next? Yes, yes you are, Dave. Said, that was an 8.5? 8.5. Okay, uh, this one probably is going to get a lot of people being like, really? You put this on your list? Um, coming in at a $7 million budget, grossing $12 million, is uh, a Dino De Laurentiis produced movie, Stephen King, Silver Bullet. I don't know why yeah, I was going to say the only were bear movie on the uh, from 85 I thought I just, you were going to say something crazy dude, like your bloodstream list is, or... your list is no. blowing my mind right now I never expected to hear no. Friday 5 or Silver Bullet on there no weird. The, I, got uh, the basic bitch, I got the most basic bitch list there is is that um, why you kept saying most... the basic, basic bitch list <laughs> yeah I got basic bitch list I seriously do Silver Bullet to me um, was one that I hadn't watched since I was a kid it was one that I watched a lot as a kid you know yeah, the Stephen too. King the Corey Haim the narration it has a small town Stephen King feel it just made me feel good as a kid like it just feels good and rewatching it I was like oh man there's so many character actors popping up in here like um is it Peter May- uh, Peter Jason pops up in the very beginning or James Lawrence Gant fucking James Gant yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord Tierney, uh, Terrence, um, not Terrence Stamp. I'm, uh, um, dude, uh, what the fuck is his name from the stepfather? It's a, um, um, Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. yeah. Almost called mm-hmm. him Terrence Stamp, but also Willie Wooly from Dawn of the Dead's in here is a drunk. Fucking there he is. It's a violent feeling drunk. Yeah. yeah, the small town feel. I love it. The music, the narration. Like I said, fucking Gary. Fucking I, I love music. the uh, cycle Gary of Hughes. the werewolf. How it's yeah. actually months and months. Yeah, long. It, it goes That's over the summer. Cool. And Everett McGill is fantastic, man. I just love it. And the big speech that um, the uh, guy gives who loses his son, and he says, what's he say? The justice. The big justice thing. He's like, so we get justice. And he loses his mind. I love the movie. And I like that the town characters get picked off and everything. Did you mention Terry O'Quinn? As the yeah, 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 he's fantastic in that. I like how he handles the situation, too. He's not one of those guys denies everything. One of my favorites scenes is when the girl is trying to help her brother and she you know she's collecting all the bottles and she keeps looking for people with missing eyes and shit and like she gives up and she's like going back to the preacher's thing and the way the camera just pans over and the reveal that oh shit it's him you know that that's actually scary man i love that scene and mcgill's terrifying Mm -hmm. he's in people under the stairs and under siege too he's just an intense dude you can tell Mm -hmm. but um the the only thing i the only thing I gotta say about on the rewatch of Silver Bullet, do you think they showed the dream sequence a little too soon? On the, um, you think they revealed things? It's a really weird scene in general. Like it's really crazy, and and it, it, the dream sequence fits with the rest of the movie because there's like a soft focus on everything, kind of like you're remembering it yourself, like your own summer, and that's mm-hmm. what Stephen King kind of reminds me of, like kind of like well, she's telling your, the story, your childhood. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a dream, like soft focus, a lot of like fog. That's it just, right. It's she's just, telling the story. It's yeah. very nostalgic mm-hmm. for me, and it, it just fits perfectly well with how I would. Like, the, one, of, the, one of the things that bothers me the most about it, it's just a plot hole. It's like a, it's literally like a stupid plot hole, but, um, Corey Haim could have never grabbed onto the tree above his wheelchair. (laughs) It was impossible. You know, when he drops down into his chair. Yeah. How would he have got, how would he got hold of that branch? Magic. (laughs) Yeah. It bothered me so much. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, the only thing also, because it is like the narrator telling the story, how does she know like the, the, the fucking werewolf had the dream? <laughs> you know what I mean? She probably it's just like, said he was haunted, you know, and then it goes back in detail. Yeah, which is yeah not, I know. You're right. You're right. It's silly, but it, some this is, like the moon is, is on this day, and 
they skip dates and shit. And, and some, but it's some, also a kid retelling wait, what the fuck a story. Are we talking about they skip dates. Well, no, you know what I mean. Like a certain. It's not dates. a whole mood all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but that, the movie's days. not set days yeah, yeah. like today, tomorrow, uh, the next. Day. Well, yeah. well, they don't usually have a full moon during the Fourth of July either, JP. That's so how do you know? <laughs> I know. How do you know? I think you're thinking it's, of the American Werewolf in London. Usually, be 21st of the month. The full moon's the 21st of the month in 1985. It usually is. It's just you know. When I it was feel like, like that doesn't make sense. I feel like it. It could. No, it, they they explain it a little bit better on like uh, the liking it podcast when they reviewed it. Oh really? They, I trust. I trust Jamie. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a silly movie, but like I said, I do really enjoy it, and I love when the townsfolks all go out in a rush and they're just being like that mob justice, and they backfires, and it, it's just a lot of fun. I, I yeah. love the small town Stephen King. Me too. Me too. Every time. It's the best Stephen King. The, yeah. the tomato meter gave it 45% by critics and audience score was 56. Uh, the good review. Um, there are all sorts of sly satirical touches in the film. Roger Ebert gave it a positive and the bad, oh, the bad is a horror fil- flick for young fans who aren't quite prepared for the really scary stuff. And it's Scott Weinberg who did the eighties all over podcast who hates anything with any on PC subject matter. So I thought that, um, you know, he's just, uh, one of those critics to me that says he loves movies, but he never actually loves movies. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I give it. Um, he's a good critic, obviously, but still, and he also works on films. But I just always thought he was way too hard on movies, and he judged movies for brownie points to you know over actual substance, or maybe the substance he was upset with, so he judged on that. But uh, I give Silver Bullet a nine out of ten. Dave coming with the good shit. I like it. I won't lie, man. Silver Bullet is probably the one and only film where I ever wanted to be a paraplegic because his wheelchair (laughs) is the fucking amazing. The wheelchair is amazing. I would love to roll around in that shit, man. (laughs) I want my uncle to be Gary Busey. Right? Like who doesn't want Gary Busey as an uncle, man? I've became such a big Gary Busey fan over the past couple years. He's fucking crazy, dude. You should go back and, and watch him on Howard Stern. He was fucking insane, dude. Love him. Oh, he's crazy. Silver, Silver Bullet, Bullet was huh? always a big deal for, for me growing up because, you know, Corey Hayne was Canadian. And we just, you know, when when, pe- when people from Canada make it big like that, we're like, well, fuck, you got to represent, right? So, Wait, he's Canadian? Mm-hmm. Corey Hayne yeah, was Canadian. Can I, can I replace Silver Bullet with something else? You can. You can. He's having I'm flashbacks to the tower. I, I truly believe Dave has a, a, a fucking deep hatred for Canada and Canadians because every yeah, time Canada gets mentioned, there. he's just like, I would like fuck Canada. He's like, fuck Canada. If I could take all you guys out of the situation that I think you guys might be in even worse from here going out and just pull you into my backyard, it would be fucking amazing. Even me? Because honestly, I think that Trudeau is kind of a dumb shit sometimes, but he's done a pretty damn good job with, with this quarantine or with the Corona shit, man. So... I would like to save you guys. If I could save you guys. Even me? Even you from President Doofus. Well, I don't know if you can get across the border because you're Mexican. Like, we we have policies with that, too. I've done it once. Shut up, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking. No, we're actually pretty good with that. We're actually pretty good with the border. Don't tell me you're a Trump supporter. Carly, me, I don't freaking follow politics. I don't All know right. what's going well, on. I don't know. We're losing. You're losing. But the fact of the matter is, they hate GP. politics. Yeah, I would make room for you guys. Politics. I would make room it. for you guys here, and so you guys would survive. So I promise. It's a very ready. dangerous situation with the politics talk. That's about as Lord deep as I get. I hate politics talk, but I'm just saying, I would save you guys. Yeah. Politics, more like politics. Exactly, Paula fucking sharts. 
right? <laughs> Not with the shorts. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who's after Dave? Me. And my number nine, believe it or not, Jeremy, this is one that I think is pretty good, too. Um, it is, and this is one of the ones that um, is a little weird on my list as far as rankings. But it is Day of the Dicks, a.k.a. Day of the Dead. Okay, so I was... Wow. Okay. Wow. Are you out on one? No, 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 no. No, I originally had... I originally had picked... Day of the Dead for Carly is number one, but I was like, no way. There's no fucking way that she's going to represent that as number one. So I actually changed my pick, so I'm good. I'm good. I'm What's out. crazy is, in the ranking, it would have been number one. And I changed it because, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of, like, zombie movies. Like, I think this is a really good movie, but it's just not one that I, like, I'm, like, sitting down at night and think, oh, I want to watch Day of the Dead again. But with that being said, I think it's a fantastic film. I mean, I think the gore is the best of all the dead movies. I think the, you know, the look of the zombies is fantastic. I think all the actors and just the characters are really solid in this film. And um, I I think it's a great film. I really don't see any flaws with it. So, um, you know, I can't deny that at all and um i actually i give this one a 10 out of 10 okay. but like for me you personally a, you might be the first person ever on the show to give a film 10 out of 10 as their number nine chick <laughs> she's the new 10 out of oh, 10 that's apparently. crazy oh, dude i love it i love it i love your style right now it's amazing Three I point five. her I'm next pick is gonna be a seven and a half out of ten and i love that i'm proud of her uh, i'm not no, see, Why, I respect dude? that shit, man, because that's that's the mood shit right there to do. We're gonna have to have a talk. Remember when I had <laughs> I had like number ten out of tens and like number three and fours and then nines and. <laughs> Remember how we repicked your favorite film? No, we didn't, dude. You just told every <laughs> like you're so controlling. Leave me alone. Everybody's favorite movie is Bloodstream. Are you beating Carly right now as we speak? <laughs> yes. <So. laughs> Black and blue. Yeah. Um. Cool. Day of the Dead. So early. 3.5 million. Grossed 5 <laughs> million. Yeah, it's like fucking speech, is it? So early. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Cool, man. I, I absolutely respect that, man. I respect that to death. Good Thank idea. you, mate. Derek. Good shit, Carly. My number nine. Uh, actually, you guys reviewed this movie during your horror anime show. Oh, nice. And that is Vampire Hunter D. You know, I actually oh, expected wow. this to be on your list. I'm not going to lie. I, I did it would be. Yeah. Me neither at all. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the manga that this was based off of. Yeah. I actually prefer the sequel to this movie for two reasons. I think I the that. sequel has better fucking animation. Vampire Hunter E? No, no it's called Vampire <laughs> D. Was a joke. Uh, uh, or a branded joke. Vampire and, uh, D. That was ecstasy. a good joke. Nice. Yeah, that's my new nickname, Vampire Hunter D. Uh, I love the visuals of the sequel a little bit more, and plus it's from the director of Wicked City and Ninja Scroll, which is makes it ten times better in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I love the story of what D is and like when it's revealed what he is because this is the film where it's revealed. I love that aspect of like what a vampire hunter would be. Uh, it's kind of interesting in that aspect because if you know like vampire folklore. You wouldn't see that coming with like a descendant of that certain thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to be a little discreet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I just love the visual sense of this one still. And I love like the dark tones. 
you know, some of the characters are kind of goofy, especially that one reveal of, like, you know, like, this guy's been good for, like, half the movie, and then he turns into a villain out of nowhere. It's kind of like an Italian thing in that aspect. A little or, bit. Or, yeah. Has bad voice acting, too. Well, it depends. Watch the what, Japanese version. It depends on what to. dub you... There's two actual dubs of this, Jeremy. If you get the Blu-ray version, it's a different dub, yeah. where it's a little bit more sense, but then, you know, it depends on which dub of... There's two English dubs of this movie, too. And, you know, I don't actually mind watching dubs for animated movies. No, du- dubs are the way to go with anime. I'm not even joking. It's 100% it's Most the of the time, it, it it actually kind of advances it for me a little bit, man. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's 100% true. Any anime I've ever watched, I've preferred the, the dub. Yeah, it doesn't really bother me like if it were like an English film because, you know, it, it, the mouths usually match a little bit more because of the animation sense. In that sense, too, and it's not like a Godzilla movie where you see mouse moving with no one fucking talking and shit like that, you know. Uh, but I love it. I love the visuals. I love like the characters, and it's like it's like a horror western in a sense. Yep, and I love that spaghetti western for sure. This is going to be on Dave's list. I'm already going to predict that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, gonna say, so I, I'm gonna say no. The year's just too strong for it to be on Dave's list. I guess we'll find I'm out. I'm not sure because Dave yeah. loves his western shit, but who knows? But uh, I give it a nine out of ten. What did you rate this one, JP? When we when when we did it, uh, seven and a half. I gave it an eight. Yeah, I was right. yeah. So I was I was up at a nine too because I I thought it was fantastic. I gave it seven and a half as well. I'm just not a big fan of like anime, but I thought it was I, good. I I'm not a huge fan either, but I do like some of them, like Wicked City. Which I just reviewed was really good. It's one of the best ones, um, actually. Yeah, yeah that's I, pro- honestly Wicked City's probably is my favorite one oh, up there so with good. Perfect so Blue. <clears throat> Perfect Blue is probably Perfect my Blue favorite. anime fucking Giallo. Yeah, good. Yeah, like uh, I'll give the spoiler. Like I give like Bloodlust the sequel to this, like a perfect rating because it's just a vi- very more visualized film. And like I said, it's from the director of Wicked City and Ninja Scroll, so you get that going for you too. Ninja Scroll's up there for my favorite. I didn't budget on this one at all. Yeah, What's that, Dave? Couldn't, couldn't find shit on the budget on this one at all. Oh yeah, you're not gonna probably. I tried to. Good. Hey, thanks for trying, man. I figured some people would have this on their list. You know, I, I knew Derek was gonna. I just <laughs> I figured Derek and Moods, but I wasn't sure. I didn't think anyone would. The only person I thought that would have it was Derek. So I really didn't consider it honestly. I just didn't. didn't I forgot. Yeah. It. Hmm. Hell yeah. Uh. Oh. Moods. Okay, Moods. so, uh, yeah, man. Uh, next up here, number nine on my list, uh, directed by Jack Bender, who is responsible for doing probably my most favorite Child's Play film, man. At least the one I can watch the most. Three? Child's Play three. Pride of Chucky. That's my favorite new. Child's Play I 3. I love Child's Play 3. I always that is my Child's Play 3 kicks ass. That was I, my new favorite when we when we reviewed the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, my new I've, favorite. I think we were all surprised at how much we like loved it. <laughs> it's Chucky in his prime, man. He's the fucking best in that movie. Dude, he's so funny, he's so evil, but the sh- the, the the fucking, you know, the paintball scene is still one of the greatest things I've ever seen on in film. Chucky's it's just going to be a bro. It's just so fucking brutal, man. <laughs> <laughs> going to be a bro, yeah. Uh, yeah. 90s is the best. Jack Bender's The Midnight Hour. And I didn't realize this, but this is another Halloween-based film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This That's, is a TV movie. And it's a yeah. TV mo- movie. Uh, this was you know released by Anchor Bay, and this one's long, long out of print, man. Way it's really expensive. hard to find. It's expensive and shit. And I really fucking hope somebody like 
you know, vinegar syndrome. Somebody puts this shit out, man. I feel a scream factory for this one. Just somebody put this out, you know, in a good edition, man, because this movie needs more love. It's fantastic. Like I said, you know, it's a TV film, but it's just got that great Halloween atmosphere, man. It's, uh, it's just all around a blast. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, comedy in a sense you know it's definitely a comedy but you know it kind of even has that kind of michael jackson thriller thing going on and stuff but it's halloween at its best fantastic cast too kurtwood smith uh kevin mccarthy mm-hmm. dick mm-hmm. van patten tons of people pop up in this a uh, fucking and uh lavar burton <laughs> fucking uh bella fonte's <laughs> daughter just a tremendous cast and i think this movie is the number one movie that captures the halloween spirit really about man. coming I mean, back to life and trying to do that one thing that you couldn't do i love it Absolutely, yeah, I, I would. This is one I watched super early, like the second film I watched, second or third. Mm. I don't remember it for shit, except for I remember I really liked it. And for a while, it you know, because I, I rank them as I kind of watch them. For a while, I did have it there in my top ten, but it's just been so long that I, I couldn't justifiably put it anywhere close right now. Uh, yeah. But I will say that I do want to revisit it um, during the Halloween season, especially uh, because the movie oozes Halloween. Yeah, it's very similar yeah, it was... to Cemetery of Terror too, man. You know, they they unwillingly bring back you know this curse into this town and stuff, and but it, it has different elements. You know, like these like the witches are kind of like vampires and stuff, and it has like all these type of weird elements, and it has this kind of interesting kind of subplot with um, you know this girl that had died in the fifties, and she was brought back essentially pretty much to her role was to help them get through this you know this period and stuff and it's it's kind of cool man like how it develops and stuff but it really fun effects the great music in it really interesting choreographed dance kind of thriller moments and stuff and honestly man this one is just a fucking blast I, i'm really surprised that more people don't talk about this one maybe it's because they haven't seen it because it's kind of fallen into a little it, bit of obscurity it's definitely a little great it, it is a shame field. because halloween is one of those you know, those holiday horror films that's most celebrated, you know, obviously, but the midnight hour never seems to get brought up and, you know, it needs its, it needs its, uh, advancement. It needs its great uh, release and stuff, but everything about this movie is fantastic. Right from top to bottom, super entertaining, great characters. Actually, the, uh, the main character in this film actually was the dude from, uh, he played in, um, dead and night. He was the, the little boy, Bobby that dies in, um, oh. like, yeah. So, Oh, really? Yeah. It's got Wolfman Jack, too. Yeah. You're in the Midnight Owl, baby. Yeah. So the main character in this <laughs> film was was the little Bobby character that dies in that in that segment. I don't want to give that segment away and stuff. But, uh, oh, that's great. That's a great you know segment. But he's a little bit older in this one. And, you know, just Midnight Hour, man. You want to yeah. watch a Halloween horror film that's fun as fuck? This is your fucking ticket right here, man. Great film. Great film. Ooh, do you find it interesting? I find this interesting that you know how like the 50s and the 80s are kind of combined together. Like when the 80s came around, they they had a lot of callbacks to the 50s, like the science fiction like movies, like uh, Killer Clowns and the Blob and the Thing. The blob, and I absolutely. feel like it's really cool in the Midnight Hour that they have somebody coming back from the 50s to come in the, to live in the 80s. I feel like there's a connective tissue from the 50s and 80s in you their mentality of filmmaking. Yeah, absolutely. It's done on purpose. 100% yeah, that's for sure. Her, for that's sure. like that aspect of the movie Targets that JP really digs too. I that. love Targets. Targets yeah. is great. Yeah, oh, the, the Karloff film? The Karloff yeah. film? Yeah. yeah. They bring Karloff back and they add like, a, you know, because it's Bonavich's first movie. It has like that era of like cinema too and that aspect of new cinema mean old cinema in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain decades that I feel like are spiritual, like I guess like brother sisters decades, even if they're 30 years apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I always love yeah, these we, moments. We also where... have a lot of movies made in the eighties that are set in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's like a strange behavior. Actually, one one of my, you know, I I love these elements, you know, of like Halloween and, you know, having a Halloween party and stuff. And then these ghouls are showing up and everyone's like, oh, that's a great costume kind of thing. But there's a scene where they're having this house party and there's like this little midget ghoul. And and dude goes up and grabs this, you know, punch, you know, grabs a cup of punch and stuff. And he's looking over at this ghoul and the ghoul's kind of looking at the punch and he just kind of digs in with his head. No hands, nothing, starts drinking the punch. (laughs) Right? And I'm just that like, fucking awesome. I fucking His love that head part. Is huge. It is like this big, huge fucking midget. Oh, it's it's such a great the head's scene. Enormous. Man. It's so good, man. But you know, for a TV film, of course, it doesn't have the explicit nudity. It doesn't have the swearing. It doesn't have the hardcore gore. But when you watch this movie, the charm just overtakes the whole thing. You don't even care about that stuff, man. You you you're invested in the characters. You're invested in the story. You know this kind of this love story that's kind of developing it's not overly cheesing stuff it's done to a point where it doesn't go overboard with it and it kind of you know it resides itself too and i think it's just a great film i think it's really really just overlooked and um midnight hour man nine out of ten love this yeah movie. i regret i regret not rewatching it for this list because i watched that one early on too and i barely Same. remember it but i remember it, it was really good and i wanted to get back to but i just didn't have the time it was it one of my it was one of my list. few rewatches and you know i mean i'd seen a movie a bunch of times before and i actually rewatched it a couple years back uh actually i've watched on youtube a few times over the last few years and because i, I don't actually own a copy of it. i missed out on the anchor bay uh dvd and uh, vhs and stuff so it's the one thing from my anchor bay original collection that i'm fucking totally miss and i hate that shit but hopefully we'll see a good release of it in the future for everybody i'd like to yeah for real yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) honestly one of the best tv films in my opinion of all time what would you rate it yeah nine out of ten all right coming in for me at number nine with an eight out of ten we have tenement game of survival nice Oh, yeah. So I've talked about this movie before on the show, I think, a little while back, a couple of years ago. First time I watched this movie. This movie is just fucking... It's really, really well done. It's it's directed by Broad, so it has that... that <laughs> woman, Roberta Finley. Yes. So it has that, that, you know, a different kind of perspective on the... And this movie has way better character development than it has any right to have. Like it has really well written characters that you truly care for, and you really are sad when you see them die and have yeah. these absolutely horrible things done to them. And that's the thing: this movie's fucking brutal. There's just some absolutely horrible things that go on in this movie, but the characters are so, you know, f- more fleshed out than you would typically expect in this kind of these kind of movies that you really actually care for them. And and some of these characters are just fucking dirty ass bastards, and you really do want to see them die have you seen this movie jp you'd probably like it. it's a one setting kind of no movie. i didn't even hear anybody talk about this one. i didn't uh, watch this at all either i dig it a lot too like did anybody like, watch this yeah yeah, yeah of course yes. i did yeah oh, i've seen this one a couple times i love the tenement she actually she actually directed the oracle from this from 85 yeah. too do you guys watch the oracle at all I, oh, I, I watched that one. Yeah, I like the Oracle too, man. Tenements. I, I didn't. I 100. Is this labeled as horror this one a lot of times, or is this JP. kind of one of those borderline ones? It's horror. It's a, it's like a home invasion, but it's more like apartment complex home. Yeah, invasion. like it's, it's about. Saying, these... Is it listed on like ladder Super exploitative. Yeah, I talked about it earlier in the year with you. It makes sense because you know, um, Roberta Finley. She actually has a porno background. She directed a lot of porn. She yeah. Has porn. 
Yeah. She can't stand them. And then yeah, like, commentaries the, to these like, movies, she bad mouths horror movies yeah, like, the whole fucking time. She, it's funny she don't she, even like Night of the Living Dead. It's funny, well, she right? She also yeah. made Snuff. Like, she was one of the creators of Snuff, that movie. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a huge fan sure. of Tenement, to be honest. Yeah. I but like Tenement. Like Tenement? I like particularly. Yeah. I like Tenement, the Oracle. She did Blood Sisters. She did Lurkers, Prime Evil. Yeah, she, she, she also worked on Invasion of the Blood Farmers. Oh, I can I tell you why I didn't it. watch it. I just don't the, like it. The fucking cover looks like fucking ass. <laughs> it's got cigar face in it from uh Yeah, that's Oxygen what I was going to say. I've cigar actually liked it. fucking awesome in it. I've had the and DVD Paul for Calderon. years, man. I, Shriek Show put out the DVD years Yeah, and then years like ago. and then like a year or two later, or like a year or two ago, they put out a Blu-ray. And I got like, the Blu-ray. Which is random. I never upgraded because I was like, how is a Shriek Show Blu-ray going to look? Uh, it actually looks weird. pretty good. Does it? That's crazy. The, the fucking comment, the music in that movie, Tenement, it's a place to live. Tenement. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this shit? <laughs> is that great massive? Has, <laughs> and it has that you know 1980s New York kind of uh, shooting style to it, very gritty, like Helen Lauder and and William Lustig. It has that that gritty kind of New York shooting style to it that adds so, so much charm to it. Like I said, okay. it's go ahead, Dave. No, oh, sorry, you go ahead. I feel like it, it's kind of like one of those new age judged or dread slash kind of raid apartment siege type things that's going on in this te- in tenement, man. Mm-hmm. Shitty Death Wish three. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, it looks like a Death Wish ripoff. Well, Death Wish three is a little bit big. This one's kind of like setting you apart. Oh, this movie's dirt bit. cheap. This movie's dirt yeah. cheap. Yeah, it's just Death of- Wish. Nothing's as good as Death Wish three. That's ridiculously uh, awesome. Death Wish three is awesome. Yeah. But if you haven't checked out a Tenement, check it out. It's pretty good. Rating eight out of ten. Alrighty then. Nice. All right, back to me. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. yep. All right, so my number eight here is uh, apparently I should be like judged about having this on my list according to Dave, but it's Silver Bullet. Um, oh, I mean, <laughs> I figured a lot of people would, would laugh at me. <laughs> I was no, I was like, wait, I, I was surprised. Was I, I, I realized like in that moment, I was like, oh wait, is, am I going to be laughed at for having this? But no, it's uh, Silver Bullet. Um, I love this fucking movie, dude. Silver Bullet is awesome. Um, again, everything that we kind of said about it, the small town vibe, uh, there's, it's, it's one that honestly, cause I didn't grow up with this one. Actually, I didn't see this until I remember I was like 22. Um, it was out of print for a long time. And then Walmart or, uh, it, it, they re-released it and I got it at Walmart for like five bucks or something like that. Um, <clears throat> do you guys remember this being out of print? The original, like yeah, I had yeah, the DVD. DVD. Yeah. I had the original. Yeah. And then they like redid it with the like Stephen King one where all the covers are this like that orangish yeah. 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 look. Um but yeah, so uh I, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, I don't see what the big deal is about that. But it, it grew on me so much. Um I love the honestly, like I even like the way the werewolf looks. I know like some people don't and they say that that's one of the I grew to like it. It's just awkward when you first see it as like a young like is that a is that fucking Pooh Bear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There actually is no real werewolf movies this year. Howling 2 had fucking eight bears. Eight oh, bears. Howling 2. <laughs> Howling 2 has the greatest ending as ever, dude. Uh, I don't know. That's it's, true, too. It has the best credits ever, bro. It does have great, very good credits. Oh, wow. Titties. Wow. Oh, my God. I saw that in the theaters with 600 people. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> good thing you didn't see it with Pee Wee Herman. Nah. <laughs> Jeremy would be like, I'll join you. Yep. Let's um, do this. But, uh, you know, it, it, uh, Gary Busey is probably my favorite part of it because Ta-da. honestly, like, 
he reminds and I, I don't know how this will be taken but he reminds <laughs> me of my family <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But like, Gary Busey's not Mexican, though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? He's not no, Mexican. Like my, the white side of my family. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, like, my uncles and stuff like that. Like, I have uncles that are way worse than Gary Busey. Like, his mom's bitching about him coming around. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, Gary Busey, the <laughs> character. But he's like, piss <laughs> on the Indians, piss like, on the Cowboys or something. And I'm just like, this dude rocks. Like, I, I love would him totally love to be... Everybody like, needs a family be... member like that to keep everything he's stable. He's definitely the highlight of the movie, but the, for sure. But the thing that is so cool about him, yeah, he's a fuck-up, but he loves his nephew more than anybody else does. Yeah, yep. look at the fucking wheelchair yep. he built him, man. That's built from love. Dude, he's the one that cares that he has 4th of July. You know what I mean? Like nobody else cares. It's like it's unfortunate, but he like he cares that he's like you're gonna have your Fourth of July, buddy. Like parents are like those people it's that touch. They're even yeah. awkward around people that are like in wheelchairs and yeah, handicapped and stuff. That, yeah, that he has with his fucking uh, sister there, or, or Gary Busey with the sister. Uh, I treat Marty like a normal person. And he, like you know, even like after like the best friend dies in the movie. Yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. You know, he starts to, you know, because they had the argument about him drinking. He's about to take a sip of his flask, and he looks at Marty. He's like, "Yeah, I gotta stay strong for Marty during this scene." You know what I mean? You know, I like that aspect about uh-huh. his character, and and I like how they, you know, they do end up like normally the kids have to do it by themselves, but they have their they do you know in this movie they do rope in the uncle to help with this situation. And I like that aspect of it because normally, like, nobody believes the kids, which even Gary Busey doesn't at first, but eventually, like, he does. And it's not because, like, there's undeniable proof, but it's just that, like, you know, he eventually does, and I, I like that. Yeah, the, it's funny because he, he, the, the moment when he actually actually does believe is when he gets fucking thrown through the air by a fucking werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make anybody a believer, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... It, <laughs> It's it's a movie that honestly I just watched it the other night and like I fell in love with it even more. It, it's just I have the umbrella, but I, I'll probably even get the Scream Factory. Honestly, I have both. I passed on the Scream Factory because I have the umbrella too. Actually, and I was like, man, yeah, I was like, don't need. I it. just bought the umbrella and then the Scream Factory was done. I was like, fucking motherfucker. Yeah, just because I know that there's going to be good features on it. And there was it, good features on the Scream Factory. I watched a bunch of them. Is Wait, there really? You, no. I didn't think that got released yet. It's out. Oh, it's been out for a long time, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude. Damn it. But when he goes to get the silver bullet made, that's, like, one of the coolest parts ever. Because the old dude knows. Me too. The old dude knows, like, it's been a history that there's been werewolves before. He's like, so you want a silver bullet, eh? He's like, huh? The Lost Boys is a vampire. I did that A, I did that a for you. I don't say I, A. When do I, I ever I'm just say kidding, A I'm after kidding, I'm kidding. I've never heard you say it. I never even knew you. The only time I ever heard you sound Canadian is when you said out to lunch. What, what, is, what is so Canadian about out to lunch? Well, I, uh, the last podcast out? they it's did, they, Willie Pickton, Robert Pickton kept saying out to lunch. So oh. well, that it's would a make- kid, and they kept doing his voice and out to lunch. So <laughs> and he's Canadian. So like right when I heard you say it, I was like, "That's weird." Dude, that must you know be a crazy man. I Canadian lived. Face. I lived within fucking twenty minutes of Robert, where Picton's farm was, oh, at fuck. one point. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, fucked up. Um, but yeah. So uh, shoot, Silver Bullet Man, hell of a good time. Eight point five out of ten. Nice. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Um, Dave, you're up next. Continuing my basic bitch list of 1985, um, this was the only movie that I watched for the first time that made my top ten. Really? Did you? I couldn't believe it. Did you only watch it once? Yep, but it had a strong impact on me, and uh, I'm a. I, I've been watching tons and tons of Hammer movies lately. <laughs> Carly's I'm, like, thank you, I love them. I, I, I have excuse one. I am watching like that. I love Monster Mashes, and I'm not the biggest anime expert or anything like that. But you. this one, I have seen the sequel to this before. It is um, Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, wow. really? gotta be. Your list is blowing my shitter out. Nobody right listens. Now, Nobody listens. listens. Nobody listens. Devil to horns you're, up, you're, Dave. Dude, this movie, hell yeah! But uh, man, I'm this movie away. blew me away, and it also showed a pattern for 1985 for me. All these movies are fucking short not none of them ba- make two hours they're all like an hour 20 an hour 30 and that's why these movies are Have so easy to watch yeah i watched the actual short version for this so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so good the breeze through all these movies and vampire mm-hmm. d when i was done i was like this fucking music is amazing it's like a mixture of western and like 80s synth shit i was like this is mm-hmm. totally me and they had the monster fucking team and i'm obsessed with monster teams monster squad fucking wax work if you put a bunch of monsters in a movie i'm like i love this neon maniacs even though it's terrible i love it but um the fucking thing Isn't that Neon Mania is one of those movies that's like insanely disappointing because it should be so much better than it is. It's a remake. I would yeah. love to remake. Oh man, it's so. Dis- every time I watch it, I'm like, I- I'm gonna like it better this time, and I'm like, Fuck, I, love I, I love it. It's terrible, like it. but I love it. I mean, um, but. Uh, fucking how many times have you seen a golem in a movie never you never fuck even that movie the golem only did the golem like but <laughs> didn't even have the, the fucking there's actually a couple there's actually a couple golem movies True, but there's right. not many and it, especially in modern when fucking that golem pops out it's like golem i was like oh my god yes i thought that was fucking a cool thing Pokemon, say its own damn name yeah, it's weird. And then they have the little fucking troll that pops out. The monsters are cool. I love Sweet that the vampires need to. Dude, they, yeah, the movie is so cool and so fast-paced and just blew my fucking mind. I loved it. Um, the, the, did you say it blew your shitter out? It did. It, it's a mood staple. Blew my shitter out. <laughs> my devil <laughs> horns are up, Dave, right dude, now. Me, like, me and Moods' yeah. list is the complete opposite of what I thought I would. I thought me and Moods would have the same list, but me and Moods' <laughs> list is nothing alike. Um <laughs> The tomato meter, 75%, and the audience score, 78 The good review, Dan Casey, Nerdist. This is a pretty funny one line. This is the D that your body craves. This is the D that takes place in a post-nuclear <laughs> hellscape or vampires, <laughs> and all manner of things that go bump in the night reign supreme. This is the D that your body craves. That's amazing. The bad is by a guy named Ken Hankey, who disliked a lot of horror movies when I was looking through it. And it says, more tedious and ugly anime. Original score, one out of five. So What? I, ridiculous. He, he hated a lot of movies. But, How's the score, um, one out of five, when that's the best part? That's the, I did two reviews. That was the, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the good was Dan Casey, and this guy disliked it. It was Ken Hankey. Um, but I give it nine out of ten. I love it. First time watch. I like the, the good and bad review thing you're doing. Yeah. Well, I stole yeah. it from you, so. <laughs> sure did. And I, I, I help when I steal it, and I figured uh, I'll take some weight off JP and just do this. Oh, yeah, I would have never did it on here. So. You're still I'm making your list, so. You're still yeah. making your list by the time the show. I'm I'm here, like, pulling reviews. <laughs> wow. Nice. I took the day off work, though, so. Derek? Me too. Are you Derek? <laughs> what did you rate that one, Dave? I gave it a 9 out of 10. Fuck yeah. That's what I gave it yeah, on the, right, on the show, too. Already, I'm going to be honest. There's more diversity in these lists than I expected. So, 
<laughs> Good job. I had the most basic pitch list of all time. I think I got some weird ones, I guess. No, I don't know. I didn't think Vampire I think my list is the most basic bitch one of all time. Mine is. It gets worse from here. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking of that, Carly, you're up next. Thank you, Moods. Good segue. Um, so to uh, dick ride off of JP, um, I actually have Silver <laughs> Bullet at my number eight as well. Oh, yeah? I do. Um, yeah, this is one I also did not grow up with at all. Um, watched it for the first time probably like two years ago and uh, watched it a few times since, and it has grown on me. Um, you know, I like the aspect of the kid in the wheelchair and, uh, like you said, the just sort of crazy uncle who's, like, a bad influence, but at the same time, he, like, loves his nephew. I think it's great. Um, you know, the way he decks out his wheelchair is just awesome. Um, you know, it's just very touching. Um, I think there's, like, a part where the uncle kind of says, like, you know, you just kind of think, like, oh, your son is just a guy that you have to help put in the bathtub and on the toilet and stuff like that, but I see him as a real person. Um, I think that stuff is uh, really, really touching throughout the movie. Um, and, yeah, there's a few, you know, good m- moments in it, too. Uh, like, when the kid gets kind of stuck under the bridge and he's in a wheelchair and obviously he can't get up and run away, um, I think that is very tense and very oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this one. This is one I will continue to probably rewatch in the future, too, and it, it might even grow on me even more. But uh, for now, I give it an 8 out of is, 10. Is it weird every time I think of Silver Bullet, I just think of empty beer cans and pop cans and bottles and shit? Yes, very <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's the first thought that comes to mind. <clears throat> Good All stuff. right, cool, All right. dude. Good stuff. All right, my number 8, of course is uh probably like this might be the most controversial one on my list because is it a horror film we'll find out and that is return to oz from walt disney Jeez. <clears throat> yeah buddy good shit dude. uh i i gotta quote the gump Miyak. i'm just a head my name's the gump <laughs> this, is the, this is the visual effects of like the jimmy Henson effects in this movie are fucking amazing. I love all the aspects of like all the characters, like of the Jack and TikTok. I loved them as a kid when I grew up. I seen this early on as a kid. Used to watch this with my sister all the time as a kid. And I gotta say, uh, Nicole Williamson as the Gnome King, fucking amazing. I always loved him. He's Merlin to me from Excalibur. Uh, but he's fucking amazing as the Gnome King. I love his performance. Dorothy Gale? Kansas? And, you know, like the Wheelers. I, those, those things fucking terrified me as a kid. Is he the, is he the doctor, too? Yeah, he plays the doctor. That's the one of the aspects that they did take from, like, the original Wizard of Oz, where uh, they, you know, like, they had, like, certain characters playing dual roles. Yeah, yeah. And the other one was, like, the Mombi character, her railhead she was also like the head of the hospital that you know the Dorothy was at you yeah. know electric shock treatment and shit it was kind of an aspect of the movie I was like wait a minute when the first because I watched The Wizard of Oz like 4,000 mm-hmm. times and I'm like I was kind of confused on first time watch of this like years ago like wait a minute why are they giving Dorothy electric shock therapy and why is she so much younger and why is it like not like no munchkin singing or no musical numbers <laughs> And the reason for that is this is pretty much kind of the reason why this movie bombed when it first came out is 
they kind of went more direct with like L. Frank Bond's actual source material with this one. This actually takes from two of the original Oz novels in that scale, in that aspect. And, you know, I, th- I, 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 this movie grows on me every time I watch it and that I, I appreciate this movie a lot more as an adult and after reading L. Frank, because I read a lot of the shit growing up and, I just appreciate it a lot. It's a very visually well-made film in the aspect. And it's kind of sad that it didn't do well, but everyone had that mentality. Like it's not like the original fucking movie. It's, a, it's their own fault. They called it return to Oz. Well, it's a sequel. It has to have that. It, 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 it did it, bomb. It shouldn't it was, be. A, they shouldn't have marketed it as a sequel. That's the problem because no, it's not. But, but, but it the, is sequel. But the narrative is straight sequel. But the narrative is a straight sequel. I mean, she it, gets pulled it, back into not, Oz and I mean, has to yeah, but basically dude, rescue Oz. She's, she looks so much younger. It, there's just inconsistencies there that is a regular audit. Like even me, who knew a little bit about it, was like, "Yeah, this doesn't feel. This doesn't seem like a sequel at all." It's so many years later. It is though, weird. It's not going to feel the same. It's like fucking what? How many years later? But forty six. Like it bombed. Years. It was twenty eight million dollar budget, and it grossed eleven million. And everything, everything Derek said, I agree with. I think it's great. And it was the first I mean, time I think it's because I'm, word I like got it. out because this time Disney was only making wrong. dark movies. They were only making dark movies. Yeah. It just didn't appeal to a lot of people. This is actually the greatest Disney era, man. They they produced yeah. so many great dark movies at the time. You know, fuck it, you can name them off all day, but uh, yeah. this Something is one of them. This way comes. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Definitely, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the only the Disney era. Wizard like, of Oz is pretty dark too, and that yeah. was yeah. Oh, not this dark. Thirties, not this dark. No, no, no. But it's in the thirties. So, but if you scale back the dark what's considered dark I, i'd say it's around equal um but i i'm saying i'm not saying it's not good i'm not saying that it's not a cool movie and stuff i'm just saying that i don't i could see how oh, it yeah, bombed yeah. Based on the fact oh, that yeah it was i agree as the state you're getting the same type of thing but it should have been like this is kind of a different thing you know it's completely bonkers <laughs> too and and I love that Matt Clark and Sissy Spacek are her parents, which is a really yeah, odd couple. Yeah. Yeah. Matt love Clark is in so many westerns. Yeah, it needs yeah. a better Blu-ray than what it has, that's for sure. And TikTok's adorable. Love TikTok. I love TikTok. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. TikTok is the president. I fucking, that's the one thing I hate about Disney the Disney Movie Club Blu-rays is that they have no fucking features and they're all bare bones. You put the movie in and it starts. Yeah, they're the Twilight Tomes of the Disney. <laughs> yeah, they need some Dorothy, Dorothy makes one of the best points in the film too. She's like, you know, it would have been so much handier if they made you know made you where you could wind yourself up. Because <laughs> they yeah. put the shit on the back. It's like, yeah. why the fuck would they not do that? And the aspect of the control your thing. soldiers. The aspect yeah. I love about the Gnome King, every time they go in that room and then, you know, they become part of his ornaments, That's he, he becomes more fucking human as it goes on. And, and you know, you learn, he, 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 I didn't catch on to it at first when I was younger. But now I'm like, holy fuck, that's so cool. He's like absorbing the energy through. I think the coolest part, man, and, and it's so simple too. It's like a, an adult and a, like a kid's level and shit. The fact that the the ornaments that they need to find are the green ones, hence the Emerald City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. So but... that's actually really fucking smart. So yeah, and plus I love like all the original like creations that were taken from L. Frank Bond's original illustrations. It they they did a top notch job on like the way that the designs look of the actual characters. And fucking Feruza yeah, it's Bulk. definitely a rich Feruza Bulk. Yeah, that's cool, mm-hmm. man. It's, it's definitely a, yep. a rich world, you know. Mm. 
for sure. Wacky film. I give that a nine out of ten. Nine. All right. Moods. Right. Yep. Oh, is it me? Shit. All right. So coming in number eight is. Oh shit, man. Let me fucking bring this up. And I'm unprepared. Oh no! I actually, <laughs> actually, accidentally clicked out of. Oh, actually, I already had it up. But yeah, coming to number eight, man, is um, a film released by Troma. Yeah, buddy. And it is called Screenplay, uh, directed oh, wow. by Rufus Butler Cedar, who actually stars in this and literally does everything. Never made another movie which for is this movie. A he fucking shame. This, he directs it. He fucking sound edit. He edit. He did every known thing to this movie, man. It's crazy. Shot in black and white. It's basically about his character. Uh, he plays a character called Edgar Allen. He's a writer. He's moved to Hollywood, and you know he he wants to be a he wants to fucking write for the for the pictures and stuff and of course he starts writing this movie and stuff and and uh he moves into this very eccentric type apartment building where all these weird characters are and you meet these characters and shit and they start dying off as he's writing this movie very very clever film it's God, amazing it's a it it oh dude this it's movie wild. It reminds me of an Ed Wood movie but uh, like a really really good Ed Wood movie like if Ed Wood ever made a good movie this is what it would look like, and it like blends. I agree, it man. Blends it, and it blends it with like Tim Burton's style and his unique, yeah. really weird set design and weird characters. Very similar to. Uh, I feel Tim like Burton Tim ripped all back movie, to man. German Expressionism, uh, isn't it? I, I think love the war kind of together. Hundred percent German Expressionism. I feel like Burton fucking ripped the shit off too, man. Like th- this is very, honestly, odd that this dude only did this movie because well, he actually struck gold with this one. You know, the way he shot this, man, it's, it's shot very unique, man. It, it has some kind of screen work with it, too, and stuff. And I don't know, man, just to do it in black and white and stuff really adds to the kind of noir feel to it also. Uh, it, it has, a, like, this pre-kind of Melrose Place feel where you move into this apartment building with all these eccentric characters and shit. And I love the development. It's got funny, it's got, like, strange kind of odd, quirky, funny characters and stuff. And what's the girl's name in the film? Um... Uh, Holly, actually, which is yeah. another really Holly. clever point in the film. Her, na- her name being Holly kind of leads into the, the whole third act kind of thing and stuff, which is brilliant. She's super fucking hot, man. Every time I watch this yeah. movie, I just want to fucking just give it to her. She's super hot, man. But I love the way this movie develops. It's got a great pace to it, quirkiness, and it's straight Hollywood. This is exactly what you would think of some dude moving in from out of town to write these movies he's very naive to the fact he's never wrote for the movies before he finds this uh you know this agent or this agent kind of finds him and takes him up on his thing and stuff and then it kind of develops from there it's just it's an amazing film i think this is one of the best released trauma films that they ever did and it needs some love man honestly this one yeah. needs a vincent yep. blu-ray yeah. to really accentuate with features i would like to know a lot more about this film because i honestly don't really know a lot about it except yeah, for what i've seen well, we need to get on vinegar syndrome for that because they they can usually release the trauma stuff right exactly yeah. and i, I I would assume maybe they could probably get access to it and do a beautiful transfer for it and stuff. But even to get some new features from the director and just talk about this and you know the process and and why he didn't do anything else, like it's it's well, it's like a fucking mystery to me, man. It really the movie is. is. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. Like it's basically about being fucked over by Hollywood, and that's pretty much what happened to him while making this movie, which is really kind of <laughs> ironic. It is ironic. It so is ironic it's, because it's, as you're making something, you don't know you're going to get fucked over. But <laughs> he's talking about getting fucked over while he's getting fucked over. Or right? is it not? Not I, fucked over. Huh? 
Or is it not ironic? Yeah, it's weird. It, it really is. Barton it really Fink. is, man. It reminds me of Barton Fink. Think about it. It is Barton Fink. And, you know, it was, is, right? It is Barton Fink. And I was thinking the exact yeah. same thing because I actually brought up Barton Fink earlier in the show, too. Yeah, yeah that's a, it just triggered it when you said that. And I was like, oh, shit, the same fucking plot almost. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it's just I, – I, this one just – man, man. I love the way it's edited. The music's great. Like it just has so many awesome components to it that just – you know, you don't even realize, man. It runs a standard like ninety minutes kind of thing, but it just flies by. It flies by. You just want to watch mm-hmm. it again after you watch it. It's I've one of those type of movies for years and years. It's totally, really good movie. One hundred percent, man. Very I, intriguing film. I've talked about sure. this one for years, and no one's honestly never really got back to me on it, man. I've I've mentioned this one a bunch of times, and yeah, I dig the hell out of it. You know, like I love the black and white aesthetic of it, and. and it, I think this you know, movie this is, works the best in the black and white aspect of it too, because the way he did kind of the screen work and stuff, and I think it just, but it adds to that whole kind of old school noir kind of aspect to it and shit, and it just it works the best in black and white, man. It really does. Fuck yeah! Yeah. Who is the top ten uh, hidden gems list? Apparently, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got a hidden gems list. Man. I told, I knew, I when I started seeing some of the ratings he was given to these movies, I was like, "Yep, he's gonna have this the most unique out of all of us." <laughs> no doubt, this so, is very unique. So, screenplay yeah. in a nine out of ten. I think it's a film that everybody needs to check out, and I feel like no one has seen this movie. It's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. It's maybe, on Prime. Maybe I just that's found the it reason why this guy never. Prime. Maybe that's the reason why he only ever did one film. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> You never know. Yeah, yeah I never heard of this film before, and then I just found it randomly randomly on Prime one night, and I was like, "Wow, this is something." I thought it was pretty. Cool. It's one of those ones I watched early on though too, and I wish I would have rewatched it. But it was I really, wish really I would have rewatched it too. You know, same. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Number eight, we have probably will surprise you, A Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the best. Yeah. It is. It it it's. I'm not really? a franchise. Guy. You think it's the best too? No, I mean, well, fuck you. Part three is probably the best, but I think this movie doesn't get enough love. That it, I think it's gotten more love as years gone on. Of course, when it came out, people fucking hated it. I feel like as the time goes on, more people start to really appreciate what it was trying to do, and it's yep. pretty groundbreaking for the time what it was trying, especially in like a mainstream sense, the messages that it was giving off. It's just, I think, of course, that's why I enjoy it so much because typically with these franchise, well, it's pretty early on in the franchise, but with these, you know, studio slasher villain kind of movies, they really don't have as much substance as you expect. But of course, this one has a lot of, you know, commentary about sexuality and stuff like that. That's super interesting. And I think JP said, like, Freddy's super dark in this movie and... He's scary. The fucking opening scene in the school bus. It's like Jesus Christ. I terrifying. Absolutely so terrifying. The best. It's one right. of. The, it, it might be the best sequence in the whole franchise. Yeah. Like I like I think about like Hellraiser you three. Are my children now. With with Hellraiser three, like Pretty Pinhead. Good. Pinhead was like his best in that movie, and I feel like Freddy. What? what? In three? This in Hellraiser three. No, I don't agree with that. But that's outrageous. That's 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 Robert England. That's 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 his interpretation of Robert England in that one. (laughs) No, I I think I think that he's great in Freddy. I don't mean with the Freddy movie. I just think Hellraiser three is off base. Sorry. (laughs) 
Okay. Thanks. I love Hellraiser uh, three, but you have a Nightmare on Elm Street. No, no, no. I, I, I think Freddy's great in this movie. I just mean Hellraiser three. Are you sure that's Hell on Earth? That's the one. I remember. Like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I, I know what Let's talking. back it up. Though. He's like, are you sure? Hey, hey, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm with you. Know I, Hellraiser <laughs> I love Hellraiser three. It's just, it's just. You don't think Hellraiser three is is literally Doug Bradley portraying Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Yeah, but as he said, I thought he said that that was the best pinhead. He is. That's what he's saying. My yeah. mind's blown. My mind's blown right now. <laughs> I agree. It's my favorite sequel. It's my favorite Hellraiser movie. So I, I can't argue. But that, we'll say that topic when we get to that year or something. Let's, yeah. Okay. I'll stop talking. Nightmare on Elm Street Two is a film that I've always struggled with, struggled with uh, for years because I personally think it's a great film. I think it's a terrible sequel to the original film. And See, the, re- where- the, re- the reason why, okay, just let me explain. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with the idea of this movie. I think it's bad placement in the franchise. I think it's jumping the shark, man. Because once you've established these rules in part one, I think they should have they rolled it. Part three, part thing. three, part three is a great sequel to the original. And then you can kind of roll with it. I think the storyline in part two would have worked a lot better later on. Once you've already exhausted this whole dream bringing people into your dreams and killing them that way and stuff. Okay. Once it's not working after multiple sequels, take it to the reality, take it to the real world way later on. I think it's jumping the shark. This this is a scary. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. I'll answer that to you. So in the first film, it's about revenge. Freddie's getting revenge on the kids. They're all gone. Yeah. So in the second film, what do you do next? I want to come back to life. Boom. There it goes. Natural progression. It's only after you get, three four or five where it's him picking off kids again does it seem like it doesn't work but as an actual sequel where do you take the story next you don't take it in the same exact place that you went you take it to the natural progression which is i want to be alive again i want to be out of i want to disagree i disagree though man because they're on the street i mean the the narrative still revolves around the street and that's why he has a close connection that's why he's able to reach jesse because he's in the house See that that, that's where i that's where it falters for me man it's like you don't need to come out of here you can still pull the the dreamlike thing i I don't know. I think but, it's just, I've always thought it's jumping the shark. But you don't man think that Freddie would, you know, it, it, throw away three, four, five, six and, and think like, okay, his going one was to get revenge on the, the kids of the parents who killed him. So what's next? Okay. What, what, wouldn't it, you know, wouldn't it make sense to want to live and not be stuck in a dream world? Yeah, of course it does, but not that early. I think if you keep exploring the dream narrative of it and then eventually be like, fuck this, man, we got to go outside this stuff. And then to me, it just feels like but you're jumping less sense the shark. to do it then, right? No, retroactively. Like, well, he's, I don't he's think happy. so. See, in my opinion, in my opinion, I've always thought this too. I've never hated Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street 2 as a solo film. I love it. When I watch it all by itself, I'm like very entertained. Freddy's super scary. There's lots of great scenes. I like the gay shit in it. That sounded really fucking gay, but I like the gay shit in it. I like the gay shit but in it too. The fucking thing is, man, I have no problem with that type of shit, man. And I think the movie's super entertaining. It's very well done. The pool scene's fantastic. There's lots of great shit in here. But as a direct sequel to the original so, film, I think it's wait. jumping the goddamn shark. I think it happens too early in the franchise. So, okay, but let me let me just counter that real quick. So you're telling me if if we put two where six is. 
you think it wouldn't you have question like okay what he was why does he want to be out now well it he doesn't have to be as far as six it doesn't have to be i'm just saying part three would have been great maybe part maybe if you do one three and four and then you go fuck this okay well, the shit ain't one, working so we got three, i could see that I gotta, because he's finishing off the elm street I, three i gotta say the aspect of three because everyone says three is the best sequel is they have him possess his own human corpse in three, which are you okay with that also? But that's in a dream world, isn't it? Oh, later no, on, you're talking world. about the very no, ending. Yeah, the very ending. Yeah. the very ending with the skeleton and John Saxon. Yeah. Yeah, he kills yeah. John Saxon as a skeleton. He possesses his own bones. Are you okay with that in that aspect too? The science of Freddy Krueger is bullshit. It's always been bullshit, well, and it always will be bullshit. Of course, but that's a different element, though, too, man. It's not him coming straight into the... I mean, well, he he, also, in part two, the narrative is him trying to possess and come into the real world. I mean, it's a different... It's a totally different aspect. It's not just being brought back into the life at that one world point. world in part three, too, so are you okay with that? But it's also the end of the film. I'm talking about a whole narrative that is revolving around bringing himself into the real world. He's after not it's saying that he has thing. a problem plot-wise of him being able to go into the real world. He's saying that he doesn't like that they center the whole movie around that. Oh, I guess you. He's saying yeah. it came too early in the franchise. He would have liked it to come later. Yeah, and my problem retroactively, is, he's probably right. But back then, they didn't think about that kind of shit. Well, of they course, just rush, course, rush, rush. Of course, Dave, I understand that you. But like yeah. when you look at it from like this standpoint, I think it is jumping the shark a little bit. I think that you know if they had to just sat down and thought like maybe part three actually was part two and part four, and then maybe take into the into reality after the fact, I think it would have worked a lot better. I think part two would have been received a lot better because I think it's jarring for a lot of fans because when you watch part one and you establish these rules of this dream world and stuff, I think going into the real world right away is insane. I think you keep exploring that. You keep exploring the the dream world because it's a a very creative idea that needs to be explored a little bit more and I think that, you know... But they did explore it a little bit more. Well, I mean, in three, <laughs> the exactly. That's in this that's movie. my point. It's, that's it's why. Perfect, that's my point. Though. Part one, part three, part this four. Maybe go into part two after. I think it's just again. I hate using the term jumping the shark, but I think it is just no, a little I, bit. By premature. definition, it literally is jumping the shark. It's taking it's, what it's you know, very it's premature. doing something outlandish and different. It's like my sex life, it's very premature. So yeah, yeah. But <laughs> whose was this anyway? Jeremy's. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! I forgot who was. I'm sorry, but I just I rewatched. <laughs> I've rewatched Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and realized how much I absolutely love the film by itself. If I watch Nightmare on Elm Street 2 after part one, I am super hella motherfucking disappointed in that movie. I think and it, it sucks, works so well as a one and two thing. Because I 100% agree with you guys. I'm very passionate about this. Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite franchise. I absolutely love this franchise to death. And I, I agree that the opening scene in the in the bus, that dream sequence, is fucking amazing. It, it's absolutely amazing. And then the film shits as a sequel right after that. As a film by itself, it's amazing. As a sequel, I like it as a sequel. I don't like it. I, you have a problem going from one to two. I have a problem going from two to three. One to two, I'm completely fine because I think the story naturally progresses into two. It only is a problem once you introduce three. Yeah, uh, ignore one and two, two actually so, feel see, that's, good to me. see going into three. It's the I I've always kind of you know taken part two as this kind of bastard child film where you know it's like part one and then okay let's go to three 
you know it's yeah like, that, i do that too but so i yeah, um, I, I get it though man i mean when i remember watching back part three back and i was like what the fuck is going on like this even as a even as a young naive fucking kid i was like this should have been the movie right after part one I, like it I, made a lot more I sense mean, i me. felt that way as a kid too I feel like, like everybody I'm not, feels like that though yeah I, it, that is a very common feeling i agree that one and three feel so the same again that, going back to it like i don't part dislike two. part two at all i think the movie is really really good i think two gets better as, as the older you film. get it's a bad sequel i think you're right with that david and i think three gets worse the older you get i think three gets worse but that I movie was actually, a huge hit oh, two was a huge hit three million and it, it grossed 30 million that's a huge fucking hit so critically wise, it's like though. it's funny man because part i don't three, know about- part three like to me is just I love it, but I also love part four though too. A lot of people show so part I. four, and I, I think part four, four is amazing. Four is awesome, right? So whatever. Because it's so goofy. So it is what it is. It is what it is with the franchise. But uh, you know, yeah, everyone has their opinions on it, man. I think it's jumping the shark. I think it's a great. I film, think it's, but one, it's one, of just the, wrong one of the more controversial franchise movies. They all have. Thing. I just I feel like this one and like Halloween Resurrection is no, more no. that Halloween, well, the thing 3. About Halloween, Halloween 3, 3 because it's actually good. The thing Halloween about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Friday 5. Those are the bastard A lot of the controversial the films are usually kind of like there's, you know, they're either bad and they're good in that aspect or whatever. But Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is actually a good film. It's just, I think it's just the wrong placement in the franchise for it. Why don't you so. just watch it at the end then? Well, you can. I mean, if honestly, you could do it like a night. You could do it like a, a Texas Chainsaw thing, or you could do it like a Halloween thing. Watch part one, part two, and then part fucking H two O. You know, kind of. You can do those storylines if you want. It, it, honestly, if, if that's the way you want to watch and make it better for yourself, do it. I, I was still on Nightmare Two. I went pee. I'm not gonna lie. Just... I, I don't. I, I couldn't tell you how many times I have popped in part one, part three, and part four in sequence <coughs> and had that night and felt like it was yeah. the greatest. It's night the ever. Nancy trilogy. Yeah. Or you could exactly. do one, three, seven. I just watched yeah. part two by itself because it's the best. Or, or you can just watch it part two by itself. And if you if you think it's the best one, then then it's the best for yourself. And I don't. I feel like I don't disagree with who that aren't either. a fan. Of Nightmare, but, like part two, the best, and then like people who are a big fan of the franchise itself don't like part two. But I'm the oddball. You're, you're definitely right about that. People who don't like the Elm Street fan- franchise gravitate towards part two. Ironically mm-hmm. enough, it is true. But I like I, part I, five though too. So I, whatever. Ironically <laughs> enough, I, like I hate five. five. I hate five. Yeah, see, everyone hates five, but I used to hate it as a kid, and I grew to love that movie. Like it actually kind of makes sense where the narrative goes. Like having you know the whole whatever. But I like them all. I like them all. I just, I, I even like six. I just think that I like six. that's the terrible, one I, I like it. fucking hate with every ounce of passion I have. In I feel this that way about five. It took See, me like 20 times to finish five. Like I as hate, a kid, I watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street a hundred times and five. I barely ever finished. I can't stand it. Yeah. Part, it's not that much Freddy's dead is yeah, the fucking resurrection for me, man. It's horrible. I don't know <laughs> what horrible. it is about five, but two has the best score one of the best scores man not the best but christopher young score is really great no honestly part two is a great great film yeah it's a clue goliger man clue fucking goliger his favorite five movie oh my god oh my god i gotta say back to back with return of living dead in the same year come on i gotta say clue gallagher's fucking line though when hope lang's like What's wrong with our son? He's on fucking. He needs fucking methadone. <laughs> I know. I didn't even Did think that's what was around back then. <laughs> yeah. The clinic. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's fucking great. And the house is all hot and shit, and it's it's because the fucking oh, like the record dude. melting and shit. Like it's this a cool one has movie. great dream logic, dude. It's a it cool really movie. Does. Yeah, great I love sequences. Yeah. I love I love the uh, him like walking outside and seeing Freddy down in his basement and shit like that. That's dude, that is fucking scary. <laughs> this one is scary. This I is one the of the more scary girls. A dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Marshall dude, Bell. Marshall Bell's in this movie. Marshall Bell naked getting whipped with the fucking towels yeah. is fucking amazing. As <laughs> the S and M gym teacher. <laughs> so weird, dude. dude Such a weird. Always, Jack Shoulders. It's still crazy. I love me Jack out, Shoulders man. movies, man. Like a uh, Alone in the Dark. Of course, Jeremy was number one. The Hidden Baby. Yeah, it's the a hidden, good, It's a good the film. Hidden, Hidden's aka the better version of Jason Lives. <laughs> or but, or uh, Fallen. 100 other movies yeah fucking uh yeah i love the hidden to it it's fucking he, he has some interesting films and as you know he was also the editor on the burning he edited that that movie's not really edited too well honestly yeah you know he, that's the love, the, it. The, love it fuck yeah me and dave fist pump i think it's one of savini's worst works uh, the effects are great. It's just there's not a lot of effects. It's more character driven. That's the problem. I don't think that the effects are great. In the I burning? like them. It's not that they're not great. It's just not yeah. a lot of effects because it's no. And I am saying that they're not great. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, I that's like what them. I'm saying. <laughs> I, I like it. Nightmare probably, too. Yeah, they're not. I as believe fast, you, but they're not bad. Sorry, Jeremy. I think they're some of Tom Savini's worst work. I'm not even joking. Okay, what are we talking about here? The, uh, the, the, the raft scene, the, the famous raft scene that everybody uh, likes. I like it. I'm not I like lie. it too. I'm not going to lie. I, just, I used to be a massive Burning fan, but that movie is overrated as fuck. Thank I haven't you. watched yeah, it in a long time. That movie dropped out of my like, top five favorite 80s slashers to probably not even in my top 30. I'm not I'll take sleep. There's a lot of moments where there's just nothing going on in it, but like... It's it's it is, man. It, it just has that stigma, man, as being one of the best, and it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. You it's, know what, though? I'll agree with that. I think Glazer does a great job in the fucking, sh- awesome. sh- in fucking Shakedown, though. Shakedown's fucking... Oh, he's great in that, too? Yeah, Shakedown, Dave. This pump. He's also oh, in no. Spider-Man. He's an asshole in Spider-Man, too. He's there awesome. he is. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Jeremy, what did you rate Elm Street 2? <laughs> Jeremy, do you want to say anything else? Do you no. want to say anything else? We cut you off terribly. Everybody did. I'm okay. 8 out of 10. Well, he got, he got his... He got his... He I said got some my, shit. I said some huh? shit. You're the man, Jeremy. I'm like right. shocked that he even had a franchise film on his list, but that's cool, man. I respect yeah. that. Good shit. I knew he was going to have that shit. GP. All right, is it back to me? Okay, so number seven. Um, number seven, uh, this film's come a decent way with me. I've always liked it. I've always liked it. Um, the A proud member of the 22 Shots Hall uh, and its demons. Mm-hmm. Which, nice. by the way, I was listening to another podcast. I do I do research when we do these lists, and I try to find other podcasts who have done the same thing. Um, and they referred to this as Dario Argento's Demons. Well, they obviously I've, did do their research. Of course, exactly. Of course. And I was he like, produced oh. it. Dude, you know how many I sent people you guys I've a, seen? Uh, oh screenshot, God. and I was like, if you guys want to hear a super like new version of what we're going to do, listen to this. It was It was very funny. Who was that podcast so we can fart in their face? I don't want to hate on them publicly. I'm just kidding. I think he just a screenshot in one of the chats. The so. horror mafia? Do you, 
No, so they many lists I've no seen. No way. Man. Donna Nelly would never fuck up demons. I, or Bill. Or Bill. Or Bill. I remember looking up top 10 lists, you know, just curiosity, man, for, you know, Dario Gento top 10 oh, yeah, and shit. I, demons I is always on people's lists. When I was shit. like 12, I would think Dario Gento directed that. And then I was like. Dario Gento presents. Yeah, because you're like 12 years old. his own film. Like, fuck. It's like Eli Rock presents. It was the new. It's the, it was the first era yeah, of that. West Craven presented a bunch of shit. John Carpenter presented yeah, a bunch exactly, of shit. <laughs> you was, like, was the first one to present a bunch of shit. Was that? Yeah, Hitchcock yeah, was the yeah, yeah, show. Right now, yeah, he, it's Hitchcock literally presents. Hitchcock presents. <laughs> the 22 shots of know-it-all hey, right now. This is going to blow your mind. <laughs> Demons only cost $1.8 million. Dirt that, that, that doesn't they had a helicopter crash. <laughs> makes it more appreciated. Does that factor 1. in the... Uh, does that factor in the soundtrack royalties that they had to pay for? I don't know, but I because can't find a gross the soundtrack had to cost them a little bit to fucking put together because they used some pretty yeah. fucking, you know, I wouldn't say like mainstream, but known shit. That's Billy really Idol, baby. Yeah. I used to think that Demons 2 was the one I liked more, but I like Demons more now. Um, Not me. I think I like Part 2 better. No, nah, I mean, de- Demons, dude, there's some amazing shots in this film, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, it, it's it honestly amazing. Yeah, this is like I know that that like this era of Italian films is the era I like a little bit better than the seventies giallos. Mm. Um, I like the the super. You know there was horror films in the seventies, right? Like Bob acts. You know people did horror films in the 70s. yeah. Bava's giallos yeah. in the eighties are fucking awesome. Like wait, Blade what'd you say? Moods. I, I no, I said there was what? actually there horror films in the seventies that weren't giallos that were Italian made. Yeah, like Anthro. No, Anthropocrisy. Yeah, but I'm saying like the, the domination of of the giallo Italian film was more than you know the like films like this. Yeah, by the eighties we started getting at this later phase Italian stuff like the um, Dario Gentry produced stuff and like all like phenomenon and demons and stuff. They just started getting batshit supernatural crazy, and I think yeah. that kind of peaked right after Suspiria, you know, and uh-huh. got a zombie because, craze going on too. Well, because when yeah. Suspiria came out, man, I mean, that was changed everything. Much, that was the end of uh, Giallo's as it was, anyways. I mean, Giallo's yeah. were fading even a couple years before that. They were really fading. And then Dario's so. the only one who would do them afterwards, unless you get like stuff people, from this year. Like were following, Lambert, 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 they were following Lambert, suit Lambert. Argento's uh, feet, or you know, in his footsteps for sure, man. Oh, you know, yeah. because he was the Italian master at that. You know, a lot of people consider him that. You know, even Obal was definitely getting overlooked at that. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, had to do something yeah, else. I just, I just else. little crew that Don't you had on. there with Argento and Bava, and like they've just said, Suave. Suave. Uh, yeah, Suave. Um, wow. Who's in this film? Which did my favorite uh, '90s movie of all time, Cemetery Man. Great. I love, yes. I, I love that the bad guy from Opera is the fucking hero of this movie with his motorcycle and his samurai sword. Is that Urbano Barberini or some shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the movie within the movie is really awesome. Um, I kind of wish they made that movie too. JB, <laughs> Bobby, Rose, Bobby Rhodes. Can I ask you something? What's up? Where the hell is Rosemary? We watched. A, uh, get away from me! She's a friend of mine. <laughs> we, we watched this. Uh, it was me, Carly, and a couple My of friends. Is, what the fuck is Greta Greta's real name? It can't be Greta Greta. It's Greta Greta, uh, <laughs> dude. I, Greta, Greta. You know I'm, I'm very name? bummed that I didn't meet her. She was standing right next to us like the whole day, and we just we met her. her. She I've loves always sugar. wondered that. Like, I bet you Greta's last name is like. 
It's just something. Greta. It's like spaghetti or something. It's like chocolate. That. Like, exactly. I'm, ch- I'm changing it to the same as my first name. Yeah. Badass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's dude. I love the atmosphere. Of this one, the music, um, the the visuals, the gore. Uh, it's just balls to the wall fun. This is the perfect party movie. You, you know like what the, I mean? Do you like the score or the the actual soundtrack better? Both are fan. I know you're not a fan of like metal music. Like the soundtrack would no, be no, the, no. the metal music. It's funny the, enough, the score is amazing. It, the funny thing about metal is I don't like it as music like to listen to, but I do like it in <laughs> horror films, which everybody hates it in horror films. I'm the, so I'm the it, polar it, opposite. I love metal music, but I hate it in movies. The only time it works it. is in these latter-day Italian horror movies. It's the only time when metal works in horror movies. Yeah. Well, this type of music is also better. I mean, when you're watching like uh, some of this new fucking indie shit, and they just yeah, they just yeah. They make it, it up fit, and the Italian music, shit like, it fits. Oh, come on, man. Like, Adam yeah, but, yeah, but like, like, like the perfect thing about phenomena is when the fucking killer is killing people, and you hear Blade of the Ripper from fucking Iron works. Maiden. It works because it's good. It, it, they somehow and make it works. work, and they're the only ones that can do it. It's good in the Devil's Candy. Yeah, but that movie's yeah. based on metal, and so is like um, <laughs> it's actually based so on Deathgasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Deathgasm. Like, like, dude, if you imagine Deathgasm with death a fucking death jazz death soundtrack? Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just has like folk music playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The only time it blows Play nuts is like indie directors like, fucking... hey guys, my, my best friend made a fucking sound of a soundtrack for the movie. It has nothing pertaining to the movie for soundtracks at all. Instead of having like any score, I just have shitty metal that fucking blares for no reason. It's just like fucking, yeah, you know, it's just I trying to be metal and John Savage in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Eric> <laughs> <Rabin>. <laughs> That's a dead call out on a movie for sure. Yeah. The Demons is, uh, Dario Argento's demons. <laughs> oh, dude, it was funny. There, they said a few fucking head scratching things in there, um, but yeah. So, uh, demons, good, good, good fucking time. Um, it's demons two did not make my eighty six list, but I used to, I used to think I liked that one more. But after rewatching this, I watched it with Carly and a group of friends who all had so a lot still of hate fun. on Italian films at that time, man. Fucker. No, I never hated on Italian films, man. Come on, I, I never did. did. Uh, I, I, I love Italian movies, dude. That was the greatest show ever. When I gave it a ten, your fucking your vein and your head popped out. You're dude, like, we, what we had fuck? to stop the show for like three hours because you were so mad. You're like, no. <laughs> and even after that, it was like six hot. months later. You're like, I was looking through the Hall of Fame, and I I, I saw demons, and I was, it shouldn't be there. <laughs> it just <laughs> felt like it shouldn't be. From it, man. It just felt like it shouldn't be because there's so many other films I felt like should be. But yeah, but hey. they just hadn't been revealed I'm, I'm, to I'm, go in there. Demons to per- let you guys know, I'm 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 happy with it being in the Hall of Fame now. Oh, so. okay. I love Sometimes you now, JP. Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes I'm wrong. It takes everybody's wrong. He's Sometimes. my hetero life mate, but I still hate him. Yeah. Um. So demons, eight point five out of ten. Dope shit. My, my number seven. Okay. Okay, Dave. Dave. Oh, it's me. Let's, what am I, let's, let's get into your bitch made list or whatever the fuck you're saying. Because uh, your list ain't basic, that fucking basic, 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 bitch, basic, basic bitch list. Basic white. You gotta say basic white bitch though. Basic white bitch. I like bitch made. All right, that's fine. <laughs> bitch made list. All right, so um, this one right here actually was a huge hit. It came at a three million dollar budget, and it ended up making nineteen point five. Another movie that I don't think many people will have on their list, maybe one or two, but it is Steve Miner's house this movie was one that i grew up with at a very young age 
and I always loved it, and I hadn't watched it in years. When I rewatched it, I realized that this movie was kind of like another stepping stone to horror comedies. We have Ghostbusters in 84, I think. This one was another step and, you know, whatnot. And it also, with Return of the Living Dead and Fright Night, it came out this year. But I just really enjoy this movie. It does seem a little cheap at times, and it has a bunch of TV actors in it. But Richard Mole as Big Ben. It has Cat Williams. Cat, yeah, it has William Cat. <laughs> and it also has George <laughs> Went, who actually is the hugest is the best part of this fucking movie to be honest when he goes on this about how William Katz uh, 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 aunt and he's like terrible woman and he's like that's my aunt but heart of gold though and oh, Dude, her I aunt just is, is the best comedy beat scene, movie man. I love this movie and I Richard think Richard Mall is fucking big Ben fuck. yeah he's the best Richard Mall is the best part of this fucking movie too kill me Raj kill me and then he's uh, <laughs> yeah. the fucking Vietnam the shit Venus I like skeleton. it yeah it's I like fucking it, awesome man. It's goofy, but it also has an emotional uh, story to it. I love the special. Craig Duke's in this, too, as a cop. I still feel like this guy's fucked by the end of the movie. I feel like they're going to be like, where the fuck was your son at? (laughs) Like, we know you know, motherfucker. (laughs) I mean, I I enjoy it. I know it's not like I know. I don't think Moods cares for this movie in particular. I think I had to go off on it a bit. It's weird, man, because like Fright Night and House were two of the first horror films I ever like those these are like pretty much the two films I always credit to getting me into horror films and stuff and and I don't know over time man House is I always thought I loved it and you know the more I watch it wait wait you're being serious what huh Boots isn't a huge fan of this I knew dude I could have sworn he was because when we did 86 and I found out that House was actually 85 him and Brandon were pissed yeah that was before they rewatched it but upon rewatches and shit I'm just like man I've can realize I'm like not the hugest fan of the movie, so yeah. And you tell me you didn't, you tell me you didn't have the same conclusion with Fright Night. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like I, I um, figured, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. The tomato meter actually has 62 percent out of critics. It was actually uh, got reviewed fairly well, and the audience meter is 45 which is crazy. It's actually under um, the good review comes from Janet uh, Maslin, who is not always hot on horror movies. Uh, and it says scares are not in its strong suit, but it has a trim bright look and better performances than might be expected. And the bad is from Stacy Lynn Wilson. And she says, may a house fall on the director's sister. One out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much more to say about it. Like I said, the special effects are great and it kind of feels like they lead right into like stuff we'd see later on. And, you know, it's kind of the effects are really innovative, I think, for this one on a budget. And it's also a new world pictures as well. So what, yeah. one of the best scenes in the as well too. is when um, she drops his girlfriend drops down to get someone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she comes up and she's a fucking monster. That's awesome. And it's that fat creature that's running around. And the, yeah. they have some really cool creature designs in here. Like I said, they remind me of Ghostbusters, kind of like how they're like big and weird and yeah, scary, but better. goofy. Um, I don't know. I, it's kind of hard to compete with Ghostbusters, you know, but uh, I feel I like, like Sprite Night has similar effects. Um, I'm going to give House a nine out of ten. Wow. Uh, High rating, but I like it. Nice. Yeah. It's nostalgia too. A lot yeah. of nostalgia and a lot of mm-hmm. movies. I, I actually, well, really before we go move on, uh, I actually really dig Manfredini's score for House too. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of, good. It, it, you it, like House too as well? Uh, it's been years since I watched it. I, I I remember liking it. I love House too. I didn't care for that one too much. What about House it's Three? PG thirteen. I hate House Three, man. I can't Ryan stand James. that movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I do <laughs> like the fourth like that. one, that fucking ridiculous pizza scene. Come on. It's awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen that one in years either. Who's, uh... It's Carly McCarley. Carly. Yeah, all right. Uh, so my number seven, speaking of Fright Night, is Fright Night. Mm. Um... Yeah, I saw this one for the first time at a drive-in, actually. The one that JP and I go to every year now. And um, kind of saw it. Barely. It was really hard to pay attention that night. Because so. you were sucking his dick? Yeah. Um, ah! yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like choking the entire night. It was really rough. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I, the- <laughs> No, you mean you were hungry after. Come on. <laughs> Butter popcorn goes well. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, so, you know, that happened. It. It. <laughs> I, I might as well at this point. Oh, yeah, fuck it. It's funnier that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was so wrong. But, yeah, we also saw it in, the like, the regular theater, and um, I liked it even more. Um, but it, it's one of those ones that I didn't grow up with, again, which is kind of a theme with 85, oddly. Uh, a lot of these movies I didn't really grow up with, but I've grown to really like them over time. But um, I like it. I appreciate it. It's, you know, horror comedy in a way. And um, just I love uh, Chris Sarandon as the vampire dude, which is weird seeing him in that role because uh, I saw him in Child's Play. That was one I grew up with. And then mm-hmm. seeing him in this world's just completely different. But he's no Colin Farrell, but he's that oh, kind yeah, of your war nominated actor. Well, you so used to see him he's no in Colin 77 Farrell. The Sentinel. You know, you see him in that movie. What about Dog's Day Afternoon? He's yeah, yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. But the Sentinel is classic. Second gayest that's, movie that's of eighty five. Ten out of ten, right there. After Nightmare on Elm Street, second gayest movie of eighty five. Which one? <laughs> After Nightmare on Elm Street two, this is the second uh, most like homosexual movie of eighty five. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of. Yep, yeah, he's got a live-in male roommate, and a lot of the actors were actually. Gay. It, it's like kind of Stephen fun. Jeffries, it's, Roddy McDowell, Amanda Beers. But it's kind of funny Stephen because Jeffries, because a couple of the that. actors they were they weren't actually gay at the time the movie was even yeah. made. They weren't outed at the time. Yeah, yeah. Stephen I Jeffries mean, isn't gay. He just does it. For, he does it for the money because gay porn. There's he's a lot more money. Yeah, I've what? talked to him before. Yeah. Are you serious? Were you like, hey, dude, what about the gay <laughs> porn? I'm pretty no, sure I that you, didn't have, you don't know if he's gay or gay. No, that would be I rude think as the fuck. Only, I think the only major overtone, though, man, is, you know, fucking uh, just him having the male live in yeah. and stuff. I mean, it, it, to me, it, it comes off as a little bit more bisexual, though, really, because there yeah, is yeah. there is points Plus in the Amanda film where Beers he is, is gay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But she wasn't outed at that time, right? The, yeah. the aspect I always say about vampires is. Since they lived so long, why not fucking experiment? Wait, Amanda <laughs> Beers is a lesbian? Yeah, she's Well, out. I mean, at that point, I mean, that? with the whole no. AIDS thing, I mean, that was epidemic. Well, maybe in 85, maybe it wasn't so bad then, but, you know, whatever. Who cares? But, um, Do it she came out not too long after this, though. There's definitely oh, a big no metaphor in the um, thing seen with Chris Sarandon and Stephen Jeffries in the alleyway. That's a definitely a big metaphor there that he's like bullied and there's like a, a homosexual overtone yeah. there for sure. For sure. I just wonder why and he Tom says, you don't have to be afraid any anymore. Take my hand. Yeah, me I mean, either. vampires all are highly sexual. I always notice that in vampires. On that? Is there features on like why Tom Holland, like, I mean, I remember like in the uh, You're So Cool Brewster documentary and stuff, but did, did they go into that type of, you know, depth? I don't with know. The, with the whole section, I can't remember. I haven't I don't watched remember it in a while, either. but like, they I did just don't with remember the, uh, being uh, Billy Cole and uh, uh, Jerry Dandridge. They did with those two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. They did in the in the documentary. I remember that. I do remember. I think maybe they they reference even Nightmare on Elm Street too. That's is kind of similar to where there's some overtones or 
whatever, but I don't know. My favorite aspect of the film is the, like, rear window aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's, I like that too. Um, and, you know, I'm not a big, big fan influence of the on whole yeah. dance sequence where he's kind uh, of serenading, but at the same kills time. kills the movie. Kills the movie. It, it brings that movie to a screeching fucking halt. It's always been my number one problem with the movie. It's why I like the movie. It's not that long. It's only well, like five minutes. Like, and it feels creepy. like an eternity. Brad oh, Fidel's doesn't. music's excellent in that movie. It's creepy yeah. to me because Chris Sarandon looks way old. And then like Amanda Bierce actually looks like, I know she's older, but she looks like she's like 15. And it's just like that aspect too. It's He's supposed to be. He's disturbing. a vampire. So yeah. No, yeah, I, li- I like that though. Yeah. No, I like it, that it is Robin the Cra- Like, I mean, it is definitely a fucking... It's kind of a rapey thing, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Everybody's if, a kid when you're 200 years old. The best part about the dance sequences is one of the bike riders from Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is one of the fucking... Uh, Leon! Leon! Yeah, he's one of the fucking, you know, the security dudes. And he gets oh, his throat lie. slash. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just watching. You I'm know like, what? The sequel is actually all right, too. I love the sequel. Love it. I, I do like the, the sequel too. Recently. I like the fact that it actually has continuity and it plays it off has, the first one. It's a monster yeah. mash. It's got Brian Thompson, John yeah. Grise, or Grease. I yeah. love those two. Mm-hmm. And Julie yeah. Carmen. It's got a nice cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, origi- um, the, the originals are definitely far superior oh. to those shitty ass fucking remakes for sure. I, lo- I, I think budget. the remake's the best in the series. $9 million budget and the gross is $25 million. I wouldn't even watch the remake because the cast upset me so much. I've you don't like well, Colin Farrell is, is, is the either. biggest no, he's okay. I don't Imogen like, Poots? You don't like no, Imogen Poots? No, like the only, the only good part of the remake is when Chris Sarandon actually cameos in it. And I hate McLovin. Oh, I fucking hate those guys. I, Why? I've always expressed how much I hate Colin Farrell. Everybody was I've always hated him. I've hated him. He's super bad. He's, he's one try. He's, Nobody hated him. In dude, people bad. hate him. The I same reason why you hate fucking uh, the dude from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. The same reason, dude. I love that guy. The exact he's same a reason. Door. John Heater. I would have that guy's baby. JP hates I don't John hate Heater. John Heater. You hate I just hate Napoleon Dynamite. It's the same. But he, type of but he draws ligers, man. It's the parallel in contrast yeah, of characters. It's the same virtual bullshit, fist man. Pump. The reason why people hate over. that character is because night. of that same shit. So, but uh, it cost nine million and it grossed twenty five, so it was a pretty big hit. Fuck yeah! Yeah, um, right. yeah. Big. Yeah. What'd you rate it, Carly? Um, I give that one an eight out of ten as well. So, all right. <laughs> There you have it. Uh, all right, so it's my turn. And this is when I start. To, this is when I start to make fucking enemies because my number seven is actually my favorite film from this director, and that is Toby Hooper's Life Force. <laughs> I didn't. That's your it. favorite Hooper film. It's not his best not film. Poltergeist, not Texas Chainsaw. Jamie, I, he said I favorite, not lo- best. He said favorite. Not no, I, I know. That's what I'm, I'm saying. None I of those are your favorite. I love Life Force. Really? It, it's a mixture of two of my like favorite. Like, not ironic. It's two mixture of two of my favorite things. Quatermass movies and Planet of the Fucking Vampires. Good man, Derek. And mm. I fucking love that aspect of it. It has the Italian colors. And it's like a giant coked out version of a Quatermass movie. <laughs> I love it. It actually journey. is, man. When you put it that it way, it actually is. Yeah, bunch of British guys talking, but <laughs> yeah. it's also got nudity and eighty yeah. special it's got effects. Steve and Planet of the Vampires, some Baba shit there, man. That's amazing. And it has Steve yeah. Railsback, French Kiss, and Patrick Stewart, which makes it fucking awesome. Steve Railsback is still the best Manson ever, man. It's amazing. Uh, you know, like the Patrick he's, Stewart he's, movie yeah. from '85, and I, I can see why people wouldn't like it. You know, like on first time watch, I was like, okay, where are we gonna get going? Because you know, I was a kid then. 
I appreciate this movie way more every time I watch it and every time I grow older because I love my thinking man horror movies and this is one of them. I love the score. Harry Mancini's score. This is the guy who did the score for the fucking Pink Panther. The score is fucking epic. It's all cooked out. Yeah, it's it's just an epic sci-fi horror film. And movies like this don't get fucking made today. And if they are, they're usually filled with shitty fucking CGI. This is all fucking nice visuals and practical effects. It's fucking outstanding in that aspect. I fucking love Life Force. The thing with me with Life Force is like I like aspects of it. Like I like the space vampires. I like the opening when they're going into like the vampire den. It's fucking creepy. I love the hot chick with the super nice tits walking around naked the whole time. Um, I like that all the dead bodies in the end and stuff like that. It's just fucking so slow and boring at times, and it's and, and it's too all, long. Man. I um, don't agree at I all. I think it grows in its pace as long as. Like, I would have agreed with you if I was my 15-year-old self, but every time I rewatch it, I want more. I've I seen this shit like fucking four hours. I, I actually avoided going to a Toby Hooper marathon uh, at a drive-in <laughs> simply because this was playing first. I own fucking four copies <laughs> of on Blu-ray, and I watched all of them 15,000 times. I, I think it gets better on rewatches. I do. But it, it failed miserably. Most people agree with JP. It had a $25 million budget and only grossed $11 million, And it was one of the nails in the coffin for uh, Canon Films, unfortunately. But I do like it. I think it's huge and crazy. And there's some down moments. But man, this, it, this the is ending what I'll is say fantastic. For the people who also think that Hooper didn't do much in Poltergeist is you look at this film and visually it looks similar to Poltergeist. And it handles a lot of big special effects like Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah and, and plus, well, you learn from the Spielberg there. You know. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, well, Poltergeist you, is well, next you, year. Well, you can say that about any Spielberg produced film. Like, you think really The Goonies feels like a Richard Donner film? No, no. That's That was my other argument is like The Goonies feels Spielberg. Well, like, it feels more says, Donner than it does. It looks like Spielberg. I'm like, so does Super 8. I don't think it feels yeah. like 100% Spielberg, though. I think Donner has his fucking touch in there, for sure. You think, like, you, you could tell the difference between Gremlins and Gremlins 2. You can't argue that fact, Moods, because well, Spielberg didn't. 100%, 100%, too. 100%, yeah. But I hate yeah, Gremlins. But, like you know, but I can't stand exactly Gremlins 2. I think Gremlins 2 is shit. I'm not even a huge fan of Gremlins. I actually it's prefer it to I Gremlins do too. Yeah, I see, do I'm too not a big fan of Gremlins either, so... You know, I, I think I've Derek have some mental deficiencies <laughs> for Gremlins two over one two. Yeah, really? That's yeah. What yeah. I love what it. More crazy maybe, shit. Maybe one, one of these days I'll come around on it because I'm not a big fan of Gremlins, so I don't know. But yeah, I think it's over fucking rated as hell. I love little creatures. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for little creatures, dude. Um, I love little creatures. What, what do you do, do? You still did you find a new appreciation for Life Force on these rewatches? Uh, absolutely not. No. He <laughs> <laughs> said absolutely not. Well, you actually did it because you did rate it a six at one point. And you did give it a seven point five. Dude, I yeah, gave it a seven. So maybe I it's a little it bit, but like I still don't love the movie. Honestly, dude, it's it's just it drags for me. Like I like the premise of it. I really do like the premise. I just think it's not Dave, executed. I'm the same way. On paper, it seems so good. <laughs> I mean, really, how can you go wrong with a fucking naked fucking woman walking around? This was supposed to play in 70 millimeter before fucking coronavirus happened. I was pissed off. I was going to go see that shit. Wow, they have that in 70 millimeter? Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep. Those titties must look really good. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that girl? She's super smoking. Matilda May. Super smoking hot, man. She's a French supermodel. I mean, honestly, I would just <laughs> rather watch some Bava films, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, but, but if you haven't seen the Quater, did you watch the Quatermass films movies when yes. you got them in? Yes, I have actually, yeah. yeah. So you, you do get that aspect where I think when you... We, like, the, I can see why... Because Dan O'Bannon... Carpenter actually went to school together. They were roommates, if you didn't know this. Wow. So they actually seen a lot of the same movies together, which, you know, Carpenter is a huge fan of the Crater Mass movies, and that's what that's he what made his version with. Yeah, Prince of Darkness, and this exactly. is Dan O'Bannon's version of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, the, mean, but, but the irony is, is that I would rather just go back and watch the Crater Mass films than, you know. Yeah, I think I would, from everything I know about. Quater mass or quarter mass or whatever that fucking quater. Um, I hear. See, I hear. I hear English people say qu- quarter sometimes. But if quater. you look at the spelling, it's quater. <laughs> it's, no, they say quater in the movies. Yeah, okay, it's I believe you. The guy's last name. <laughs> it's quater mass. Um, but I think I would like those. I think. I think you might too, man. They're actually good films. I think after you see those, especially like Quater Mass and the Pit and Quater Mass Two. And even Quatermass 1, which, you know, even Carpenter stole elements for the thing. If yeah. you look at the thing, like the creature in Quatermass Experiment looks exactly like the thing in some aspects. And I was mind blown when I watched that for the first time. And I even said that in my 31 Days of Horror review. Those films are revolutionary for, like, 80s horror films in general. But I'll lay the nail in the coffin. Do I think it's a 10 out of 10 like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Hell no. But I still fucking love it. Nine out of ten for Life Force. Nine out of ten. Hooper getting some love. Love for uh, Love Force. Fuck. Love Force. Life, Life Force actually has a fucking huge fan base, but hey, but it also has so a lot of fucking fan base that doesn't like it too. So, is that a fan base? No. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? Life Force, Love Force, and Laugh Force. Yep, exactly. A bunch of L's there. So, sure. who's next? I'm next. Uh. Returning to the year of 19... Oh, fuck, stop it. Uh, <laughs> directed by Walter Merch. It's actually the only film that he directed. I know he I did know an episode of Star, Star Wars. Uh, clones or whatever. Um, and that is Return to Oz. Uh, oh, people are going to yell at me? They're not going to yell. Okay. I know Fist we've already like it. Pump movie. No, I think everybody likes that movie. But I just, I, I kind of figured it was like, really? Is, is it horror? Is it horror? And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know enough. if it's, I don't know if it's, this I wouldn't is, consider this it is, traditional horror, but like children's horror, I could kind of see it. Nightmare fuel. Absolutely, man. I mean, this movie is, you know, like I said, you know, Disney at the time was going through a really dark period, man. They were putting out tons of dark ass films and shit. And this is probably the best one, in my opinion. But I love this sequel, man. I love the fact that they took this to a, a dark area. And just and just fucking rolled with it, man. Like, there's so many creepy ass characters in here. I mean, like, let's face it, man. Princess Mumby has replaceable heads. Is that like you? You you just couldn't fucking make this shit anymore. There's no fucking way you can make a kids movie where you know the villain has replaceable heads, literally heads that are in showcases, and she can replace her head anytime she wants. That's insane to me. But I love the premise, man, that they've they've taken over Emerald City and, you know, everything's all gone to shit and stuff. You got these creepy ass wheelers and stuff and and you know, you know, Dorothy gets kind of brought back to to Oz basically to kind of save it, you know. And 
I love the characters, man. I love Jack. It, it's it's like this kind of ridiculous, like he's he's so wimpy, but he's fun. I don't know. I Are you him. my mom? Yeah, right. He's like the wimpiest character, but you love him at the same time. It's kind of crazy. But, yeah. Um, I but love like the, the gnome king's fucking pissed off for him when he just becomes giant demon gnome king, and he just. I'm going to eat you all. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's just so dark, though, man. They've, like, taken over Emerald City. They've turned people into, you know, ornaments stuff. and, you know, and fucking, you know, into rock and stuff. And, and the way they got to get them back. And it's very – it's it's cool because, you you know, the the green ornaments are representative of Emerald City and shit. I, there's so many cool things about this film, man. I love the effects in it. Um, the narrative is just fantastic. It, it, the pacing's is phenomenal in the, in the movie, man. And to be honest – Fruza Balk, as a kid, first film, does a fantastic job, man. She's actually believable in that Dorothy character. Love it. I love the fact yeah. that they even brought back the uh, the Ruby Shoes, too. You know, because yeah, yeah they had to actually they actually had to go to MGM to get permission to use those. Exactly. That's, exactly. So owned, that's an MGM thing, because those weren't actually in the original stories. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I love the <laughs> fact that they put those in the in this film too, and I think that's fantastic. And they really fucking bling out too. <laughs> but yeah, I love that the Gnome King was a cross dresser too. He's just wearing ruby slippers. He's like my ruby slippers right? now. Right. <laughs> this movie is, in my opinion, is not a kids movie. I mean, kids can watch this movie because it's definitely it doesn't have that you know it doesn't have nudity. As I'm swearing, it doesn't have all that type of shit. But this is a scary ass movie. Like even watching it last late last night again, you know, rewatching, I'm just like, man, I love this shit. It's it's scary to me, man. Love it. Um, are you ready? Nine out of ten. Nine and a half out of ten. Yeah. Nine and a half out of ten. I think it's almost a perfect film, man. I mean, the only thing that actually kind of cracks me up about this movie is that the scarecrow looks a little bit weird. Yeah, they actually said that in like some of the trivia. Like they want at first they wanted his mouth to move. It, it's just weird because it doesn't. It's like they did. They couldn't get like a better design for the mouth at the. It was kind of rushed in that aspect. You know, and and also I wish they had of, you know, kind of explored the the deadly desert a little bit more. I wanted to see more wheelers actually wheel into you know the sand and like turn into sand and die and shit like that because that's like really fucking it's extreme man like as a kid like i remember watching this as a young kid and being like what the fuck man how did that happen you know what, right? you know what like, i want right now is one of those lunch pail trees because i'm fucking starving <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah. me too right <laughs> right I, I i just think this movie from top to bottom man is just a fucking ride man it's crazy because when you think about it like dorothy you know, she returns from Oz and she keeps telling her mom and shit like that. Like she's, you know, she's obviously obsessed with this world and stuff. And they think she's insane. So what do they do? Because it's not the time. Electric shock treatment, man. Like what the fuck? Right? It's crazy. You could argue she's crazy the whole movie and they're just zapping her brain. And she's exactly. All that. You could argue the fact that this whole thing is just all in her mind and whatever. But like, I mean, I mean, you can go either way. It doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't matter if she's crazy or not. It's still... A, f- a great idea inside if it's reality or if it's you know in her mind kind of yeah. thing so it doesn't matter to me so what you have that i think that's Derek? why it works so, so well talking chickens are you kidding me Alina. i forgot talking about the talking chick- chicken the talking chicken the and tiktok the is fucking numb king i love it and like i said before man i think it's the funniest point where <laughs> fucking where dorothy even says to tiktok she's like i wish i had built you with the you know the wind up on where you could do it yourself kind of thing and i'm like Great point. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Why would they build on the back room? He can't wind himself up, but love it, man. 
yeah return to Oz. If you don't call it horror, whatever. I don't give a fuck. It's my number seven. Nine, nine and a half out of ten. Hey, it was on my fucking list. Moods, fist, virtual fist pump, brother. Nicole yep. Williamson as the Gnome King for fucking life. Exactly. And you know, you know the weirdest thing about the Gnome King too, man, is how much he changes. <laughs> when you when you see him like between him being the rock and like you know just different aspects and no, different that's scenes. what i like about it too because you know like like every time they go like another one becomes a part of his collection he gets more human yeah yeah for sure exactly i love that aspect that they kind of yeah cool man but they're clever with the the emerald and the green and stuff so that's my Rating. number seven nine and a half out of ten man it's a great fucking movie nine and a half out of ten all right Jeremy, is it? Number seven. With an eight out of ten, we have Return to Oz. Oh, Fuck yeah! Jeez. Hence why Jeremy that's... didn't say a fucking thing the whole time. <laughs> I mean, shit. what else Good more shit. what else more can I say? Dave knows, because I've given him some weird ass TV kid movies in the past yeah. on Patreon. I love weird ass fucking kids' movies that are just insane. Did you watch Peanut Butter Solution? No. But like I mean that. like but I mean, like, really, like, bright, colorful, weird-ass fucking movies. And, uh, that might have been this number one. one if you had seen that one. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this one fits the bill. I mean, it's just weird and crazy, and I love the production design in this movie. It's fucking fantastic. All the characters and their, and their puppetry and everything along those lines are just absolutely amazing. Isn't it totally. like when Dorothy gets the, when she gets Emerald City and like the yellow brick, or when she's not gets her Emerald City, but when she's, when she first sees the yellow brick road, doesn't that shit just like kind of hit you fucking hard? You're like, it's all yeah, fucked up all and broken decrepit. and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that scene, man. I love that. And she's running down. She's like, Oh my God, this, the road's all fucked up. And you're like, Oh my God. I love it. It's great. Great. Scene. Yeah. It, it, it totally makes sense why the movie bond. I mean, it's just, it's clearly, totally not in the realm of the original film but like i said i just i really really enjoy this movie it's really fucking good and as i said it sucks it only has a pretty bare bones blu-ray release that's hard to get unless you pay for it really uh because i think this movie has an exclusive to yeah 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 i feel like more this is a film that has gained more appreciation as the years has gone on i think a lot of people really like this movie now i've heard a bunch of people really talk about it and uh i really like it so i gave it an eight out of ten nice cool back to me i didn't expect this to make everyone's list me neither actually um all right so my number six here uh is another italian film it is actually Dario Argento's this time um, <laughs> it is uh, Phenomena so uh, Phenomena. yeah man this, this movie is definitely one of my favorite Argento films and I think that one of the reasons that I like it so much is how just bizarre the story is like how weird it is it's a supernatural telekinetic insect thing with a dwarf boy like it's, it's just original it's just out there, you know, and uh, I really like. And then you got the monkey and Donald Pleasance and Jennifer Connelly. Uh, it's just, it's just v- very unique, uh, especially when you look at you know Argento's filmography up until this point. It's something completely different. This film actually, I was this not completely um, shot 
Where was it? Was this shot in America? Switzerland. Switzerland. No, it was shot. I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Switzerland. It's Switzerland. Right? Yeah. Swiss, Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. Same place they shot fucking opera. The oh, what it was opera. is, it um, was this made for an America? This was made for um, th- like he made this movie for America first, right? There was something that I heard. Yeah, it's, it's special made coincide with demons. It, it was like. It the was two Americanized fucking yeah. 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 Well, it was made um, at the same time as Demons, right? So they were they were specifically trying to target the American audience, hence the soundtracks and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Best used to win of all time. I love the way they used oh, to win in this. I, I, yes. I mean, if you notice oh, Demons and Phenomena share soundtracks very. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. close, right? Pretty close. Yeah. Oh, I lo- I love the opening the soundtrack to Phenomena with that. You know who did that, right? That's Bill Wyman from the Rolling Stones. Is it? Oh, is it really? Yeah, he did the score, yeah, the opening music. Yeah, she gets left by the bus. That's awesome. Yeah, and and she, you know, wanders to the house, and and that that whole opening scene is pretty brutal and cool. The slow motion with the glass and stuff like that. Uh, There's three, there's technically four versions of this film, but um, I finally watched the american version creepers uh and it's kind of interesting like each of the version like each of the versions kind of have something cool uh something good and and something not good um i think the uh this the middle version the one that's cut down a little bit is the is the better of the three versions because if you actually know what's cut out of that film it's it actually makes sense like it's it's stuff that just goes on a little bit too long um they cut minutes out of the film just by and and the scenes play exactly the same for the most part um the american version is completely different um the core is all butchered it's not all butchered there is some there's some you know trimmings with the gore the finger in the cuffs which is real nasty. the finger in the cuffs lasts a little bit longer but honestly like you could still get the i think the the scene i noticed the most is the the beginning murder it feels a little bit cut and rushed because that i think that that's the scene that they fuck up with the most in the american version is that scene plays completely different it feels like an american slasher film because it's so much faster paced the uh, or the original Argento cut, the director's cut, she wanders around and you get the time to let the wind and, and the vibe like really present itself. And in the American version, it's just straight to the house. It's it's what I noticed the most different uh, out of the whole film. And I think it's the biggest mistake of and, and that's kind of the the thing with the American version is it's sort of this faster paced version of this. It doesn't take its time to uh, and it really kind of puts in perspective the general differences in American films versus yep. Italian films. Is Italian films take their time? American films rush, 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 rush because Americans' attention spans are so awful and seem worse nowadays. But um, overall, I, it, it's just a great, like, interesting movie. Uh, it's it's creepy. Um, uh, the 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 body pit is disgusting. The oh. insects are, are gross and. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, oh, in the end, when that dude's fucking head gets cut off at the end, I lose it. Friday Thirteenth style, right in the right by the lake and everything, just like Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, uh huh. Uh, and then the f- Lake of Fire. It's just it's a it's a really cool movie, man. And I, I really like Jennifer Connelly too. Um, Donald Pleasance is always a plus. Um, yeah, eight and a half out of ten. 
$3.8 million. Don't have a gross for it, but it costs 3.8. Wow. Cool. I can't believe there's no stats on that. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I was looking. I couldn't really find it because a lot of those movies that are foreign, it's hard to find. I might have been directly released to VHS, too. If you look at Creepers, maybe if you looked at it under the, the stats under ah, Creepers, Creepers, you would have found yeah, it. I probably should have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it did well, though, here. All right, probably Dave, not. hit us oh, up with I, your next it fucking... It probably did uh, good on VHS, though. Yeah, probably did. But uh, my next one at number six, um, we talked a little bit about it already, so I'm not going to go too much into it. Um, it is uh, Tom Holland's Fright Night. Um, again, was a childhood favorite. Uh, rewatching it, I, I thought it was going to go a little higher because I had watched this one a little bit back, maybe a year ago or two years ago. So I was like, eh, I, I loved it then. And, 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 you know, it fell down the list, and I was kind of debating with myself where it should fall. So it fell down just a little bit. Um, it has a 91% on the tomato meter, which is huge, 70, 77% on the uh, audience score. And Jeez. the good review is by um, Roger Ebert. Fright Night is not a distinguished movie, but it has a lot of fun being undistinguished. And the negative is Janet Maslin. Its tone is never exactly comedic, and its horrific touches are more disgusting than scary. So. See, that, it's another one of those fuckers who like uh, rate a film bad based on if, if it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. That is all personal preference, that's right? That's not it's like, fairly critically. No, it's bullshit. Based. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, but she has a review later coming on, which is probably one of the most uh, disgusting movies, of '85, where she enjoys it. So it's definitely not um, that. She so just didn't care for Fright Night necessarily. So bitch. she's retarded. <laughs> yeah. Well, not necessarily. I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I really like Fright Night, like Ooh. I said, but. It's definitely like the most approachable movie for 85 for non-horror fans. Like everybody's seen Fright Night. Everybody knows what Fright Night is. And almost everybody loves Fright Night, to be honest. So like I said, I'll just add in that the score is fantastic and it has a, you know, lots of fog and there's lots of good camera work in this one. This one's probably one of the more professionally shot movies of 85, I would say. So it's Tom Holland, man. I mean, I, I old. I met him like two years ago and I was like, God damn. This motherfucker is so The old, documentary, bro. man, You're So Cool Producer, yeah. man, really gives a lot of great insight to this film, movie, man. Oh, it makes Rodney you appreciate, fantastic. It makes you yeah. appreciate it a lot more, man. It, it, it really it is does, well does, done. Yeah. His vision was, you know, it really shows on the screen and stuff, man. Yeah, uh, You're Cool Brewster, definitely, You're So Cool Brewster. What is it fucking? You're Cool you're, Brewster. You're, you're cool so Brewster. cool Brewster. You're so cool Brewster. <laughs> that was a pretty awesome, good Evil Ed there, Carly. <laughs> oh, thanks. Carly would have been a better Evil Ed than fucking fuck <laughs> yeah no you would have pulled off a better evil ed than mclovin i agree with that um Thank you. but yeah that movie actually that documentary actually did make me appreciate fright night more no the so one I, thing I else that. like um ronnie mcdowell's fantastic in that kind of playing on like christopher lee and vincent price and peter cushing that whole yeah. deal where he's that old That's actor and he has to actually face his actual fears uh, you know what i mean and and there's a lot of people character yeah. development and arcs that the characters get which is oh there's a lot of commentary in there it's i love cool. the line Charlie brewster's to- a fucking moron to think that this guy's gonna know about vampires for real yeah, he is very dumb. And funny thing is, he loves horror movies. Yeah, but yet that's he goes he to Evil it's, Ed it's and asks about for him, it. Man. Dude, yeah, but that's like the thing with the Frog Brothers too. You gotta, re- the comic you gotta realize the he's Wars. fucking scared. He's fucking scared, and all he knows is this. You know, this uh, TV character. He's well, like, he might he's also actually naive. know about this shit. It's, yeah, but he's like, 
he's like 17. He's not he's like naive. Yeah, but he's dude, a naive but dude, if you're yeah. in that situation, it's like, dude, like who yeah, the fuck else is going to know make... about this? This is yeah, the only he... thing you know that might know about this shit. He right? went to the so... police first. Dude, you have to have a, a concept of like TV. Well, well, <laughs> like, well, like, well, like, well yeah, to be fair, come JP, on, man. If you're in that situation, for the Lost Boys with the Frog Brothers. They went to them because they're like, we know everything from fucking comic books. Yeah, but you know? they said they knew that. Like that, that was, that's a little bit different. A little bit different. No, it isn't. It's yes, it is. He's playing well, a TV. I don't think it's different dude. at all. I don't think these it's different people are real people in life. That, that that's who they are. He's on TV playing a character. Like, would you go to Elvira for advice on like witches or something? Like, why not? Man? <laughs> she's that character. She might know. She's Cassandra Peterson. To, they call Medusa right away in Terravision. <laughs> <laughs> she's no, Cassandra the, Peterson, dude. The thing about she has Friday. red hair. <laughs> the thing is, it is off a little bit because you're supposed to expect Charlie Brewster loves horror movies. He watches that every day. But then he goes to uh, Stephen Jeffries for advice about vampires. He should already know. But I feel like Stephen Jeffries' character is more into the cult stuff because they mentioned that with um, um, Jerry Dandridge later. He says that, you know, maybe we should hang out because we're you're more into a cult stuff and stuff like that. So And also Charlie Brewster also used all everything he had. He went to Stephen Jeffries. He, he called the police. He doesn't have any other choice. Yeah. So his name was Evil. Of course, he was into that shit, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That was his yeah. nickname. He actually hated the name Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a actually pretty cool aspect of the uh, film. And the yeah. I feel like yeah, I would like the name Evil. If... Yeah. Nah, he <laughs> feels out of place already. He doesn't like it. I, the well, other because he already knew he was outcasted. He didn't want yeah, that he stigma like on him. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I like about Chris Sarandon's performance in this, he actually studied fruit bass. That's why you always see me eating fucking fruit. Yeah, that's movie. that's a great point. Yeah, I love that. I always thought that reports. the whole fruit thing was because he was gay. No, he, no, he studied. He actually studied. He was eating fruit because he was a. Why fruit. didn't he study vampire bats? <laughs> I mean, for could, real though, man. Like, yeah, because well, vampires vampire bats already characteristic. You know? <laughs> well, I have no yeah. problem with. It. I love Fred. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I just I always like thought the, it was I kind like of the fruit. I think intriguing. It's he was eating fruit all the time when he was actually a fruit. But whatever, it is what it is. So. Well, <laughs> you say that about any vampire, really. If you look at like the hunger and like, you know, like a uh, you know interview the vampire, they they have a lot of homoerotic themes within those movies too. Oh, you got to remember, vampirism has always been about. It, Dude, it's always been homoerotic, man. It's always been homoerotic. It's kind of strange. It appeals to like, you know, hardcore straight guys and shit that are you know you know hardcore with their sexuality and shit like that. It's like. But, like, vampirism has always kind of been like that. And people always have a yeah. problem with, like, the Lost Boys. They're like, oh, those are, like, the gayest fucking, you know, vampires. Yeah, right. Like, they're fucking cool, dude. I'm Maybe like, they're glamorous. The but you got to remember gay. where they are. This is, like, Los or this is, like, California type, you know, Hollywood type shit. So it kind of made sense where they're coming did from. You, did you ever see the fucking The Hunger, JP? No. Is that the Warner Archive? Yeah, it has a great sex scene between Catherine Deneuve and fucking Susan Sarandon. Lesbianic sex scene. Well, that nice. goes all the way back in the Euro Horror, too, and even Such before that. Fucking amazing movie. I love I like Vampire I, Lovers. I love that movie. Yeah. That's a great one. Love Vampire yeah. Lovers. Mm-hmm. Vampire Lovers? Oh, great film. What'd you rate that, Dave? Nine out of ten. Nice. Bright night. Garly. Yeah. Um,. All right, my number six is one that was mentioned, and it is A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, a.k.a. the best nightmare film. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're so yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, but you don't like any of them besides this one. No, 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 no. I like them. I just don't go back to them a whole lot. Like, they're not, it's not my favorite franchise. I didn't really grow up with it because my mom thought they were gross. So she was like, I don't want what to watch What is your favorite franchise? Friday. I would, it used to be Halloween. Now, upon watching Halloween nowadays, I realize those movies aren't that good. So no, Friday your is mind probably. changed because we trash Halloween all the fucking time. Well, at least I do. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween I've, franchise. I've, that is the w- fucking most overrated bullshit ever. But anyways, go on. Yeah, but yeah, a nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I like, I like all the movies. Honestly, I do like them when I watch them. I think they're fun, but um, they're just not the ones that I sit around and think, oh, I feel like watching a nightmare on Elm Street. I'd rather watch Friday or Halloween before that's. But mm-hmm. part two, there's just something about it. It feels the most just eighties cheap, sleazy, cheesy slasher to me it doesn't feel yeah. like the other movies which is obviously like i said earlier it's kind of like the complaint with people who like the franchise but for me that's why i like it it's different than the other movies and i think freddy is super dark in it i think the i love the freaking pole party scene i think it's awesome just super super 80 super you know the epitome of a slasher film and um like i said i think freddy just has a lot of dark lines and it's like the whole you've you're all my body. children now and i've got the brain mm-hmm. i like that one yeah and the, the effects like that that scene where he comes out of that dude's body is just like so gross to me it's yeah i, oh, I love that still, i think it's fantastic um it, you know it's definitely gay hella gay but um i like it i, I dig it i think it's uh, a good movie so i give that one eight out of ten the one i would nice. go back to the most for sure but yeah nice. yeah like, like I like it too, you know. Like I, this is probably like every time I watch it more, I appreciate. I like I said, ironically enough, it's actually the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie I ever seen. Mm. Then I watched Mine part three, part four. Then I watched part three after because it was on the same like t- it was one of those taped VHSes. Part six just, for me. Yeah. Oh God! I think <laughs> part one was my first one. I was like four years old, and that and Child's Play three came on television at my grandpa's house when he's watching me, and he didn't give a fuck. Let me watch it back to back. Part one <laughs> was the last one I ever seen. I used to think the remake was good. And now I realize I'm just bad. That, that was wrong. Yeah. That was wrong to me. Uh, I'm your boyfriend now. That egg. <laughs> didn't even finish it. Turn what the remake off. Of- what a waste of Clancy Brown. I saw it in the theater and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I saw it in the theater too. I like, I liked it. My enough. mom was like, my mom thought it was good too. I think she, she doesn't really like the uh, Nightmare movie so either, but, you know. I wonder what you think about it now on rewatch. I don't know. I really don't. We should do a special video for our. Um, we should just have our moms on like a celluloid dissection. Or you watch a movie Carly. with your mom and get her opinions, Carly. My mom like can't stand anything gross. Like you know, she commented on your thing saying "phenomenal" was gross. I saw that when I was a teenager. Like she can't take anything. She doesn't like upsetting things, like rape or anything. She doesn't like gross things. So it's really hard with her to recommend any movie to her. But She's the one who bought you Death Wish on Blu-ray. She did. She likes the Death Wish movies. As she should. Mm-hmm. Everybody should. Uh, so, what do you rate that? I, I believe I told you, but I guess I'll say it again. I think you said um, an eight. Yeah, I gave it an eight. I'm just trying to make sure so that people that do the ratings for me don't get upset. All right, people. It is eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Derek, what's up, man? Uh, the first film from Stork Gordon at number six is reanimator uh yeah i love this i agree with dave david gale steals the show in this movie i love him yes. as 
Yeah, he's fucking like 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 he's the only reason to watch the fucking Giver is David Gill. I love the Giver. Yeah, but he's the, like one of the only reasons to rewatch it. <laughs> I agree. I disagree, but he's great at it. You know, and like like Sinjinor, I love him. And he goes all bad. I love it. he just plays Savage like, Weekend, oh. bro. When he drinks the fucking uh, milk straight from the tea. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. I love <laughs> yeah. The brain, yeah. the brain. Oh, the brain. Yeah, he's he's fucking. He died love, young. Yeah, it's a tragic story, and you know, like the young cast around him, like Bobby Cranton, Bruce Cabot, uh, Jeffrey Combs. I love them all. They're great. And Robert uh, Sampson's great too. Yeah, yeah. And Dean the, the, the 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 main zombie dude, like when the first reanimated corpse that they reenacts, actually Arnold's like yep. stunt man. Did you ever hear the story where Stuart Gordon told him about being trapped in the elevator? <laughs> I think so. There was like an extra woman, like there. She was like, I can't remember. If she was an extra on the movie or a secretary. But Arnold and his buddy showed up on the set. I think it's Stuart Gordon was telling the story, and they get tr- they're going in the elevator, and it's all these big muscle dudes, like Arnold, the stuntman, a couple of other guys, and they're standing there, and Arnold's like, "Let's have an orgy," just joking around. <laughs> it was so awkward. Uh, so yeah, you I'm never coming, know. What, I'm coming everywhere. You would you you would never know with Arnold now because he's just living with a fucking donkey and a small pony right now. I love Arnold. You know, so he, he yeah, he. I think he thinks some weird shit sometimes. But uh, I dig the movie. I love it. You know, I love the. You know, even though the score rips off Psycho, I fucking love it still. I do too. You know, and I love the aspect of the movie. And you know, like everyone else said who talked about it. It is very like play like, which I kind of like. It works for the movie, and you know, I like that this one. Even if you haven't seen two or three, it stands on its own movie too. It, you could just watch this one and just you know, not even think about the sequels. Or I've you never seen dig, them. If you dig more into it, they they they, they kind of dwell and they kind of like some of the aspects of the ending. They kind of ignore in the sequels pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Barbara Crampton, man, and what a trooper that they put her through in this movie, and her emotional connection to um, Dan and her father is so strong, and her screams yeah. are perfect. She's really good in this movie. She's one of the better scream queens for sure, and she's yeah, just, fantastic in this movie. I like Barbara Crampton. I love her too. She's a cool person. Oh, she smells so good, and she's so damn hard. But uh, yeah, what? That was weird. Yeah, he he met her at a convention. And, you know, he's he. Yeah, he <laughs> she was hard. No, she fucking hugged me, and I was like, "Damn, dude!" Like, I knew how old she was. Like, she, she felt even my dog's like, solid, man. She fucking, was like solid, like she's in good shape, man. Her her boobs. The her boobs the point is, body. I'm making is that she was like 50 when I met her, and she looked like she was fucking in her 30s. It was ridiculous. But I thought he was gonna say that her gun was sticking in his hip. No, she no, was just that was Barbara so Crampton, fucking Harry beautiful, or, super she's fucking. still available. Super fucking nice, like amazing. I know that. Person. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, that's one person I do want to meet before. She's nice. I've met her before. Yeah, she was awesome. But uh, anyways, I give Reanimator a nine out of ten. Also, love it. Dope, it. dope. All right. So coming in number six for myself, we're gonna take it back to Spaghetti Land, courtesy of Dario Argento. Now, starring is it demons or <laughs> starring my absolute lifelong crush Jennifer Connelly. Jay been Con- in love with her forever. 
She is very beautiful. She just, Still, she is, I don't even want to disrespect her by saying hot. No, <laughs> she's just beautiful. She's not even, yeah, she's just beautiful. And that is phenomena. Um, I do feel weird saying that, like, when you talk about film, we've talked about this before. <laughs> like, she was what, 15, 16 in this movie? Yeah. And it's kind of funny. How, how, like, what, was she 15 or 16? Because uh, certain states, 16 is fine. 15, 16, <laughs> I don't know. I just think even in Labyrinth, I'm like, man, it, Labyrinth came out a year later and she was still pretty young in that, but mm-hmm. whatever, man. I was I was of the age at the time when I was watching her in Labyrinth and stuff, right? I didn't see Phenomena until years later, but anyways, I digress. Um, an amazing film. Absolutely love this movie. I mean, really, the thing that sells this movie for me, I okay, a little bit of history on this one. I'm a big fan of Argento. This was one of my least favorite Argento films forever. What? Because I was always fucked up with the supernatural, telepathic, insect-type bullshit that was going on. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, really? Like, <laughs> I mean, what the it fuck is, is going ridiculous, on? ridiculous. I'm attracted <laughs> to stuff like that. It's and weird. I was always yeah. so confused because I'm, like, watching this film. Because, I, like I said, I didn't see this thing until, like, the 90s. And I'm like, Jennifer Connelly, and I see Donald Pleasance from Halloween in this thing. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this movie? It's like, it was jarring to me. I couldn't figure the narrative out properly until uh, until I was older. And then I realized how actually awesome the narrative actually is. And then I realized, you know, I'm like, man, you know, equipped with the fucking music, man. Simon Boswell, you know, the Goblin sound, like, Simonetti in there and stuff. And, like... The music is amazing. It really Darn adds Nickelodeon's a fucking insane. Nickelodeon's amazing. He always should be if he gives birth to that type of kid. Of course. But at the time when I first seen this film, I'm like, ah, whatever. But like Nickelodeon's amazing in the film. But, ah, oh. man, one of my favorite That's scenes awesome. is towards the end. I don't want to give the fucking thing away, but it involves, you know, our main character, Jennifer Connelly, her father. It's just absolutely hilarious to me. To this day, it still cracks me on how that scene goes down. <laughs> it's actually not her father. Yeah, it's not her father. It's her father's agent. So yeah, Shapiro, and that Shapiro. Yeah. Oh yeah, the father. Yeah, her father. Yeah, exactly. I made the same mistake too back in the day. I always thought it was her father. Exactly, and um, but yeah, so <laughs> that scene goes down. It's ridiculous, but this movie right here for myself is like the one thing you take away from it, man, is the disgusting ass fucking like pool of cool maggots. Scene. Oh, dude, that scene is fucking nasty, man. Really, really it's nasty. It's hot. It's, it's me so hot. It's disgusting. It's absolutely it fucking revolting. He was trying disgusting. to. He was trying to one up Fulci. Pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, it's good shit, man. I, I watched this movie. Uh, I don't know, a few weeks back with the wife, and uh, she'd never seen it before. I watched it three times in prep, the most it, out of any movie. Yeah. Same. Nice. So I so I watched it. I rewatched with the wife and. She was like almost in tears, man, when Donald Pleasant dies in the film. Aww. What? Because of that scene, man. She's like, she like, you know, with the monkey and stuff. She's like, yeah, oh. the poor monkey. She's What's like, the oh. monkey's name? She Inga. can feel the pain. Inga. Like, we're huge Inga. animal lovers, and she like can feel the pain with the animal, like with the monkey and stuff. She's like, oh my god. She's like, I can see. Yeah, it. Like, I she you cries. She, was laughing, she cries bro. pretty I easy. You were saying she's in tears, like laughing. I was like, man. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> No, I the love wife the razor blade, man. She fucking cries all the time, man. She cries all the time, but about uh, like, she's very sensitive to this type of shit, man. And she's like, she's looking over, she's like tearing up and shit. I'm like, nice. <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm waiting for fucking phenomena too. Inga's 
revenge. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. But I mean, the, the whole movie is just, it's really good, man. I mean, to be honest, for me, I'm a big Argento fan. This is one of my last favorite great Argento fan films. This is actually probably his, like the last. What year did uh, Opera come out? 88? That's a- 88. Yeah. Or 87. Opera is definitely one of the last gates. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is, I think he's so phenomenal his and, personal and, favorites. And, yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, it's pretty much the end of our agenda for myself for like great films. But, uh, oh, okay. yeah. Amazing film. Nine and a half out of ten. I love this thing to death. Good shit. Yeah. Great film. All right. Great film. Number six for me. It's one that we just talked about, and that is Reanimator. With nice. an eight and a half out of ten, so yeah, pretty much everybody's already said what I wanted to say. But uh, Barbara Crampton has some nice ass titties. But mm-hmm. uh, I Very really more insightful from beyond. Very insightful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really didn't She'll really be pay, proud when she hears it. I really didn't pay attention too much to the theater aspect of it, but it really, now that I've been thinking about it, really does add quite a bit to the movie. It's super interesting that they decided to shoot it in that style. Mm-hmm. And I've actually never seen any of the sequels. I've only seen this one. I know. Me too. Same. I, never I won't seen lie, man. I won't lie, man. Like the sequels are actually fun as fuck, man. The third Bride's one's a really TV a blast. Film. Yeah, Bride's a, yeah. Bride's fun, but like I used to hate the third one, which was a TV film. Beyond. But I became a big fan of it. I I, I think it's actually really fun. Yeah. It's remember, really remember when they were gonna do House of Reanimator? Yeah, it was That's George right. W. Set, That's set right. In the yeah. White House. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, really like as okay. I've seen this a few times, I really, I really enjoy it. I think all the performances are really good. The effects are actually pretty gnarly. The the, the head walking around is pretty cool. So uh, I give it, like I said, an eight and a half out of ten for Reanimator. Nice. Why do you eat people? Not people, brains. Brains only. Yes. Why? The- Pain. What about the pain? The pain of being dead. It hurts to be dead. All right, JP, let's get into this top five. Yeah. All right, top five, baby. Coming in at number five, another film that Dave makes me feel uncomfortable about having because for some reason he likes doing that. Uh, and it's House. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you had it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you guys are probably going to make fun of me for having this one. Yeah, I'm like wondering. <laughs> Every time he says that, people. I'm like, uh. No, <laughs> like, what do you, you think that Alice are going to look like? Yeah. Um, House is, you know, one of my favorite movies growing up. I, I think, I, I, I'm pretty sure this made my top 50. Um, and... I just, I just love it, dude. Like, it's just magical and wonderful. Like, all the, all the, I, it's like, it's such a different haunted house movie. You know what I mean? Both house yeah. films are the, the Asian house one's really different too. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's not like your traditional like, get out, you know, boo ghosts and stuff. It's like monsters and shit and weird stuff and little dwarf things stealing kids and f- Vietnam flashbacks and. And and the ending, um, you Cat know, Williams, Cat Williams, <laughs> and JP, yeah, Ding Dong, you're dead. Yeah, Ding Dong, you're dead. Uh, awesome. Speaking of which, awesome cover, really cool cover that sucked me in. 
Um, House 1 and 2 used to play on TV all the time, and I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. I didn't even know there was a House 3 and 4 um, until like much later, which I know that it's technically not a House 3, which is weird. The horse show, it is. is it <laughs> yeah, that movie it sucks. Steve Miners produced it. That movie sucks. That's about it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, House 3 is ridiculous. I always, I I always heard House, House 3 was a better sucks, Shocker. Oh, Shocker's <laughs> better, I think. Fucking Shocker's amazing. My, my, <laughs> my favorite uh, Wes Craven films. Shocker's great. It's one of my least favorite Wes Craven films, but I don't... I like it. I like, I like I it. Like I, it. You I love it. You might like it more if you see Destroyer. I, Destroyer's I don't awesome. I like too. Shocker. I just... It's not one of my favorites. Um, but... Yeah, so House, uh, I, I think that, you know, it's a well-designed movie, dude. It's shot well, it's cheesy. You got some cheesy 80s music. Um, there's some funny moments, dude. It, it, it works good as a horror comedy, too. But I could be honest, this is this is um, one of the things about uh, this year and next year in particular is when I was watching these ki- these movies as kids, I never I knew that they were comedies, too. Like, I didn't get the humor. Yeah of them so uh there's another movie on uh, uh, from this year that, that is very similar in that aspect um but you know th- there's like dude whenever he's out in the yard and he's like trying to talk to that girl who clearly just wants to use him to babysit which is fucking weird by the way that's some shit that would never happen nowadays uh, um <laughs> you know some neighbor meet him oh when you watch my kid that would have happened in the early 90s maybe but <laughs> yeah not she now. doesn't care about her kids She's, She's pretty terrible. Um, well, anyway, you know, he she walks away, starts beating the shit out of the bag, and then she turns around, <laughs> and tries to I, act all casual. And I stuff. love that the hand comes back. That was and Kane Hodder in that bag too. Yeah, and, and the neighbor is hilarious because, like, he's worried about him, but he's such a snitch. The dude is a snitch ass <laughs> dude, man. I love him. I love George Wendt. Like, but uh, you kind of want him to be friends. He's like, like, solitude's always better when you're hanging out with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. When, he, when, <laughs> he, when he finds out that he's actually telling the truth, they do kind of become friends. And that yeah, happens. and you like that bromance that forms eventually and stuff yeah. like that. I dig it. Um, and yeah, dude, I, I, I like William Cat, dude. He's, he's a pretty fun actor. I've liked him in most of the stuff I've ever seen him in. He's a good familiar face. That I've seen him well, two things. Really? Yeah, Carrie in this. Yeah, he's, he's also in uh, House Four. Yeah, he's a pretty popular genre type dude. From I mean, I've seen him in some TV movies and Rattle Rattlers. He's the, or he's the world's the America's greatest hero. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. That's the song George Costanza uses for his answering machine. Yeah. Inside <laughs> um, but I, I I like that. Like even like when he breaks the mirror. And goes inside it. That's just cool, dude. That's cool with logic. I like that stuff in haunted house movies and and things. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, the thing I like about George, like, uh, I know Carly likes this episode of Masters of Horror too. Family. Oh, yeah. he plays like a he plays like the same character but a darker version of it. <laughs> The yeah. characters are all very interesting in this movie because George went, like you said, he's very likable, but he's also kind of a snitch and you're a little uncertain about him. And Richard Mole, and you know, everybody knows a guy like that where you're kind of cool with him, but he's also kind of an asshole and he's kind of a, like a loose cannon. But at the same time, you're kind of friendly with him. And yeah. his portrayal of him is, is very realistic to me. And, and what happens to him is actually really kind of fucked up. 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's the aspect I like about the first two house movies is the bad the, who ends up becoming the baddies are very fucking cool looking, especially in their final forms. Yeah. Oh yeah, the 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 baddie in House Two is awesome too, and what? Grandpa's just great in House House what's Two. What's he say oh. in uh, the end of House when uh, what's his catchphrase? What what's the thing that uh, uh, Big Ben always says? He has like oh. a catchphrase: "Sucker, sucker." He calls everybody sucker. He's like, sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and it feels a little cheap at times. Like some of the Vietnam stuff feels like it might be on some sort of soundstage or something. No, no. But it, I like it, man. It, it, it's cool. It, it, it got really, it got heart and charm. It's a good movie. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say this about the Vietnam stuff. At least it doesn't look like Detroit, like fucking Thou Shall Not Kill, except does. <laughs> they just filmed yeah. in the middle of Detroit. Somewhere. That movie costs yeah. like three dollars, though. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like that movie. I like that movie too, man. Yeah, I do too. Bad. But it has the worst fight right. scenes of all time. Like that one big fat guy that they fight. Like yeah. I was like, this guy can't even move. The director Becker was like, <laughs> these fat guys could barely breathe. <laughs> the worst fight scene of all time. Um, the house box set from Arrow, very awesome stuff. Um, but yeah, eight and a half out of ten. I love me some house. Cool. Dope. Am I up next? And it did make my top fifty, by the way. Yes, you're up next. Dave, right. you're up. My number five. We've talked about it quite a bit already, so there's not much to go into it about. So um, it is Stuart Gordon's Reanimator. Um, I really like this movie. Um, love Gale. Love Robert Sampson. How he gets to do the whole like um, you know different like performances. He starts off as jovial, and then he's kind of upsetting, and then he actually ends up becoming this monster Frankenstein monster character with his daughter. Love that. Um, and, and I don't want to sound like different when I was talking about um, Jeffrey Combs. Um, the thing about Jeffrey Combs. Is he is a unique actor that there's no one that can really play it, Jeffrey Combs, except Jeffrey Combs. I would put him in like in a caliber of Bruce Campbell or Robert England. There's like this only one, and he's such a unique way he plays his characters. There's nobody quite like him. So yeah. that's that's the thing about Jeffrey Combs for me. Like, and, and I'm more of a yeah, character type that likes the David Gale kind of guy. Yeah, you know, the like, mad yeah. scientist that a lot of people could play, but I just like that character type. Yeah, exactly. Like a, another example of like how he goes into a character even like smaller characters like in the tv movie abominable the bigfoot yeah. movie yeah he plays like this chain smoking guy with a fucking you know he has like he's a, irreplaceable you yeah can't, when people say get a jeffrey combs type there is no other type the jeffrey combs type is jeffrey combs you know <laughs> so um That's right. but That's uh, right. reanimator 93 percent on the tomato meter which is very high i think it might be the highest um, of this year um and the audience score is 82 I, I read two popular positive reviews because they're both kind of big names i've been reading so far the good janet maslin who hated fright night for being gross but all this ingenious as it may be and much as it would redound to mr gordon's credit in hardcore horror circles it is absolutely to be avoided by anyone not in the mood for a major bloodbath and Roger Ebert also gave this a positive review. Get the fuck out of here. Ebert is so inconsistent, man. We have been assaulted by lured imagination, amazed by unspeakable sights, blindsided by the movie's curiosity, curiously dry sense of humor. I guess that's our money's worth. And the bad is dry by sense Kier. of humor. Wow. Crazy. Um, the David Kier from Chicago. So he's a, he know he's Gordon's from Chicago. So this dude went extra hard on him. It's this kind of flat-footed stuff that gives uh, garbage a bad name. <laughs> I love how this dude's so fucking off, dude, hating on a horror director from his home city. Damn. And now he looks like a stupid fuck. Ebert's from Chicago, too. Yeah, yep. and, and he loved it. He usually likes Chicago shit, though. 
honestly. He, well, he loved Henry too. Yeah, well, he loves Henry. Henry is a is a Chicago movie. So he liked Candyman, right? I think he did. Yeah. Probably yeah. Did. But I mean, hmm. I, I like Reanimator quite a bit. It's it's cheap, but it's so effective. And um, the way Doctor West is portrayed, or uh, Mister West, is so so weird. He's such a weird character in this one. And like, I don't think that he would be. They didn't know really he was going to become the icon that he did. You know. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of almost like a bad guy in this one, really. And later on, you know, he becomes more, I guess, you know, the central focus of these movies. But I actually really like this one as far as it is close to the source material, which is an excellent little kind of um, H.P. Lovecraft book. I do think it's a little close to a certain, ex- you know, points. But Stuart Gordon, without Gordon, Lovecraft would have never got a lot of the credit he deserved. So you got to give him For real. Him and Dennis Paoli, their yep, career yep. writing the Lovecraft adaptations is fucking and amazing. Paoli also wrote Ghoulies 2, which I absolutely love. Ghoulies yeah. 2 is great, man. That's one Commentary of my favorites. Track. But i got to give Reanimator 9 out of 10. Nice. nice. Charlie. All right. Uh, yeah, my number five. I think this was only mentioned once, and that is Cat's Eye. Nice. I'm out. That was I my number ten. Number one. Damn. Yeah, I mean, great movie. Um, great anthology. I think all of, you know, what you get three little shorts in there. I think they're all really solid. Um, the you know the one, the second one is probably my favorite just because it induces the most anxiety and, like, fear in me uh, every time I watch it. Um, this is one that I didn't think I watched when I was young, but then upon rewatch, I realized I definitely did. Um, if, I definitely saw, like, the first two shorts, at least. Um, but, yeah, I think the first two are great. Uh, the third one is probably my least favorite, but at the same time, I think it's pretty solid as well. Um, I just, just not my favorites. Um, that middle one is just fantastic. I'm afraid of heights. I mean, I couldn't even walk up bleachers without like panicking uh, what what do you like talk to mood so you guys should go bowling together oh man oh man walk up bleachers. <laughs> that's not funny dude like i l- had to close my eyes it was tremendous i'm afraid of um, heights too ironically you ra- i can't you stand on a step stool and change right? a light bulb i can't even do that what'd you say <laughs> don't you like roller coasters and shit Dude, I like had a panic attack going on that like Kenny new Kennywood ride. I used to. I can't the handle Aerith going up the hill. Steel curtain. I want to go on that shit. The Aerith yeah. 60 is the worst for anyone that hates heights. Oh, I've never been on that. I refuse to ride. I don't like being upside down either. So uh, I don't that one's that. brutal, dude. No, I do not like being upside down. So I upside down heights too. Yeah, I can see that. But um, anyway, yeah. Um, Cat's Eye. I think it's great. The first um one is great as well you know with james woods and all that um i think it's really solid um third one like i said i think that uh segment is good as well just not my favorite one um but yeah yeah, i give it an 8.5 out of 10 uh it's one that i would continue to rewatch in the future probably i mean the third one's my least favorite too but i still like it a lot yeah it's good it's solid yeah it's it's like the zuni's fetish like jp was saying it's like you're Mm -hmm. like the zuni fetish segment been a fucking trilogy of terror even like going way back it's like my favorite episode of twilight zone the invaders mm-hmm. i love that the little ghoul laughs too and he does like the fake meow he's like meow. When he's trying to get the cat in trouble and shit. You, you know what the cheesy thing is about the cat's eyes? They have that like that remake version of every breath you take by the police. Playing I, was, oh, I, dude, I, I love that. It's a part <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. I love how oh. he's seeing everyone smoking and he's like, oh man, I want to smoke real bad too, but to I can't. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Happy to see it on another list. I thought I was going to be alone. 
I'm surprised it's not hasn't been on anyone else's list yet, but who knows? Oh yeah. Uh, my number five is I think it might be a little read that, bit. Carly? Yeah, eight point five out of ten. Okay. My number five, it might be a little bit higher on other people's list. It's just the way I product place certain movies, of course, on my list, and that is Dan O'Bannon's directorial debut with Return of the Living Dead. I love this movie. Fantastic performance by James Karen. He steals him and Don Kalfa and Cool Gallagher steal the movie. I love all those side characters. Suicide is my favorite. This is a way of life. Let's see a costume. Have some, <laughs> Lene- have some fucking respect for the dead. Yeah. Lene quickly hurls speech. Do you know how it feels like about dying? Miguel Nunez is like, I don't think about dying too much. Try not to think about dying too much. <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking that's true, right? That's my dude. She's taking her clothes off again. Uh, yeah, fucking the soundtrack's fucking amazing. You, you know, James Cameron should have won an Oscar for this, I think, because you know, he just knows what type of movie he's in. He just hams it up to like 900%, especially like the facial expressions, like late earlier with Tom Matthews. You want to see him? See what the corpse is, and he just sticks his tongue out and shouts. Like, oh, the the opening, the opening to this film is one of my favorites in in horror. It, it, it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Typical army fuck up, like you know, down in the base, and I'm like, th- like they set up this thing, like I, like you picture yourself on the job first day of work and stuff, <laughs> like all into this story and shit like that. I just love how this whole movie. It unravels and and each thing gets bigger and bigger and i like the sets too the warehouse and the um because you never see them in the same like oh look there's the warehouse over there you know it, but if it, they feel like they're right next to each other even though they're clearly not shot like that yeah and pl- plus even like the you know like he, like he was actually like amputees like that little dude with like no legs and shit and he's just fucking walking with like his amputee fucking legs is fucking terrifying <laughs> Yeah. The genius of the movie is that it plays on pre-established things from another movie. And it's it meta. works as a semi-sequel yeah. and a parody at the same time, which I don't think many movies could really pull off. Um, I don't think and all the performances... Absolutely. No, I don't think really, the performances yeah. are over the top at some, expen- at some points, but for some reason, the way they act and the way it unfolds, everything seems grounded, and the dialogue is funny, but it is realistically funny, because when you see people panic, and when you're on the outside of the situation, it's hilarious, oh, unless job. you're inside of it. Exactly, hundred percent, hundred percent. You might say though, like, like you better watch your tongue if you like this job, but he, and you might be like, like this, this fucking job. What do you? Yeah. What, yeah <laughs> it, is it us on the outside watching them? That, Most quotable movie of all time, by the way. Um, yeah. How are you gonna burn all them things? There must be a hundred. A hundred. The way they turn, the, it's I, the most quotable film of all co- time. I love the You're whole cover up. Rabid dead. weasels. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing with a bunch of rabid weasels? Well, Don they weren't supposed to be rabid. Like how supposed to be rabid. You know all these things happen. No, no they don't. No, Why don't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, that's it's the most quotable. Bert and Ernie are awesome. Frank and Freddie, Bert and Frank Ernie and are Fred are awesome. Like so I, I can see why they bring back, you know, yeah. Frank and, and um, Tom Matthews, Tom and, Matthews and character, James, and, Karen. James Karen and, and Tom Matthews in part two, because they just play off each other so well. Yeah, it's <clears> kind of a shame they didn't bring him back in part three, though. 
Uh, they should have brought everybody back in part yeah. two and just fucking done it. You yeah, can tell like, some of the character types are supposed to be them. Like yeah. Ernie Coltenberger is definitely supposed to be the doctor who they get. Uh-huh. You can yeah. tell. They just fucked up, man. I like the second one a lot, but they fucked up with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, yeah, I dig it. You know, it, it, it has kind of a, like a fast paced ending, which I can see, like, if it's like a first time viewer, like, it, like the Dude, way that it ending fucking blew my shitter out when I was uh, a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, did that? I, like, I, like the the weight of what happened, I wasn't ready for. I was like, what? it took me a second to even get. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna awful. be okay, right? <laughs> like, dude, it, it's it, seriously like, one of the funniest like, shit ever, of, man. I was like, way too dark to handle the concept of that. <laughs> but honestly, people say that's such a cop out. It's like, have you seen a movie that happened before? And have you seen one after? It is not. It's the one that no. had the balls to do it. <clears throat> it's yeah, the, dude, it's the best the and most the realistic parts. ending. I mean, yeah, I'd do the same fucking thing. Yeah, yeah I still dig <laughs> and, it. And, and the zombies in this film. It's kind of ironic, though, man. We're in that same type man. Of they are the biggest threat in zombie movie history. Send more paramedics. <laughs> Fucking so quote. Cool. It took so it. much balls to let them talk too, and it. <coughs> yeah, it's fucking great. Which I love they, it. They do a parody of in part two, and they also do in, one in part four. They also do Harry Truman. Kind of game too. Harry Truman. Yeah. Oh, let's not let's not mention that part four. Like, There's I, no part four. Like I recently <laughs> watched part four and five again, and honestly, Oops. dude, those shits are they don't the, exist. That's what you were telling me. Even, they're not even the worst shits you've ever seen in your life, man. For sure. No, they I don't know they are. They're not. They're not. They don't exist. They're TV they films favorite. that have practical you mean effects, the movie have continuity <laughs> with each other and shit. Like they actually do a decent job. I mean, they're TV films, man. They're the brain, the brain. I hit the fucking brain. Them shits get some bad like, ass raps, man. They get that bad, man. It worked in the movie lied. Isn't that what you would say though? Like it worked yeah. in the movie. That's what yeah. you, you, the movie lied. You mean the movie lied? Yeah, man. Let me ask you something. But they have kid. callbacks. Did so, like, you ever the, see this movie? Uh, the movie Night of the Living Dead. Dude, uh, listen. Absolutely, I mean, man, absolutely. We need to do a commentary on this fucking movie. <laughs> we should do that right after. I, I think that we we four million dollar budget and made fourteen million. <laughs> we'll be too excited but, on that. But I think we're going to be talking about this a lot more. So I'll just speed it up because I know really? a lot of. Yeah, pretty much. It was, I get a nine point five out of ten. I really dig it. I love it. It's still classic material in my opinion. All right. All right, so coming in to my top five is a film that has been talked about a couple of times. Directed by Stuart Gordon, and it is Reanimator. Yeah. Who I hasn't absolutely... had What can I say, man? I love Reanimator. Everything from, you know, the first thing about Reanimator that I always remember is the music. Because it is fucking psycho. <laughs> blatant ripoff. It is hey, a blatant ripoff of psycho. <coughs> Already, it's so memorable. And then yeah. it introduces its characters. You know, um, Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West is like, he's just one of those dudes, man, you just never fucking forget, man. He's just so awesome. Love it. Vex in this movie, awesome. Love the narrative. It's great. But. The thing I like about this movie, though, is that it doesn't overdo its comedy welcome. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, it's, it's got funny parts. It's meant to be kind of a, 
you know, kind of tongue in cheek thing, but it does tongue in cheek. It's so serious, too. Yeah, but it's still serious at the same time. And I love that. This is what I like about horror comedies. People are like, oh, you don't like horror comedies? I'm like, no, I do, man. I like horror comedies when they're done properly. I don't like horror comedies like fucking faggy ass shit like Shaun of the Dead. Those are those are those are faggy comedies, man. I'm sorry, but those are those are shitty comedies because they're not trying to be smart about shit, man. I mean, say what you want to be, you know, about those films and shit, man. Whatever. These are being smart about the comedy, and that's what I love. I think them. they're very black. Black. They the, 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 exactly. That's what I was saying when I was talking about how like house and stuff is. I didn't know that they were comedies. And Return of the Living Dead was the other one that I met. That's the and Reanimator is the other one, too. Like, if you watch <gasps> this when you're, like, six years old, you'll never pick up the... Or even 10, 12, you'll never pick up the comedy. Um, but years later, you can laugh at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what it's I like. the type of movies that your mom likes watching with you, like House. When you're a kid, you watch it all the time, and you're like, this is great, it's scary. And your mom's like, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't like this. My, usually with my mom, it's like, I don't like this. Can we watch something else? My mom always, me and my mom made me watch a million fucking Lifetime movies growing up. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's that's what, wrong with yeah, the Lifetime movies. My mom still does. Or, or the Christmas. Property Brothers, Moods' is homeboys from Canada. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know them, Moods? Do you know them? Uh, not personally, no. Oh, I <laughs> thought you guys are both Canada. Canadian. I thought you guys would know each other. <laughs> no, we live in the same community, man. Like Come on. Oh, uh, people from Canada know each other. No, that's, no. Not fucking, that's not true. I mean, we, I mean, Christ, man. All the Canada can fit in fucking Los Angeles, but we don't know each other. We definitely don't know okay. each other. I'm sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know. But... Yeah, man. Where the fuck was I? Uh, Reanimator, man. Um, you're talking about the comedy, and you're saying it's really different from other. Comedies. It is, man. I mean, this is the type of comedy that I love. I mean, it's a little bit more subtle. It's smart and shit. The comedy later on got stupid. It got it got blunt. It became. It... I'd say by '87, it was fucking. Say really? by '86 with Friday Part Six. I kinda, I don't. Think <laughs> that I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. I don't think that. I don't think that's the point, man. I kind of get that like aspect of like that reviewer that you read, Dave, when it says dry sense of humor, because like the Herbert West character is kind of a dry character. The way he oh, delivers yeah. like his lines, and some of them do come awkwardly funny in some sense. Yeah, but he's not trying to be at all. Yeah, it's unintentional yeah, yeah, comedy. Yeah, so that's but that's I mean. the like, beauty that's in the comedy, like though. When you're trying to play shit off serious and it's coming off funny, but when you're being serious about the filmmaking, it makes it so good. Right? I agree. So, Stuart, 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 uh, by the way, R.I.P. to Stuart Gordon. I agree. He was right. underrated. Drinking my beer for him right now. Absolutely, man. Uh, Fortress is a totally underrated movie. Stuart Gordon, man, was that dude, man. Same weekend, you know. Barbara Crampton, uh... Jeffrey Combs, Stuart Gordon. Um, I walked up to Stuart Gordon wearing a doll shirt, and he's he said to me, "He's like, I love you." <laughs> he's like, I, <laughs> he's say, like I no one. Too, man. He literally <laughs> did. He's like, I love the fact that you're wearing a doll shirt, and he's like, again, you know, it was like everybody wants to talk about Reanimator. Let's talk about dolls, and like, yeah, I and so I was like, I was trying to, I was trying to move on, and he kept wanting to talk to me. He's like, but, Stuart Gordon was or, a doll. Honestly, his 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 um. His Masters of Horror episodes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I like Dreams in a Witch House. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, that one's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I think we we talked about everything but Reanimator. I'm not even joking. It was crazy. And it it was a great experience. I'll never forget it, man. Rest in peace to 
Stuart Gordon, man. It's the, it's the big loss, man. You know, also, he, yeah. also, in my opinion, man, Stuart Gordon was one of those dudes that did, you know, the Lovecraft stuff justice. Also, it's also I gotta justice. say, I also gotta say, he also created one of the greatest live action Disney movies of all time. And Honey, I Shrunk the Fucking Kids. Fuck yeah, he did, man. That is right. That is definitely Good right. Movie. But... Honey, I Shrunk the Rick Moranis fucking kicks ass. If I haven't I, watched that movie since I was a kid. I always loved time, it, though. If I had remembered, I would have honestly asked him about his little fucking minor blip in his uh, career with Robot Jocks. <laughs> what the fuck happened there? <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't watched that. I own the screen tag. I, I rewatched like when uh, Stuart Gordon died. A little while back, I went a little short garden. I saw you I were watch watching it. like the different ones, though, like not the main ones. I love Dagon. Dagon's underrated. Yeah, Dagon. yeah I, I mean, I watched, cool I watched a few films. Well, because I just watched the Reanimator trilogy like a month ago previously, but so I ended up watching Robot Jocks, and I was like, man, it is really fucking bad, <laughs> like really bad. But uh, it is what it is. Um, Anyways, getting back to Reanimator, nine and a half out of ten for myself. I think it's a great film. Barbara Crampton's excellent. Jeffrey Combs, we've talked about it enough. It's a great film. It really is. He's so. Lovecraft at his best. Mm-hmm. All right, coming in for me at number five, one that we talked about a lot. That is Silver Bullet with an eight point five. Oh, nice. out of ten. Nice. Cool. I just feel like this movie has like a, such a sense of innocence to it like small town uh summertime innocence being a kid kind of feel to it and i really like it i've never seen this before this is the first time that i saw it and you know just the relationships between the characters are really well done as everybody says gary Busey is awesome in this movie he's fucking crazy as he really is in real life <laughs> and uh, you need to you need to watch surviving the game homie I know. Yeah. It's one of my favorite performances by Gary Busey. Under, under siege, I miss fucking July. Dude, he has the best line in surviving the game. He just throws his knife away. Says, "We're going by our hands." Some ice tea shit right there, man. Some ice tea shit right there. We're going by our hands. Dude, that, I love it. It's one of the best things ever. <laughs> that movie needs a good release, man. I love him in Point Break too. He's fucking great in everything. I love me some ice tea. Oh, dude, Ice T is so awesome in that movie. Oh, it's it's still a great, awesome to this day, it, man. You still putting out Howard, amazing man. body count. It's a great albums. movie. Great. I just watched it a couple of weeks. I just ago. listened to Ice T on the new fucking Ari the Rugged Man. Oh my god, did you hear that? Yeah, moves that fucking song. Off yeah, topic. I know. Yeah, no, I've heard the whole album. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that song is like fucking epic. Is all fuck with fucking Onyx Ice T. I think that fucking. actually they were going live actually tonight. Uh, RA was going live with fucking IC on Instagram. Actually, they were talking about the record and shit. I was like, kind of missed it. <laughs> Personally, uh, the song gave me a boner though. But off topic, but continue. Yeah, you guys continue. But yeah, I love how Moot says earlier how he he wishes he was paralyzed so he could have that badass wheelchair. <laughs> no, you can <laughs> have that without being paralyzed. Yeah, right? dude. I, I love that Gary uses like, the MacGyver of wheelchair making. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture Moods with his fucking beard and his fucking beard belt. I can make that fucking thing. Uh, oh, you sure, dude. Yeah, I can. Sure. Make all right, one. go ahead. Make it. Right I used now. to make all kind of shit. I'll uh, wait. Uh, another thing I make do like, Jeremy. Jeremy, I also Unfortunately, like... Unfortunately, I don't have that beer belly anymore. I've lost like 80 pounds, so... I've yeah. lost a lot of weight too. I'm yeah. like actually pretty skinny right no, now. It's another aspect of Silver Bullet I do like, though, is... Uh, we well, didn't mention it yet. That's why I'm, 
is Jay Chataway's score. If you know, he's the guy who did the score for Maniac and the Maniac Cop films. Yeah, you you kind of tell after you find that out because it has like that whistle thing that's usually used in a lot of his scores too. Especially that open trip. I'm I'm the teacher, Carly. You know this. Yeah, he knows all this <laughs> random oh information. That's why he's gonna win trivia, man. Yeah. When I eventually yeah. do it, if any of my any of my fucking uh, components ever fucking not stepped out, <laughs> we are available. I give you a run for the tomorrow. money on trivia. I, I should be, as long as I'm not too fucking hungover after this show, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just love the score to this one. It, it does bring that like you know, inner town feel to the whole story too. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I feel like the preacher character is a pretty creepy guy. Yeah. You know, he has that. He looks like of... he would really like, like rape children in real life or something. Have you ever, yeah. have you ever seen uh, people on the stairs? With the gimp outfit? Can't get more rapey yeah. than that. Plus, yeah, Twin Peaks aspect too. He's in Twin Peaks also. He's yeah. also in Under Siege too as an asshole bad guy. Yeah, he is. He's awesome. We were talking about that on Skype one night under Siege 2, Dave. Mean Moods and Zach. Great bad guy crew. Great bad guy crew. He's also yeah. got Patrick Kilpatrick and Peter Green in there. And, uh, geez, the guy who's driving the train's a bad guy. Jonathan Banks. So a bunch yeah. of good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I give Silverbullet an 8.5 out of 10. Fucking dope, Jeremy. Innocence was the perfect word for that movie. It does have an innocence about it. Yeah. Sweet, man. JP, what's up? All right. Um, <clears throat> coming in at number four, we have Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. I you fuckers knew, knew this shit was going to be Great. on my list, right? I was I hoping. Know. I was worried. Yeah. Um, th- dude, this is this is in my top three favorite Friday films. Um, I go four, two, five. Um, and yeah, I, I think that everything that Dave said kind of nailed it. It's the sleazy Friday film. Um, you know, most of the Friday films have weed, but only like two of them have Coke. Um, and this is <laughs> one of them. Uh, and then like, dude, there, there's some funny characters in this one. Even like the, the two like weird, like greaser dudes. Oh, or the hillbillies. The, the, yeah. And then like, even the, like, I, I love Ethel. Ethel is <laughs> She's so fucking mean. Clean my chicken shitter. You ain't so good looking either. I know. Clean all the chicken shit up out of the coop. Then I'll fill your stomach. (laughs) What was up with that drifter? There's a drifter in this movie for no reason. Just put him in there to get killed. He's wanted to get a a nice place. Everyone's put in here just to get killed. See, well, I didn't know. This is a movie is all about just being plays to kill. (laughs) When I I was a kid, I didn't realize this was supposed to be a whodunit. You know, because yeah. none so of them were before now. that, except for the first one, which is a failure of a whodunit. I mean, but this one set up red. This one sets up red herrings. Like that guy's supposed to be a red herring. But you Nick don't expect them in a Friday Thirteenth because you already assume Jason. Yeah, that's the point. Like, that's when why I was growing up, I never. So <clears throat> I've told this funny. I've told this story many times, but when I was like years of my life, I didn't know that the killer wasn't Jason. Like I didn't know until I heard someone else say it. And I was (laughs) like, what? Really? I seriously did not know the killer was not Jason ever, ever like until I was in my teens. And I've seen this movie hundreds of times, like literally probably realistically about 40 times. Are you trying to make yourself sound retarded right now? Or what? (laughs) 
I'm like actually confused right now. Listen, I thought Jason was wearing a regular person mask under his mask so he could get around easy. And I was like, fucking genius. Why would he wear this? He's a genius. So he was taking that mask off when he was going about his daily thing. Like, I'm going to the grocery store, this guy wearing a mask, and I'm Jason. And then he put the hockey mask on over. I don't understand. No, like, he would take off. Because everybody knows what Jason looks like. He looks yeah, all yeah, gross yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah. So he would put on the human mask and, and then put that the hockey around. mask over it? Why? That was amazing. Because then he would jump back into Jason. He ain't got time to take off the mask, then put the hockey mask on. You know what I'm saying? So he wants to wear the hockey mask. What? Isn't he a mongoloid that can barely think? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, but know. he he like hides bodies good and like he's pretty good at <laughs> he's good fishing. Traps and stuff. So I feel like he's like good at some things. It makes uh, sense. As a kid logic. No, it, even as like a teenager logic. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like I was like I, I was like, dude, Jason's getting smarter. Like like the graboids <laughs> from Tremors. <laughs> I remember thinking that as a kid. I'm like, I'm like, dude, Jason's. Jason's it's ironic, right? Because you were getting movies, stupid man. at the same time. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, but how many Jesus. people would admit that on a, on a show? Most people would be like, oh no, I didn't have that. I didn't think that. JP, that's like, what I'm saying, it. man. I can't fucking finish. believe he's admitting that shit, dude. He's like so <laughs> smart, but then he like has these moments where I'm like, that's like the dumbest thing I ever heard. Like, so it's like, like weird. Well, it's like this moment, it's right here. Even Carmen called you fucking you stupid. You always say dude. that I come up with hey, stupid hey, shit. Sometimes. Dude, you get everybody's a genius tonight. and everybody's a moron. So Carly, th- Carly, Carly says that I'm dumb sometimes. I'm like, when, when? Dude, you're always dumb. What did you when? say? Dumb? Give me one other example <laughs> besides. <laughs> Hold on, let me just think. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. I swear. He's it's only better. dumb when he puts on the dumb mask and then he takes I mean, it off to blend in. I mean, at least he didn't think that. Uh, W.I. was, uh, what's W.I. moods? W.I.? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, the Wisconsin oh, thing. Every guy you guys again. That was funny. So, yeah. Everybody's so, like, what? W.I.? But you also have, you have Demon. No, I even said it before that I knew what it was. But... You got Demon in here. Ooh, baby. Well, you don't even live in the States. How the fuck are you supposed to know the state? Fuck I've been to Wisconsin. I've been to actually probably more states than you have. <laughs> Probably have, but I'm just saying. Like, I don't know the, I don't know all the provinces of fucking Canada. I'd be like, I don't know where that is. There's a reason for that because we actually get taught American, you know, history and stuff, and you guys don't get. Yeah, we don't learn anything about Canada. I didn't even know it was a real place for the longest time. Oh, (laughs) everybody in Canada knows each other. There's like ten people. Like I remember specifically learning in school. That like Mexico is below us, but I remember it took forever for them to mention Canada. A lot of people <laughs> thought it was like Tusk. Like it, it's in school, it's described as like Eskimos. I mean, I, they, lot, they, I I learned a lot from traveling. I learned a lot about American history. You know, not just specifics about states and stuff. You know, growing up, but like traveling into the states and stuff, I learned a shitload. I mean, I've, honestly, I've, learned, I've even learned a lot more from your guys' dumbasses, too. Yeah, yeah. Dudes, if you learned... ever get a chance to just go to a random place, like, go to Gettysburg, dude. It's, like, super historical. Yeah, Gettysburg's slick. Yeah, really cool. When I was a kid, though. Yeah, it's dope. But I wanted the joke that I learned a lot from Steven Seagal's On Deadly Ground about Canada. I mean, I've been to 42 of the 50 states. It's ironic I haven't been to Alaska, considering it's only about seven hours from where I am. Yeah. I just drive up there. 
but I've never been there. I need to. Probably I never need to will travel. Go. I haven't <laughs> but, been to a lot. Of, I, us I Americans are sheltered when past, it comes to anywhere else. I haven't yeah. been past Ohio, <laughs> like to the west. The I've been south. Thing, yeah, the dumb I've thing been, I said was that at my work, like we have a list of like all the abbreviated states because we all forget like the, the all all the M states, and when people call us for records. And we have to like say back like, oh, is your address like whatever, whatever, Missouri or something? It says M O. We don't like remember, so we have to lean back and look real quick so we don't. Yeah, I mean, that... morons. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Friday Thirteenth Part Five, uh, absolutely love it. I mean, I honestly, dude, I'll say this now: if we do any year in the eighties, it's v- and there's there's a Friday the Thirteenth, which it's like every year. I think is there is there a year that there's not a Friday Thirteenth? I think um, eighty one, eighty three, perhaps eighty three. One of them doesn't have one, but yeah, uh, it would be very. I it would be have to be a very strong year for there not to make a Friday the Thirteenth on my list. And I think this is the highest it's ever been. Um, I had part three on my list and part six, um, but yeah, this is at number four. Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, eight point five out of ten. The same as me. Dope, Dave. Ooh. Oh, it's Dave. Dave. What am yeah, I? It's you, Dave. Come on. Oh, oh, wait, my spot. entire list. That's why I said Dave. Now <laughs> I'm at um, number four, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm drunk. Leave me alone. All right. <sighs> We've discussed this one quite a bit, and it is uh, Dario Argento's phenomenon. I love this movie. It's the best use to win. The music's great, and um, I actually was thinking I originally had this placed under Fright Night and Reanimator. Yeah, um, maybe, probably. Good placement. Uh, great mm. blood placement. Um, not as I good as zombies. Worms, worm worm placement, has, worm has the best blood placement. That's, That's not worms. Those are worms. Swarm's barely a seven out of ten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, phenomenon. I love this one. Uh, and, and I had it originally below Reanimator and Fright Night. And after I rewatched Fright Night and Reanimator, I was like, you know what? I I can't get things out of from, from phenomenon <laughs> out of my head. Like the music always plays in my head. Like and I just get like chills thinking about it. it was like ben, 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 and then the wind blowing and shit. Yeah. Uh, it's just perfect. I love it. Donald Pleasance is great. It's so batshit crazy. It continues the theme with Daria Argento having someone who is uh, has violence thrust upon them and becoming a violent character themselves with uh, Daria Nicolodi, which I absolutely love that theme. He carries it in Stenhall Syndrome and Bird with the Crystal Plumage. And I even Stenhall's think Stenhall's the most underrated shit yeah, ever. It's great. But he does that so many times and he's these I themes that I interest me in directors' movies. But um is the, the tomato meter is a seventy eight and the audience score is a sixty eight. Um, Damn, the good. tomato meter is kicking ass. This yeah. <laughs> well, they, they have more newer reviews on here too. So, um, but the good is timeout, and it is between shots of stunning mountain scenery. There are paranormal breezes, unfeasibly bright night lightning, and buckets and buckets of maggots. Dude, this guy that was the perfect. That was a very yeah. good description. I mean, the movie's batshit, and most of the time it wouldn't work when it's just like so many things added on and added on. But for some reason, this one works so well. For I me. love the cool breezy wind of the oh, of the, the mess. It's it's so good. It's so good. Perfect. And the bad is the best acting is by an expressive, resourceful chimpanzee. Definitely the year's <laughs> best supporting primate. Good <laughs> for the win. And that was by a guy named John uh, Parles or Parles. So, but he can fuck himself anyways, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty much. Because Donald Pleasance is the shit in that movie. Now, you said yeah. you watched Creepers instead. Yeah. 
I actually, and, and watching it, I, I was like, oh, doesn't that lady yell at Jennifer Connelly on the bus? And all sorts of things started coming back to me about it. Because the last time before this I watched it, I watched a long version, the super long version. Yeah, and which isn't the best that, version either. I always watch the middle version before the that. The middle version is the best version. Yeah, but I love the movie. And, yeah, and I watch the longest one every time, man. I can't be well, sure. Uh, well, it's not, the, it's not just the longer version. Ha- like, the longer version has worse... Um, music and stuff like that, and and they watch the era thing. It breaks down all the all the differences, and and it, I think this middle version is the best, like universally the well, best. The middle version is the one that um, Anchor Bay released. Yeah, that's the, the one that's release, kind of that was like, the original VHS yeah. of Anchor Bay released too. Yeah, 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 it's like yeah, the yeah. international middle version that's not extended. So I think all three versions are great. I think it's a great movie, but I'd probably go with the middle version next time I watched it because it's the one I've been seeing least lately. But uh, I mean, Jennifer Connelly's fantastic. It's got a fantastical quality about it too, which is really cool. And um, I'm going to go with a nine point five out of ten with it. I love it. Oh, there nice. it is. There it is. Cool. Is that a haul? Well, find out as, well technically, uh, I, I could actually go into this because it's actually my number four as well. Phenomena. And I agree. Like, the one thing, the aspect I love about Donald Pleasant's performance is he kind of comes off as kind of a creepy dude when he first meet him because when him and Jacob. Oh, you you the same size clothes as Greta, like Greta. <laughs> I have her jacket upstairs. You could fit into it, like Greta. Inga, get Greta's jacket. <laughs> it's this funny nasty like I'm just picturing like Duncan McLeish from podcasting the stairs turned. He is Scottish. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Like Duncan, Duncan and Donald. I want because fucking. Uh, because I re- listened to Duncan do like a show on this with uh, the Hail Ming boys. And they're like, what's one thing you like about this movie? It has a fucking chimpanzee packing a fucking razor blade. <laughs> a great sarcophagi. I love the the fucking fly and shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's one aspect of the movie I love. Like, the chimp is fucking wielding a weapon. It's fucking it's scary as fuck. Yeah. I don't like chimpanzees at all, man. They freak me I don't, out. I don't like... Well, did, did you know that the, the monkey bit Jennifer Connelly's yeah, finger? Almost- yeah, During, like, the final scene, the final they had scene to, like, of the movie, reta- right? reattach it. Yeah, oh, my God. Chimpanzees are very violent. If they, they don't belong in captivity. They They're will just fuck too smart. you up, too, man. They go for your genitals and your hands and your um, eyes. And oh. They're mean, man. I do that, too. but I mean, not not normally mean, I imagine, but they just don't belong in captivity, you know? Yeah. I mean, most animals don't, but... Yeah. Yeah, what do you mean, most? You no animals do. Yeah, talk to Tiger King. <laughs> No, I didn't well, I mean, watch. cats cats and dogs do pretty well in captivity. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're domesticated animals. I'm talking about wild animals, though. Yeah, well, you got to domesticate them somehow, right? <laughs> you got to hold them in captivity. But no, I'm just, I, I agree. I, I'm not a big fan of zoo, like, you know, the whole thing. But yeah. Sure. Bubble with a sure. shotgun puts it best. I want to go sure. see the bears. Bears but- don't belong in a zoo. <laughs> yeah, like like it it draws a thin line between like his supernatural horror movies and his like giallo films because it's pretty much a mixture of both. I love like the setting of it too, like the because I think he shot like me, the ending. But uh, let me ask you that: a lot of people caught like you see this 
called a giallo a lot. I don't consider this a giallo. Do you guys? Well, there's, a mis- there's a mystery to it, you know. Like it, it, it's more a giallo. I don't think it's. I mean, like there's a mystery no, to it. I think it has giallo elements. Maybe it's, it's like a, a progressive <laughs> giallo or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but, that would. Well, be, it has giallo well, elements, but every, so does everything that came out after seventy yeah. like two. Every it's, movie. It's, it's more a giallo yeah, than yeah, say stage sure. fright. No doubt, yes. I would probably mm. say so. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, Everybody sure. calls yeah, that one's uh, pretty good Stage Fright a Jello. I'm like, bitch, it's a slasher. Stage Fright yeah. is not a Jello. It's a slasher. This one has like a mystery to it, which makes it a Jello. You have like the cop element too. It the doesn't cops make it a Jello. Yeah, but the cop's barely part of it. He's a side character of the cop. Yeah, but then you have like the two characters that are not involved with the investigation. Well, and Donald Pleasant says, but J-Con is not in that sense too, where she's like the kind of outside character that you see in a usual a lot of giallo films so it yeah, does become a police procedural among them it does I, at points yeah i don't and think you, i don't consider it a giallo at all personally i i, I think it's like a it's a mixture like, i think it has the arguments for sure you know i'm not saying it's completely you know a giallo it has elements of slasher too like i love the scenes with the killers just stalking the victims with like Iron Maiden playing in the background, who the fuck wouldn't love that? That's fucking epic, you know. You know, Blade with the Ripper. Fuck yeah, that's fucking sweet. The longest phone cord in history. Uh, <laughs> and all I remember when I hear it is, and all, only thing I can remember is the iconic theme now is Moods doing power piano. Yeah, and there it is. Italian yeah. horror marathon. Me and Dylan was, were actually just talking about that the other day. Actually, fucking great, man. Or is, or as I, as I call it, the essence of Simonetti, like Claudio Simonetti possessed both of them and they started playing drums and piano and shit. <laughs> it's fucking funny. That's right, man. That's right. Yeah, I give it a 9.5 also, Dave. That's a Hall of Famer. So it does make the Hall of Fame with you, Moods, and Dave. Sweet, uh, sweet. Finally something that JP's not involved with or I can be like, yo, man, that's good. It, well, it, it, I think it deserved it. I mean, it's I, I'm the lower <laughs> rater of it. Um, but you know, it, it, it's something that we reviewed in the a long time ago on the Argento. Uh, the, it was like year three. Year three was it? Year three. It was. Yeah. Um, For the Italian boys, can't love Italian films. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. I like it. Q. Q. All right. I'm up. Yep. No, Carly. Uh, I have a Carly. question. Did I get kicked off the show and not realize? Yeah, Carly didn't go. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, did I you skip Dave. you? My Derek. Derek. My Derek. It's okay. I yeah, Derek jumped in. He's like, since you He's know, like, let me just say, oh, shit, man. Derek did jump the, gun there, Derek man. Derek okay. was like, like Carly, yourself, fuck bitch. you. I'm the teacher. You're the student. Watch how it's done. Yeah. Young, young, I'm probably. sorry, Carly. <laughs> no, it's all right. It was fitting. I mean, it was the same lashes. movie. Might as well. Ten lashes. That's what Damn. JP gives she me every night. She gives me later on celluloid. Justice for Carly. Ten lashes. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, I mean, my number uh, four was actually House. So, uh, yeah, House. That's Damn it! House. I'm out. Yeah, I had you. that as your number. Really? Four. Wow. I knew you. I, I thought you probably would. I, well, um, it, you threw me off because I had something it, else. It, then you said something, and I was like, maybe I'm wrong. So I, I originally put Return of the Living Dead, and I scratched out and put House. Yeah, Maggie. Um, but yeah, House, uh, fun, fun movie. Um, one that has grown on me. That's one that JP actually got me for like my twenty twentieth. I don't know. One of my birthdays, he got me that box set, and um, 
I've grown to love it. It is just fun. I, uh, you know, love the whole dynamic between dude and his neighbor. I think it, there's a lot of funny moments. There's a lot of creepy moments, too. I think the beginning with, uh, you know, the whole the woman hanging, anything with hanging is creepy to me. And there's actually a jump scare in this that kind of got me when I first saw it. So, um, yeah, I think it is a pretty fun movie. And uh, one one of those ones that I throw on just when I feel like watching something entertaining and don't want to watch anything too serious. So I give that one an 8.5 out of 10. Dope, dope. And again, sorry, Kylie. I'm sorry, you're the best. That's all right. Yeah, I know I'm dope. But yeah, that's all right. Sweet. 8.5. Three people had house. That uh, makes me happy. Yeah. Okay, so I guess um, getting back into order here. Sorry about that. It probably won't happen again. Probably won't happen again. Might not be able to survive 20 lashes, Derek. That was weird. <laughs> it, that generally doesn't happen, but I, I think that's actually the first time that's ever it happened. It made sense, before. though. It made sense. Yeah, it makes sense. A shadow child. All right, so coming in at my number four is the film that actually got me into horror films. Damn it. Fright no. Night. Fuck. Yes. Fuck! It is no, Fright I'm Night. Y'all are fucking dumb if you thought Fright Night was his number one. This is the film <laughs> that literally got me into, you know, into horror, man. I mean, the I was space. at that age, you know, it was 85, 86. I can't remember. This is the film that I credit for my whole being. First film I remember watching was this, and actually House too, man. About the same time. Uh, being a naive kid, didn't realize it was a comedy. Scared the shit out of me. Those fingernails, those fucking fingernails, man. On, on Jerry, man. On Jerry Dandridge, man. Like, scared the fucking shit out of me. All I could remember as a kid and growing up was this dude that was like freaked out by his neighbor. That was possibly a vampire, not human. Something that was wrong. Scared the shit out of me. This movie works on all levels to me, man. I love... At the time, I never realized how good the music was. The score is amazing. Soundtrack's awesome. It works great. I do have one minor problem. Someone mentioned this earlier. I can't remember who did. But the, um, the club scene... Last a little bit too long. Me. But every time I watch this movie, I'm just like, by the end of it, I'm like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. It's amazing. It's a good movie. I'm not gonna. I I I like Fright Night, and it and it grows and goes down, up, down for me all the time. Dude, don't lie. Don't lie. You don't like it. So no, I I do. Um, I do. I've seen this movie in the theater and in the drive-in and on fucking VHS. I've seen it everywhere. In a house, you know, man, I, I, you know, over the years, man, you know, I never realized even through the first probably 20 watches, I never realized, you know, as a kid, you know, through the 80s and 90s, I never even realized the homoeroticness of the film. I still, I just found out tonight. (laughs) Really? Okay. Well, (laughs) I mean, it's become a thing when I was older. You notice when, you know, when you watch films a different way and stuff, I'm like, it's like, oh, Jerry, man, he's got a live in roommate. He's a dude. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of weird. He's not even gay. He's like he's like straight up bisexual. It's kind of this weird, kind of strange thing. But it doesn't fucking matter. I don't know why people even relay these type of things on their reviews and stuff. It's like who cares what his sexuality preference is? It doesn't fucking matter at all. His sexual me- preference is blood. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great point, man. It's about blood at that point. You know, it's great. It's this movie has. Blood. I love that it's kind of a parody on, you know, everything, you know, with, uh, you know, the whole fucking uh, Peter Vincent character. I mean, really. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know what's funny? I love that is shit. I actually won a, the night I talked to Stephen Jeffries. I called into a radio podcast back in like 2010. And the question was, what is the two actors name that Peter Vincent is based off of? And I was a dumb fucking kid at the time, like 16 years old. And I knew Vincent Price, but I couldn't figure out Peter Cushing. And they kind of helped me out. Um, and I, I won a prize, two prizes. So, nice. And they sent them to me. It so, makes a lot of sense, you know. I mean, that was my first radio appearance. Yeah, I love that shit, man. I, I think the direction's great. I think the the music's great. I think the acting's great. I think, you know, I mean, people kind of take this movie to extremes with uh, the the homoeroticness of it and stuff. Like I said before, you know, it's kind of funny because when you take out, you know, Amy P- uh, Peterson and stuff, like she wasn't outed at the time. You know, either was um, Evil Ed, Stephen Jeffries. They weren't even gay at the time. I don't think he was ever gay, honestly. <laughs> he was just doing that shit. Dude. But, like, everyone kind of puts into perspective, like, these guys were fucking, you know, this movie's like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 kind of gay. So it's not really that that way at all. But All, all vampire yeah. movies have that sexual tinge to them. But yeah, there is okay, definitely so. homosexual stuff in here, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where I'm leading to, because... Every vampire movie seems to be that kind of level. You know, it always has that kind of homoeroticness to it. It always has that, you know, heightened sexuality to it and stuff like that. This one just kind of does it a little bit different. It's a little bit more subtle. You know, I mean, there's other films that do it a little bit more extreme. This one does a little more subtle. You know, you kind of have to figure it out. It just so happens that some of the main characters turned out to be actually gay characters in real life. So it kind of puts a stigma on them. Romero does. Like yeah. George Romero kind of cast people like that too, so Tom Holland could have seen that and cast them. But there's Who definitely knows? more of a, a longing, and you know that Evil Ed is you know misplaced in society, and that idea that he can finally be, you know what, you know above it. If that's the case, man, Tom Holland is fucking brilliant, man. And like, it, I I feel like Tom Holland is kind of like me too because I feel like I would have done the same thing with that type of shit you know it's subconsciously like, you could do it you subconsciously man like i mean you know i you know we make a lot of fucking gay jokes on this podcast and stuff when we talk shit about everybody and stuff at the end of the day man we're we're regular people we don't yeah. actually think like that you know we're not homophobic we're not you know we're not fag haters and not stuff at like all that. man you know it's like we don't we use these words and stuff as unless jokes your name's stuff. Jerry. But, I don't use those words. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, I mean, people that know us, they understand where we're coming from and stuff like that. I feel like this is, you know, this is kind of a representation of our podcast, too. And it's a great fucking movie, dude. Great effects, great soundtrack. I think the acting is great. I think fucking. Um... Plus, Tom Holland did the fucking Langoliers, man. Shut up. Where's uh, Sheridan, man? I always feel is it's one CGI, of my favorites. The whole ended. Fucking <laughs> guys, I love the like these fucking shitty CGI ball. I no, don't no, like no, the no, Langoliers, no. but it has the worst CGI of all time. It, it has the worst CGI of all time. <laughs> I used to <laughs> like it. It's I watched awesome. that movie with my mom. Of all oh, movies, Langoliers. <laughs> you like, he did the Langoliers. He did. He wrote Psycho too. He directed Child's Play. He wrote yeah. The Beast Within. Yeah, he I love it, The Beast Within. Thinner. And Class yeah, of Thinner's underrated. Class of '84. Oh yeah, Beast Within. '84, I love. I love '84. 
with yeah. also with Roddy McDowell. He has a great little career. Not, yeah. not he didn't have a bunch of stuff, but the stuff he did do. Oh, and plus he's the best part of Hatchet too. Yeah, he's great in Hatchet too. I don't know about great. <laughs> I don't think. I think. I think that acting in Hatchet too was uh, Adam Green not telling anybody to pull it back, and everybody's just like, "Ah, I'm going for Oscar." Hatchet two is the fucking worst, man. <laughs> I agree. I don't like it. You guys are fucking haters. Yeah, they're all. I, I gave it a three out of five. Least, it's my three least out of five. Wait, three out of five. What? You know, uh, right out of five. Uh, that's six out of ten. Five point five out of ten. Then. Yeah, uh, I gave it a six point five when I think it when I reviewed. I'm like at eight. Yeah, I'm like at seven point five. Special effects are great, or not great, but no, they're not. They're the worst in the series. Yeah, they're they're fun though. The chainsaw shit's cool. Yeah. Are we talking about Friday Night still? I think that honestly, man, I think the tension in the film is great. You know, for a film that's supposed to be kind of comedic, I think the you know the suspense and the you know those elements actually work really fucking well for what it is. I think the acting's great, man. You know, I like this kind of love interest, and like I've always said before that I'm not like a huge fucking fan of you know kind of love interest type shit and like that. But when you yeah, put I like it, that aspect. No, but the thing is, when you put it into a vampire narrative, it works yeah. differently because that's kind of what it's about. Right, narratives brings out that romanticism. Yeah, man, you know, like vampirism and you know, like love and stuff. It kind of goes hand in hand, so it kind of makes sense. But they don't overdo it here. It doesn't get cheesy. It doesn't get like to that point and stuff. And you know, I mean, I always feel growing up, I always wanted to see evil as as a fucking human further on in the film before he gets turned. I like evil. Ed's one of my favorite aspects of the movie. Yeah, like I, I always felt like you know he gets turned too early in the film, but like when I watch it more and more, I'm like, you know what? It kind of works great because it they play off it right. They they incorporate yeah. him after. It and feels stuff, like stuff's is... cut out with him. Yeah, it's like character development. It feels like it's cut out, especially like Jerry Dandridge. Like you're into the occult and stuff. Like they don't ever dive into yeah, that when, very deep. <laughs> How would he know? I mean, like Maybe they, they hint bit. at it, but they don't ever go into it. the movie's very subtle. Actually, it's, fucking... it's a very subtle movie. Yeah, it is, and, that, and again, yeah. that's what I'm coming to, man. It's like, like there's so many subtle aspects of this film that kind of, kind of get you thinking, and that's a good thing when you're watching horror films. You know? I agree. So, you know, Friday <laughs> for me, man. You know, it's a very nostalgic thing for me because it is the film that I credit for myself being in this realm of horror. You know, and uh, but you know that that's definitely an aspect for me. Yeah. I watch this film hundreds and hundreds. I swear, I mean, not literally hundreds and hundreds of times. That'd be ridiculous. But I've watched this film a lot of times, dozens and dozens, maybe over the fucking years. Four thousand. It times. never seems to get shitty to me. I always love it every time I watch it. Man, it's one of those films I can always go to. It's a go-to film. It's a comfort film. It's one of those films I feel like it just kind of completes me every time I watch it. Ten out of ten. I love this movie. Dang. That's my number four. Who else had it? I had it. Carly? Yeah. What did you have, Carly? Uh, I think I gave it an eight. Eight. Yeah. That makes it, I think. I gave it a nine. No. No. No, no. that still doesn't make it. All right. Yeah. All right. Number four for me with an eight and a half out of tens is Dario Argento's Demons. I'm just joking. Uh... <laughs> Wait, you're just joking? That's not your number? No, no it's not Dario Argento, brah. Dario Argento. I thought we established that it's Dario Jones. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, So I I said, (coughs) 
<laughs> in October when I saw Demons 2 in the theaters with 700 people. That is one of my favorite movie theater experiences that I've ever had. It was this fucking batshit yeah. crazy. I just fucking love Demons 2. Uh, great, great appreciation for that movie. It's as fun as hell. And this movie's fun, too. I love the setting. I love all the creatures. I love how they're all... The, the effects and the makeup are fantastic, and it carries over into Demons 2, but... Uh, I think that really carries out that each demon has its own personality, which makes sense because they're just really just people deep down mm-hmm. inside. But I love that aspect of it, and it carries over into demons too with everybody having their own kind of personality. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say, but I love demons. Yeah, it, it's it's a great movie. It's really fun. It's a really fun movie, man. Yeah. You set eight point five on that one. Yeah, well, already in the hall, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> back to me. Okay, yep. Bre- breaking into the top three. Number uh, threes. I'm not sure if. I mean, I, I, you guys probably thought this would be on my list, but I'm not sure. Uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Number three. I called that, didn't I? No, you said Did. six. You said it was going to be his number one. Maybe a few times. No, I said come and see was going to be really one. number three. Crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two uh, also made my top fifty. Um. As did, I think five films made my top fifty, and they're all represented on this list. Um. So Friday Thirteenth, or sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Part Two. Um. It just works for me, man. I, I think Freddy is the scariest in the series here. Uh, and when I was a kid, actually, this is the one that scared me the most. I would be, I would be really, and actually, what's funny is Part Five did too, but that was more of like a, a margin of error because it was so bad. No, oh, the opening of Part Five in the, you know, when he's being rebirthed or whatever. The yeah, because it's really bad. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Um, I love, you know, it's supposed to be what Ohio Springwood's in. Yeah, right? yeah, oh, yeah. None of yeah. none of these fucking movies look like Ohio. <laughs> none of them, dude. They're all like California. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the set, like like the school that they go to, like um, the classroom stuff, and them walking outside. Like I always thought it was cool. Like no school in Ohio would have lockers outside. Mm-hmm. None. You know what I mean? So, Nightmare on Elm uh, Street is very suburban horror, though. And all Craven's movies were pretty much suburban horror. I, I love suburban horror, dude. It's like one of my favorite things. And uh, so, yeah, the, the rules, yes, the rules are not the same. Like, there's some questionable shit, like why the parrot explodes and stuff like that. Fighter <laughs> uh, crackers, dude. Are you Fire kidding me? That yeah. shit is completely unexplainable. There's no explanation well, well, to there's that. A, there's a scene in Elm Street One that's Cherry unexplainable bombs. where Nancy is clearly awake and Freddie. Um, I think it's a scene where he calls her on the phone. Dude, she was not sleeping for that the scene. The science of Freddie Krueger sure can sleeping? never but, be come made. On, man. It doesn't make any this sense. This shit happens in front of the sense. fucking family, man. This is like straight up. Maybe well, it's a result of him kind of being possessed. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think that he's channeling. It's channeling through. Jesse, like Je- that's Jesse's powers. I don't know. I um, think it's bullshit. Too, to Freddy, but um, mm-hmm. but it's it, you know it's different rules. You know, we we don't know that Freddy can't do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Science of Freddy Krueger does not make sense in any of the movies. It's illogical. 
Well, yeah. it, especially it is very illogical for sure. When you it's when nightmare you, logic, right? Yes. Um, and w- you know, how can I complain? We never. is my favorite director of all time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he right? relies the on best nightmare time. logic, so. and it's the best shit. It's scary. It's Maybe that's why the only love... shit that can scare you. Exactly, man. It's probably why yeah, I've been always drawn to the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise because it's still logic. The the way that I always take it is, as the Freddy's world, the dream world, and Jesse's reality world like mend closer together, he has more reach to the outside world. The house how, is probably haunted as fuck too. That <laughs> you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I I like the lead female here too. I forget her name, but she was in Hellraiser Four as well. I know her. Was she in Hellraiser Four? Kim Grass is her name. I've seen her around a few times. Um, I like Mark Patton as Jesse. One thing that I always connected with with um, this film is when I was growing up, there was like a lot of the slasher films did not have male leads. So anytime we got one, whether it was Friday, four or five and six or Elm Street two, what did I connected with him? (laughs) You connected with the gate or or with the, I mean, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I connected with, you know, being in the closet and there's nothing wrong with that. You connected with being in the closet, yo? You just, you just realized that like the reason why you connected with this film so much is because it was a dude. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, because I could put myself in his position, you know. You're gay, buddy. Well, I've what told what you position that was that? Times. Doggy style or missionary or what was that position? <laughs> Pitcher um, or catcher. <laughs> but you know, I, and I, I like with Corey Feldman, especially in Friday Four, being a kid watching it, you know, you can really put yourself in that situation. Uh, but and yeah, Michael so Jackson I, said the same thing. The uh, geez. <laughs> The un- that was actually an un- that was probably the best joke you've ever done there. <laughs> Thank you. I should do more shit um, faces. So, where the fuck was I going with this? I don't no, even the know the underrated male slasher lead. I like the underrated like it, it's it's something different, and I like to see it every once in a while. I love the scream queens, even though the the torch is handed off like it, in the climax of this movie, and it becomes a lead slasher female. You know, well, he's the damsel in distress. Yeah. Um, I never noticed the gay shit when I was a kid, honestly. I didn't either, but it, as you get older, you're like, what the fuck? How did yeah, I notice this? No one 80s. ever said anything when I was it a kid. No one said a fucking word about it. I was a kid, or then we watched I it won't more, lie, like, man. Watching Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I didn't realize the gay shit either. You know? Yeah. Through the night, I was like, whatever. Just watch <laughs> how it is, man. Then when he's jerking yeah. off with that little... I, I love that opening bus scene the scene where freddy's down in the basement you know you've got the body i've got the brain the fact that he's like hovering over his sister with the fucking claw knives is scary and shit the eyeball on the yeah. back of the throat's badass the eyeball on the back of the throat's great um, that's a nightmare logic Theta masochist fucking bdsm how are those dogs is pretty his, his beast dogs <laughs> there's like evil cats too there's weird shit like evil yeah. cat evil dog yeah, it's it's like the haunted house Elm Street film. I dig it. It's 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 an eight point five out of ten. Hey, one thing that I gotta mention about the Nightmare on Elm Street. My brother was like five years older than me, so his friends would always hang around. And uh, this is really rude to say, but my brother's friend was like, "You know what? We just because I like horror movies, so I'd always talk about them." He was like, "How come all the women in Nightmare on Elm Street always look nasty? Like they're all fucked up looking and weird." And he's like, "Friday Thirteenth, they look great, but Nightmare on Elm Street, all the women they just look weird. They're like." 
<laughs> so I thought that was strange. Like, it's not true, person. though, man. There's a lot of no, good-looking women. Said, but no, yeah. I know, I know. But they just look. They don't. They're not the typical leads. Like they don't look like a Patricia Arquette doesn't look like you know the super smoke like, like hot. And then Friday Thirteenth, they are more generic. Like you know, they're better like, actors, maybe. You know, ideal. No, ideal. Like pretty for the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Adrian King doesn't strength. look like a fucking lead to me, really. No, no. From Friday One. That's where they killed her <clears> off in Part Two. Amy Steele, I think, is the probably the best uh, no, i killed her off in part two because she didn't want because she had a stalker from part one yeah yeah i yeah. know I, just, I know you're just joking you're joking yeah amy Steele's probably the in my opinion amy Steele is probably the best slasher it moves yep sorry um you didn't like how nightmare on elm street 2 opened up how it changed the rules but did you feel that way about friday 13th part two because they they changed they do something in that where he leaves they the campsite and they never does it again <laughs> But there's argument that that's a dream sequence or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird. Well, what about the fact that he's an adult? That doesn't. That doesn't... Hey, we already passed that. We can't do nothing about that. Well, I mean, I have an easier time understanding the reality of Jason because it's set in you know this kind of fictional reality world. But when you're dealing with like dream shit. Oh no, man! It's what it's a, a little bit far fetched. people. Yeah. Uh, anyways, you know. We, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So am I up? Yep. yep. Yes. Yep. All right. It's been mentioned before. <clears throat> um, it is the most heavy metal horror movie of all time. It is Lamberto Bava's Demons. God damn it! I love it. I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I this could be your number one. It's <laughs> the most. Is everybody still in this? Did anybody get out completely? I'm, I'm out all, from. I'm Carly, only out from Carly. Carly. I'm out for Carly and Dave now. Wait, did J- JP? You I'm... said house, right? Yeah, for you. I for no, I mean like for your. Did you have that on your? Oh wait, yeah. I'm already. You, okay? Yeah, I'm out with you and moods. I'm still in. Besides Carly. Okay. Um, dude, this movie is awesome. Love the cast. Love everything about it. It's oh, the only time heavy metal works. It gets super huge at the end. It just goes completely bonkers. I love it. Um, on the tomato meter, it got a 60%. On the audience score, 65 The good review, Anton Bittel. Lamberto Baba's postmodern pandemonium presents the potential for viewing itself to unleash the beasts within. And that's probably a reference to, you know, the movie itself overtaking the audience, which is actually fucking brilliant. And that's probably, you know, that feels like a Dario thing he would do, actually. I wonder if he added to that storyline. And the bad, uh, Ron Gonzalez, eFilmCritic.com. And this dude is totally fucking out of his element here. It's repetitive and borderline pretentious without the -the over-the-top looniness that distinguishes the better Italian splatter. This dude didn't even watch the movie because this is the definition of over-the-top looniness that distinguishes the better Italian splatter. (laughs) And it's not not repetitive and borderline pretentious at all. Yeah, I would be surprised if you watched the movie. I, I, this guy just had no clue what he did. He well, he never watched another time. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I love this movie, and um, I guess I'll keep it quick. Sorry, I'm talking over you guys. I'm just trying to speed it up because I feel yeah, like I've said everything about it. Um, and there's, you know what, JP, ten out of fucking ten. Love it. All right, Time it's already in the hall, so it doesn't matter. Dude, you yeah, can talk you longer about demons. Make it a perfect ten. It's a thirty. <laughs> Well, and nothing's going to beat Scream. That's like a 70 out of 70. Uh, 
All right, uh, Carly. Me. Okay, my number three is Reanimator. Nice. Yeah. Uh, really, with this one, it's just like Jeffrey Combs, I think, still is a show for me. I find him super entertaining to watch. I think he's great in the character. I like the concept of him kind of living with that, you know, pretty normal dude, and he's just kind of living in his basement, and he's doing all these experiments downstairs, and that, you know, it's got, um, it's beats of comedy, but they're not like, it's not really in your face comedy or anything like that. It's just stuff that comes off as kind of quirky. And um, again, I think that's just kind of Jeffrey Combs' character. Um, I've become a pretty big fan of him. I think he's a great actor. He can take on any role and really nail it. Um, a lot of great uh, elements to this movie. Love the blatant ripoff of Psycho music. I um, think it's great. Which, if you ever look that up on YouTube, uh, everyone in the comments is butthurt and says, like, no, it sounds nothing like Psycho. It's not like that at all. What are you talking about? Richard but um, says he ripped it off. He parodied it. The fucking dude who does it was like, yeah, it's like Psycho. It's a homage yeah, to Psycho. Yeah, Richard Bean. Like, it's not Psycho. Shut up. Yeah, Richard Bean. Richard Bean's like the fucking composer that just rips off <laughs> other composers because if you listen to his score to the Resurrected, it's so Jerry Goldsmith. Or you listen to his score on fucking um, what's the other movie he did this year? Um, Zone Troopers. It just sounds like Star Wars. Yeah. Zone Troopers sucks. It's all right. Yeah, but yeah, I swear I looked up this music like a long time ago and everyone in the comments was like defending it saying like it's not a ripoff i swear but um who cares it's awesome uh great movie uh another one i didn't really grow up with but over time i've grown to really enjoy it uh, i think it's just a blast so i give it a nine out of ten dopeness Derek, you're up fuck yeah fuck yeah and yeah did, number did that hit all six lists reanimator yep all yeah. nines though i think yeah, and uh, this one's number three is a classic, and that is George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. Damn it. Fuck yeah, I love me some Day of the Dead. Joe Pilato, my homie from East Boston. Fucking love Damn. him as Rhodes. Good man, R.I.P. Dude, I remember yeah. drinking with that motherfucker the same weekend I met Dave. It was awesome. Yep. It was great, man. Joe and my wife actually fucking hit off pretty well. It was actually kind of disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) He loved loved my wife, man. It was crazy, but he loved me too. He gave me his personal number and shit. I was like, dude, no, I ain't fucking with that. This movie's pretty fucking racist. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the characters are. It's not a racist movie. Yeah, it's it's not meant to be racist. He definitely always plays that into his movies. Yeah, it definitely does, and you know, the aspect that I always like about it's it is like... a reality aspect, man, for sure. And I, I love the soundtrack this movie. John Harrison's score is one of the most underrated scores of all time. It's my favorite score it's, it's ever, beautiful. I think. It's, actually it's beautiful. so good. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Sam Edwards tried to argue me, with me that it's forgettable. Yeah, you can go fuck off. Uh, somebody, somebody's a fucking idiot. Who said that shit? Sam. Sam, Sam that fucking troll motherfucker. Sam said that? Oh, wow fucking moron shit right there yeah he, that's he says a lot stupid of idiot he's a fucking <laughs> fuck that woman hater no i sam's bullshit good. Sam's good. the soundtrack's sam's right. amazing he, he he backtracked a little bit and said it was a good score he just liked the dawn of the dead score better <laughs> that's the that's yeah, the more popular i didn't, I didn't want anybody to know that part oh my god <laughs> retarded retarded <laughs> whatever but uh, <laughs> i love it the performances are great like i know dave is a huge steel fan that's his Fuck spirit. Yeah. All, all of the characters are good, man. Bob, 
Dr. Frankenstein, who me and Carly just talked about in the crazies recently. Fucking, yeah. Fucking awesome shit right there. I love the movie. It's a perfect movie, in my opinion. Uh, definitely probably the best horror film of the year, in my opinion. But there's two other films I hold a little bit closer to my heart, but it's still in my top ten horror films of all time. I still love Day of the Dead with a passion. Perfect film for me. Ten out of ten. Love it. Good shit. It's yeah, nice. man. I agree. That's a that's an awesome fucking movie, man. Um, the fuck number are we on right now? Three. Oh, we're on number three. <laughs> 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 All right. Who's so drunk? my number three, man, coming in at uh, you know, of course, man. This has got to be on the list, man. Return of the Living Dead. And I'm out. Me too. Love it, love it, love it, love it. That's what I had as your number one. I actually, I actually forgot when we first did it again. Is I was out for moods too because I had Friday night as number one, so I was out. Really? You guys are all stupid, and I'm I not. Sworn that he had that it would have been returned. I thought he would. I, I I know what it is now, obviously, but we'll get to it when we get to it. I had no clue what anyone's would be. <laughs> you know what, man? Day of the Dead is like that perfect horror comedy to me man it's got nothing like dead you mean yeah good old day of the dead did i say day of the dead (laughs) yeah we're all we're all sleep exhausted i can tell we're all return of the living dead is one of those movies (laughs) that uh i mean it's got a perfect blend of comedy and horror you know i love it man mixed with the the most perfect soundtrack i mean the soundtrack is absolutely amazing the score is amazing in the film too but uh, the thing that sells Return of Living Dead for myself is the dialogue. I absolutely loved the, you know, the whole probably first 20, 30 minutes of the film with uh, Bert and Frank, man. It's like, I mean, with Freddie and Frank. Frank, yeah. They're great together. Right that whole this. idea is perfect. It, it reminds me of like like my grandpa or like like a uncle fucking with you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like he's like, hey, you want, it's it's dead on. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. I mean, <laughs> the fact is kind of parodying fucking Night of Living Dead and shit like that is absolutely brilliant. Genius. But so genius, man. Yeah, I mean, but there's there's not a lot of fucking films out there that can keep your attention, dialogue wise. When I watched Return of the Living Dead, I actually watched the shit for the dialogue because I love the, great, the interaction with the characters and stuff, man. It's not about what's happening and what's going to happen, even though the ending of the film is like complete fucking sheer comedic genius. I think it's hilarious and so fucking funny. It's kind of sad, but, I, you know, I love it. But, um, but everything that's happening up to that point, man, dialogue-wise, is like amazing. So good shit. Um, Turn Living Dead Man is one of those movies that you I, I feel like you can watch over and over again, never get sick of, and that's pretty much why it's at the top of the list because it is one of those films. Is it one of the best made films of all time? Absolutely yes. not. I don't think it actually is one of the best. I say yes. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think no, it's no, one of the least. You see people is. nitpicking it. I could see. I can't. I'll fuck them up. <laughs> see I honestly don't think you it's like one of the best it. made films I mean cinematography is great you know there's a lot of good aspects of it. the effects are awesome in this man I mean you can't fuck with Tar Man 
lot of shit that's going on in this film is is really really great, man. One of my favorite things about this movie. I like, he's like when they set up the. Sorry, I like when they set up the step where he's like, "Watch that step, it's a doozy," and then like steps a bitch. Yeah, and then like later in the movie, the bitch falls through the steps. Yeah, yeah. they do lots of setups and payoffs <laughs> in this too. Mm-hmm. There's so just small fun. details that are wonderful, like the butterflies and all sorts of things. split dogs. Just split the whole dogs. split dogs, dogs gotta go too. That's what I'm saying, man. That's one of my favorite uh, parts in the film, man. It's actually the split dogs. Like I don't know why that shit always stuck with me, man. But it's like a split dog barking. It's great. What are we gonna do? It's We're gonna man. kill it. What are we gonna do? I just like how unfucking. Like how hopeless the whole concept of this particular. Um, I like the fact that the the trioxin is, dude. It's it's fucking scary, man. It, I just it, love the yeah. I love this small buildup of these guys turning into zombies. Then they, you know, they go to this fucking, you know, to the whatever the fuck house you want to call it, man. The but the dude house. is clearly not. He's kind of a Nazi, man. He's kind of a Nazi. Oh, Ernie Kaltenberger? He, he's, he's definitely kind of a fucking Nazi, Nazis. man. Like, he doesn't give a fuck about what's going on and shit like that, but he still he's has got a Luger and shit. Exactly, man. Yeah, I love these characters, the most, man. He's also one of the most endearing, nice characters in the movie. And yeah. he might be a Nazi. And yep. it's, it's kind of crazy. And the relationship that he has with um, Bert is seems very real of two guys that were pretty good friends and known each other for a very long time time well, that's yeah, their interactions are really touching actually. you know what i mean like huh? they, they own businesses next to each other no, they've they known each yeah. other 25 years give or take and and the yeah, line well, that always i probably know only about 25 years yeah. <laughs> the one thing that kills me is at the very end when they're um he's like bert that favor you owe me out there he's like yeah and he nods he says watch your ass out there and bert goes to laugh it off and he gives a head nod that he's like no i'm fucking serious and they both their faces change right there and you just get like chills up your back because it's a so um, um a little small meaningful moment that is just yeah. well the, the, the performances um, yeah honestly bert wilson to me when i think spirit like you know derek's always like he's my spirit animal i'm like bert wilson's my spirit animal like he's Hell jovial yeah. but he has a temper i can like, picture you as a as a kook caliger bert wilson yeah i could picture you as a nazi too Oh, um, that's Ernie Kaltenberger, bro. I'm talking about Bert oh, Wilson. Bert, okay. I hit I'm the not fucking a, brain. Not as nice as Ernie. Bert. I, could, I hit <laughs> the fucking nice. brain. See, did you ever notice that the eye chart says, like, Bert is a Bert is a slave driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, I always um, love the fact that this movie, not only, you know, with our main characters and stuff, man, but we got so many amazing, you know, kind secondary of fucking... Character. Secondary fucking. characters, man. They're fucking. They have fucking Quigley, man. Nude, John Philbin, Miguel. Without, Nude, without a bush. All these dudes, How about man. that? 85, no Bush. Flash Merkin. Well, I mean, the whole Bush thing is kind of interesting, man, because they covered He's that wearing shit up. A flash which, yeah. kind of, which is kind of a shame because, you know, it was 85, and, like, we've seen a million Bushes on fucking screen before. Yeah. No, no, she we, didn't have a Bush. It was shaved. It was a Flash Merkin. They couldn't show her vagina. No, the they shaved is, it because no, no, no. they didn't want to show the, the Bush, is, and then they, they were like, you can't show that, so they put a Flash Merkin over it. Yeah, yeah. so no, they, they shot the scene. Happened. They shot that's the scene happened. originally with her Bush. No, and she didn't have a bush, and they said we can't show your bare vagina. They share, so, they shaved it for it, and then yeah. they were like, "Oh fuck, this looks even worse." So they put a flesh merchant on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, exactly, I man. She had a bush. They shot the scene. The producer came in. He's like, "No, what the fuck, man? You can't fucking see that shit." And so they put the shit over, and well, yeah, yeah. had to. Do you guys like bushes? Bush. No, but, absolutely not. I like uh, a fucking okay. lining strip, but. Seems like everyone's always like, "Oh man, there's no bush." I always, I'm always curious if you guys just are attracted to that or you're they've, just they've like, just oh, watched man. Revenge of the Nerds too many times. No, I just listen to STPs. I want to run for your wicked garden. 
Also, the sound cues, the music cues in here are very memorable. Dude, and the oh, music, dude, the, the soundtrack is like amazing. Well, not dude. even the soundtrack, the music cues. Bang, da, 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 oh, all those. Those are yeah. great, too. When they run outside at the very end with the bats the and they get to the here? car, exactly. all of it's great. It's the very memorable. Score? Sound cues are connected to your brain like that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's but, another but the thing that just good too. sells the shit yeah. for me, man. Yeah. 45 grand. I'm a big music guy, as everybody knows. All that shit is like a fucking. Yep. There's a, a weird you out that the skeleton that comes out of the ground has eyes. It's it's a it, they have a lot of shit in there that's dumb. Like the zombies have been yeah, eating yeah, those yeah. Two paramedics' brains for hours, yet they still have brains in their head. Come on, yeah, yeah. you gotta forgive some things. I, I, I like think it's that. pretty Absolutely. clever writing that the brains like stop the pain of being dead. It makes like because nobody logically said like why did the fuck do they want to eat the people's it brains? It doesn't fucking yeah. matter, man, because it's like a, it's. It's it a makes sense. It's, it's a, a comic book fucking, movie. That's what it feels matter. like. It doesn't matter. It's an EC comic style. No, cool. it does matter. That's what they made it matter. That's what's cool about it. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, who's who's was that? Moods. Oh. What'd you rate again, Moods? Did you say? Oh. Who? Ten out of ten. I love it. It's <clears throat> amazing. Yeah, uh, I agree. Oh, yeah. yeah, I have Return of the Living Dead 2 as my number three. That's love not the for me. Return of the <laughs> No, he, he said yeah. he also has, he has Return of the Living Dead 2. He, yeah, he has it also. T-O, uh, not T-W-O. T-O-O, actually. I, I knew what oh, you thanks. meant, Jeremy. <laughs> 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 At least I you dumb fuck. <laughs> Jeremy. Right. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> But he, that's it's okay, little guy. Because he always fucking talks shit on me for my grammar, and then this motherfucker says the wrong two. Fucked up his twos, damn it. <laughs> Which is like one of the most easy ones. Oh, go fuck. No, it. dude, you fuck that up. <laughs> I don't, dude. Fuck it up because I don't care. No, dude, you fuck it up because you're dumb as fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeremy, Return of the Living Dead 2. No, I mean, we just talked about it. I love the punk rock kind of attitude. I love the characters. I love the interaction. Fuck them out. Them. Okay. <laughs> I'm still in on Dave, Derek, and Jeremy. I love the interactions between them. I think everybody does a fantastic job. As you know, I'm not a huge zombie fan, but this is definitely one of the better ones. And I give it a nine and a half out of ten. Turn of the All right. So continuing on that train, my number two is Return of the Living Dead. Good show. Um, it is such a fantastic, epic, awesome movie. And honestly, like, there's like five horror films that I can watch over and over and over again and never get tired. Um, this is included in that five. It's TCM two, Return of the Living Dead, and Elm Street three is like kind of the main three. But um, Return of the Living Dead, it just it is insanely quotable for me. Like me and my friend Dean used to just put it on in the background. It would end. We'd replay it, replay it. Just keep keep it going for eight hours all day. And uh, I, you know, we something. I mean, we've mentioned so much, but to mention something that we haven't mentioned is actually when um, Freddie and um, Frank start turning. Like they're <laughs> they're looking a little sweaty and like a little gross, and then like it cuts to them and they're. <laughs> And, like look horrible dude yeah. the makeup is so good on them because they look fucking like they're dying you know what I mean and he's like you mean we're dead and he's like well technically he's like, technically you're not alive. the wounds on him are just like disgusting like the bruising and ugh. 
I love when fucking Tom Matthews just turns full zombie, like, I'm gonna eat your brain! That's a great turn. Great acting performance, too, because you see when he dies in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. The only blemish on this entire film has nothing to do with the film, but it's, it's the, I like everybody so much in it, and um, Scuzz is technically a uh, convicted pet of child molester. But he's also the shittiest character, too, so... Yeah, and you know what sucks is I or, I pre-ordered more brains the documentary back when that shit was made. Yeah. Um, and he came with a signed poster of three of the cast members, and and he was one of them. Oh, he's got nothing going on. Of course, he's one of them. <laughs> no, no, he's he's like a he's like big in Disney. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> no, like, like he worked on he's like a producer for like uh yeah the disney channel and stuff like there was a documentary i watched talking about how like there's some shady pedophilia type stuff going on with disney yeah victor salva worked for disney on powder yeah um and you know what actually friday five dominic the joey character um that's allegedly somebody who yeah, yeah. consensually hooked up with Corey Haim a bunch yeah, well, but he was a he was a teen. He was underage, so it makes it gross. Yeah, and then Joey gets killed by suicide because suicide is actually the guy who plays the you know yeah. Nick Dick. Forget it, Dick. Yeah, forget it, Dick. And then suicide <laughs> died young too. He died of cancer. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's messed up, man. Um, but I I love pretty much even um Jewel Shepherd. She's great. Um, she's she's awesome, man. I like. Oh, no choke a chicken. Yeah, I she's got one of the best lines in the movie, Chuck. I never did like you. She tells him the straight up truth. Yeah, I'm surprised got... she actually never gets naked in the film, considering she was yeah. in porn. She's in Jewel, the movie Jewel. She's naked. In the well, whole she took thing. the role because she didn't want to get naked. Yeah. Well, she was going to be trash at first. Exactly. But switched it. She turned yeah. down the role. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Um. She's she's cool. Uh. At most honestly, what sucks so bad about um this whole situation with the coronavirus is that they were doing a uh return of the living dead slash friday type of um little thing in in uh where was it carly monroeville um yeah yeah it yeah. was um yeah, yeah so the a bunch center. of you know miguel was gonna be there and and tom matthews oh, and so- the dawn of the dead mall actually the mall yeah in the dawn of the dead mall mm-hmm. um and it was just gonna be really cool so I'm, I'm a little bummed hopefully that's still possible at some point or whatever because uh, i really wanted to meet all these people and, and it would have been cool but uh yeah return living dead fantastic 100 percent out of 10 out of 10 i there's no i literally see nothing wrong with the film nice so uh, i'm up yep yeah Okay, we're at number two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is this my second favorite movie in 1985, not only is this my second favorite zombie movie, not only is this my second favorite horror movie, this is my second favorite film of all time. This is The Return of the Living Dead. Um, <laughs> Daniel Damn, Bannon. That's four in a row. Wow, and honestly, um, I love this movie. Uh, and uh, all my favorite movies are zombie movies. I'm not going to make any lies about it. And most of them pertain directly to George Romero. George Romero is my favorite, and everything that ties in with George Romero usually is my favorite. Children of the Living Dead, you like that one? Not particularly, but I don't hate it. <laughs> which is a, It's not great, but I don't hate it. I even like Flesh Eater, for Christ's sakes, quite a bit. Me too. So we, uh, <laughs> Return of the Living Dead is a 92 on the tomato meter. 
Um, 79% on the audience score. The good, Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. You fucker. It's kind of a sensational machine made out of the usual ingredients, and the real question is whether it's done with style. It is. And uh, we have um, a negative, which this I picked on purpose because it's going to piss you guys off. I'm not going to dive into the movie anymore because I talked a lot about it already several times when Boots was – we were all talking about it. Yeah. And this is actually an audience review, just a regular audience review, not a critic review because I couldn't find any negative critic reviews that were actually listed with reviews. So the bad, Gavin P. This dude's a fucking moron. Um, and I honestly don't hate Shaun of the Dead like you guys do, but this guy is a moron. Yes, it's funny parody of Romero's original of the Dead films, but once you've seen Shaun of the Dead, it really it's really hard to find uh, any other non-serious zombie movies <laughs> up to the caliber. And I think he spelled caliber. Fuck is re- dead. Yes, sure. This Th- film that reminds but it, it takes too long a start, and then it's suddenly over way too fast. Although it does have a great ending, maybe more for teenagers than anything. Gavin P, you are fucking stupid, and you don't understand the complexities of the zombie film or Romero's original trilogy, or that Day of the Dead wasn't even fucking released yet. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck that dude. Yeah, you know what, man? It reminds me of the podcasters that I used to listen to, and they their biggest complaint about Fright Night was that it's too much like Disturbia. Ten out of ten, the best. Jesus Christ. So that was Return, right? Yep. Lamb Chops. Had him for the right. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Your favorite Lamb Chops is There's a Three tens in a row. I love that guy, too. Yeah, that's... that's uh, Everybody had Return so far, haven't they? Almost. But that's like yeah. how many tens? That's that's a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, that's three tens. Very, Moose, JP, and Dave. Carly, right. you're up. All right, well... um. Yeah, this one's pretty unique. Um, no one has had it yet. Um, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's actually um, Return of the Living Dead. Oh, oh you, <laughs> you sandwich. All right, well, I would have been wrong What'd either way. Because, I called uh, you a sandwich. What does that mean? Oh, I don't I'm, glad I changed that. I'm glad I changed that. Fuck. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, it is a lot of fun, which is um, a theme for 85 movies. They're all just a lot of fun, and they have a lot of rewatchability. Um, this one has really, really grown on me. Uh, like I, I said earlier, I don't really like zombie movies too much, but this one just has a whole different feel to it. I guess it's because it's like not as serious as, uh, say, you know, Romero's movies. But, um, you know, yeah, love Tom Matthews and other dude um and i think the makeup effects are disgusting looking uh, the pale face and just like like i said earlier the bruising and it, it's actually kind of gross to me the half and zombies awesome yeah yeah uh, yeah um just uh yeah really fun movie great music uh great characters love all the punk people and their looks and their style and how you know some of them are super punk looking, and then you got that one girl who's just like all preppy looking. It's just um, cool <laughs> yeah, dynamic. Um, actually, kind of realistic, honestly, too, because reminds me of my friends and myself. Like no one was exactly the same, but um, yeah, great movie. I give it a nine point five out of ten. Dope. I, li- I like how Freddy. You get a little bit of backstory on them. They're like Freddy always knows where to party, and then you just see him like turning it off for his day job. Yeah. <laughs> but you just yeah. picture him outside of work being like a Hellraiser, you know? <laughs> For real. For sure. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint everybody else. Return of the Living Dead. No, I already had that. It yeah, was you like, had 
Five, Jeremy. <laughs> My number two is Demons. Fuck. Oh, oh you motherfucker. Are you serious? Yes. You just fucked my shit up, dude. Yeah, dude. You I had fucked me, Derek. One. You fucked me hard. Yep. Everybody that's too fucked. Carly and you have fucked. I'm already I, have I Derek only left. Dave I only have Dave here. left. I only have Derek left. Yeah, I, I love Demons. This is a very nostalgic movie for me, as everyone should know if they listen. This is the movie that actually got me into horror. I love it. I we could talk about it for hours. I, the one, one scene I wanted to bring up that no one talked about that I always remember from this movie is the great, like, uh, what is it? The fucking, uh, you know, when they're in the vents, uh, Fior, Argento, Argento's other daughter, not Aja, but Fior and her boyfriend in the film are crawling in the vents and you hear like the scraping of the nails and they're like, what the hell is that? It's coming from behind us. I mean, like, come on, you have to go in front of me now if you are, uh, I forget her name in the movie off the top of my head. It's coming in front of us now, what the hell? That fucking scene scared the shit out of me when she was a full-blown demon when I was a kid, and it stuck with me. And plus, the effects by Sergio Stavali, fucking amazing. Yeah, like, he went on to direct The Wax Mask, which is a very interesting film. I like it. I like it, too. Yeah, it's a very interesting film with a very interesting history if you read up on it or listen to any Should of the have been documentary. Well, unfortunately, Moods, it wasn't their fault he died. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, they totally could have brought it back, damn it. They could have brought it back if they wanted to. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Demons, still, I love it. It's in my top three as usual, but the one I picked for my number one I'll give the reason why, and this is the, when that film comes up. There's a certain reason why that film's my number one. Yeah, because you wanted bullshit. to fuck all of us. It'd just be bullshit. No, there's actually a touching and sad reason why. JP. Not until nineteen eighty-five. Are uh, you motherfucker? No. <laughs> so I still give demons the score I gave it again because it, it's 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 comfort food for me. It, is it if I nitpick? Can I nitpick shit about? It? Of course I can. Anybody can with anybody's favorite films. There's films like, even like on Zombie, uh, like uh, Brad Wyrm placement. Fuck it. I, I agree. Great. <laughs> oh, you fucking agree that there's bad. Oh my God. Somebody no. finally agrees with no. me. I always agree with you, JP. You're in his you. eyeball. Come on. We were we were together during When the Stranger Calls, bro. Dude, that. Listen back to that episode <laughs> if you want to hear some crazy shit. Who's <laughs> <laughs> uh. just fucking. I'm blown. Dude, uh, this has got to be this has got to be jokes right now. This has got to be jokes. But anyways, as always, it still stays the same. Ten out of ten for me. I love demons. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My number one. I mean, the who? Moods. Is it moods? It's just totally not oh. your turn, dude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not at all, actually. <laughs> yeah, man. Actually, like, there's you're there's jumping like, the gun like two. <laughs> Dude, he was just mind blown by my number two. <laughs> well, dude, we recorded for like six hours, so I mean, yeah, and you still have eleven to twenty-five to do. Oh boy, we ain't doing that tonight. Yeah, I, <laughs> I knew that. I, I, that's why I kept saying, that. "I don't know, guys. I don't know." Hey, yeah, if we were to talk four hours a piece, it would be so. Horrible. I knew this was gonna happen. So. My brain hurts. Me too. <laughs> I, I'm available tomorrow if you guys are. Number oh, two no. for me. Number two. Is, of course, coming from the Italian era. Demons. Yes. 
I yeah. fucking love this album. Or I was gonna say this album. I love this fucking movie, man. <laughs> like Might as well be an fun. album, man. Might as well be an album, man. The soundtrack yeah. is amazing. Uh, score is amazing. You know. I don't it, know what moods is number one is. It's one of those films, man, that like I can watch over and over again, and like I just want to repeat it every single time. That's a great thing. Um, fucking love it, man. It, it's like, what do I say about demons, man? You know. Well, it. I, we've said a lot about it. We have yeah. said a lot about it. I'm trying to think of other things, but uh, dirt bikes are cool. Dude on a motorcycle. With a fucking sword, Zimmer. playing heavy metal, cutting up fucking <laughs> demons. Nothing fucking helicopter out of nowhere. This is the epitome of metal horns. The movie. This is devil. so 80s. This is devil horns, Luke. the movie. I mean, one of my Luke. favorite things about demons, man, is like, is the whole aspect of what they're watching is coming to real. I love it's that nice. aspect, man. <laughs> you know, again, the soundtrack plays in that shit, like, big time. But it's just, it's an amazing film, man. It really is. It really is. There's some, like, some odd port like really oddball parts in the film considering you know they have this subplot with these people that are you know just these the punks just the yeah, punks that's real weird and real strange when she goes and looks at herself in the mirror like you get a sense of like she like a weird past and they give her some character development yeah. just to rip her apart seconds it's fucked up it's kind of mean i know this whole subplot with the, these punks and shit is like insane to me but for some odd reason, I find it super compelling. I love it. It's weird. Like, they're it's in the back of the car, and we got some coke situation shit, and got some. Pick up every gram. <laughs> every gram. Every. I'd it's be like, terrified. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Dude, it's some of the weirdest shit you ever see on cinema. But I fucking love that shit, man. It's it's great, man. But yeah, I mean, Bob honestly, man, the core of the story is like pure brilliance to me. Um, straight up, ten out of ten, man, for me. I love demons. I think it's just great. Hey, hey, it's where it should be. Me and my friend used to joke around about remaking this movie like ten years ago, and we made it like a big Hollywood production. We were making up everything. We're like directed by uh, Quentin Tarantino. No, I don't remember who's going to direct it. But we had Tarantino in it as that uh, man who makes out with a woman who gets hung. We had uh, Sam Jack as Bobby Rhodes. Do we Robert had, uh, Rodriguez will direct it? Dude, we had um, Nah. He'll That'd just fuck amazing. it up like he does. I love it. But we had, I'm just kidding, but we had Sylvester Stallone as the main punk. And then we were like, (laughs) Christian Slater was the other one. Courtney Cox, uh, Courtney Love was one. And then we had the other one. He was like, hey, man, make make sure my brother gets a role. Give that to Frank Stallone. (laughs) 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 We overcast this movie. We had um, Deborah Wilson from Mad TV playing Goretta Goretta. We had Jennifer Lopez as the other hooker. We had Alec oh Baldwin God. as the asshole guy. As the asshole guy, he was like, "Shut up!" to his wife. That oh prank. my God, that'd be amazing. We talked about I it for hours. This. That was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> who was Mi- who was Mickey Bro, this away? Oh, I, we don't know. Whatever. Who, but that's all I remember. I remembered a lot of it though. And we had a cameo by Christopher Walken as an added character. He was going to be a popcorn <laughs> yeah. vendor. He was the popcorn vendor. He's like, "Here, enjoy the movie. Here's your oh, cameo man, for so shit like that." We went elaborate, and we were like, uh, the "Hollywood remake." Of oh, when you're bored. Oh, by the way, if you another like fun fact about demons, if, if you guys didn't know this, is you know the redheaded stewardess lady in the theater. Yeah, that's that annoying little girl from all those other movies. Yeah, yeah. Deep Red and yep. Bay of Blood. It also has Bob. It also has Bob from fucking House. It has both annoying kids. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bob. <clears throat> it's also got the dad in this, the dad driving the car at the very end. That dude's in every fucking Italian movie ever. He gets his face blown off in Cannibal Apocalypse. He gets eaten by the monster shark and monster shark. Oh, another fun fact is, the, 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 you know, the asshole dude that you get killed up, sir. The asshole dude that was yelling at his wife quiet, he was actually in Planet of the Vampires. He's one is of he? the. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's such an asshole for no dude, reason. He's like, so good. Up. So good. <laughs> I love it. It's so weird. It's like, what are you doing? He took his wife on a date on their anniversary. He got a free movie ticket. He got a free movie ticket. He's like, that's your anniversary present. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> then he gets his throat ripped out. <laughs> that's why it's 10 out of 10. All right, Jeremy. Which number two? All right. Number two for me is screenplay. Oh yeah! Nice. I almost had. Did it. I have that as his number one? Yep. I almost I did. I went back and forth. I was thinking about it for a long time. Shit! Fuck me on that one. Jeremy, if your number one is not what I think it is, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Jeez. It I was close is. though, man, with the number two. Damn. I'm already killing Derek. I'm already gonna kill Derek. Thank so. you, Jeremy, for being awesome. Because you know what, screenplay deserves to be really fucking high. I understand. Oh, it's amazing. Stuff. I, I I know you don't understand, or you don't like fucking, you know, zombie shit and stuff. But screenplay deserves to be there. Oh yeah, yeah. it's definitely. I can see that's definitely. A, I, I remember talking about when he was on Body Bags. He did a review for a while ago. I know oh, he's yeah. a huge fan of this. Oh yeah, I've been a huge fan for this movie for years and years. The great film, just great a, film. just a low budget, just made with heart and soul and sweat. And some, it really reminds me of movies like Della Contessa. It has a a. You could tell that maybe some of the characters and quirkiness is very similar to that movie. But I just, I just love, love, love this movie. It's absolutely amazing. I wish it got some more love that it deserves. It shouldn't be a trauma movie. It should be way better than that. But um, I give it a nine and a half out of ten. Huge fan of screenplay. Check it out if you haven't. You get it for dirt cheap. You should watch it. Well, I'll just put it this way, man. Plus you got to thank problem. trauma for actually mm-hmm. even putting it out there because, like, really, who would have seen it otherwise? Yeah. I used to think that Full Moon was so much better than Troma, but it, it, I was kind of wrong on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you saw like, some more films, right? Troma yeah, has put movies. out like, legitimately great movies <laughs> sometimes, but their productions, I still am. That's priceless. Well, I mean, you need to the watch them again. Some taste, yeah. Combat Shock is fucking amazing, Dude, too. Dude, watch oh, Terra Firm again. Watch Terra Firm again. The show blow your mind. I love Terra too. What are you talking about? I love that move. I love that movie. Poultry Guys, they put out some I love Poultry Guys. Troma had a longer life. Troma's movies stayed better for longer. I even like Troma's That is true, Dave. That is definitely true, Dave. It's so much good stuff with Empire, and then they just like. They wore uh, it all got. I shit. mean, if you yeah. count Empire, then I go. I yeah, go, the early Empire stuff is like amazing. Yeah, like Reanimator. I mean, Re-Animator honestly, there's probably better. The video Dead yeah, and Dolls, you know that. Terravision. Yeah. Terravision, I like two of my favorite movies from man, Beyond. So. Yeah, Dude, when I rewatched Terravision, I gave it a fucking, I gave it like a nine, a nine and a half. Dude, Terravision is so much Dave. fucking fun. That's what I'm talking about. Shout out to Crystal. It's so fun. It's so fun. Died. I was he, almost he just, in tears. He in brought that up recently on Exploding Heads, I think, too. Who did? Christian. Christian. Uh, he didn't <laughs> no, about how Moods had it is his like number he one. He was talking about that shit again. It's so fun. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> he was like, how he was saying. I, 
saying how he almost fucking he thought he didn't believe you because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he like, goofy, goofy. He's like nah, dude, I love the grandpa. He doesn't he's realize there's other fans out there besides me. <laughs> I mean, it's very funny. It's very, very funny, dude. Did and you it, see that Video Dead uh, Terrorvision's going out of print from Scream Factory? Yeah, finally. Like, maybe I'll buy a second one crazy. because I love those movies. <laughs> I know, right? It's the one, only it's ones one I'm worried about favorites. is Poltergeist 2 and 3. I don't have I, I just picked those up. I'm just pi- picked them I'm, I'm picturing a Criterion of Terrorvision since they're releasing all the Bruce yeah. Lee film Shell Factory used to own. The part that gets me in uh, Terrorvision at the end when she's like, get me to the studio, and then the thing's like, repeats. It's like, get me to the studio! <laughs> At the very end? <laughs> the Medusa. I almost like, cried. 100%. I almost cried. Remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I love the theme song. Vision. <laughs> that's an 86 movie, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to 86. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. It was making my 86 list like, no problem. For real. Yeah. All right. Number uno. Oh. Number one. I mean, does anybody know the, the wait, is it my turn? <laughs> no, I'm just um who, 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 Okay, Jeremy's correct. Did yeah, I got Dave, 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 you're so Dave, fake. You said this was like such a major turn of events. And like I knew it would have been this It was all a major long. turn of events. Return of the Living Dead was my That's number two. No, I was gonna pick Day of the Dead, and then you said it was a huge turn of events. So it then was, I changed it. It was a huge turn of events, dude. Listen. So fake. He's over dramatizing his own life. He's he's the human commentary. He's like, I'm going to get some milk right now. Bring your milk back. Got the milk right now. I'm gonna drink it. When he was making Listen. his list, he was telling us every every minute detail. He's like, writing this right now. Listen, dude. Okay. Return of the Living Dead was my number four film of all what? time. Day of the Dead was my number seven. What? I would consider yeah, that a pretty big turn of events. You told me like a long time ago you said that was like your number three, I could have sworn. Dude, wasn't Return of the Living Dead your number two? Of all time? Yeah, that too. No, Elm Street 3 is my number two. What's your... Oh, yeah, TCM. But like, I Scream said... is my number three. Oh, you've changed everything up. Dude. That's Hall is your number one? Yes, no, definitely. That's never changing. So you got Texas Chainsaw as one, and what's number two? Elm Street three. And what's number three? Scream. And four? Return of the Living Dead. And five? The Thing. I love all those movies except one. Scream. No, I don't. I don't hate Scream. I just don't love it. Yeah, it's not my, one of my favorites. No either. connection to it. Love um, it. Day of the Dead is uh, okay. The reason that I chose Day of the Dead over Return of the Living Dead. Is because I think it's a better movie, um, but I love them both like damn near equally. They're fantastic movies. But Day of the Dead, I think like when I hear people talk about Day of the Dead who don't absolutely love it, I I don't understand why. I'm like, but it's like amazing. You Some know what I mean? People have brain damage. At me. Like, like, cause, you know, people, everybody respects it pretty much in, in our circle at least. Harley gave it a ten. That's pretty much you know what I mean. Respect. Yeah. I gave it a 10 too. Yeah, it was my number three. Pretty much respects it. But when somebody doesn't like see it the way that I do, I'm just like, but this is, it's like literally one of the best movies in horror. Like it's just so well made. Like every aspect of it, it's great. And it's Tom Savini's best work ever. I, I, I 100% feel that way. Um, he, he, the effects are fucking mind blowing. They're so, like everything from, you know, the zombie sitting up and his guts falling out, which is, is extra great in red. Just, just great blood. The blood in this movie is is fantastic. They finally got the mix right after all they the dead got films. The mix yeah. right, 
Yep, they got the mix. It wasn't right. made by the Crayola company. That's why. And Dawn of the Dead, uh, it works with Dawn of the, the Dead, though. I, every time I watch this, I appreciate other little things that I didn't before. Um, like the little speech that, um, you know, that the, the Jamaican character gives. It's fucking, for me, and one of my favorite movies. 14 Mile Tombstone. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, uh, just about how, like, you know, fuck these records, man. Like, you know. Start like, over. Start over. Yeah, for start real. over. Like, let's, let's. It's it's such a good speech. And Romero, man, if there's one thing that I noticed um, recently since we covered the dead films and I watched the crazies and stuff, like he he is one of the best things horror ever had. He's way ahead of his time. And even the shit you think stupid, ten years, it's not as stupid as you thought it was. Like yep, Diary of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary. Of I the always loved Land, but Diary. I know it's not a great movie or anything, but like a lot of those things he was saying about too many voices on the internet overpowering the intelligent ones, it happens all the fucking time now. You can't yeah. even find yeah. any information worth a damn anymore because I can't there's so many wait fucking idiots figure speaking. Out that survival is genius. I'm waiting for that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but to be fair, I don't hate survival. Um, I think I was the most favorable in that review. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, he's he's just an, a very amazing filmmaker. Uh, I love the score to this one. I love the setting. The setting is so good. I'm so proud that these films are like Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like Romero's Pittsburgh, Savini. Like it, it, it's an honor to have that association. Carly went to, you know, Tom Savini and and George Romero's school essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, but for not anything cool like that but yeah but yeah it's their school yeah i mean tom savini was at my graduation ceremony so it's yeah and he gave a speech and i was there and it gave me cold chills and it was amazing and and i got to meet romero because of that school and and he was such an amazing nice person i got to meet him too he he was like dude like and his wife was really nice too Uh, Mm -hmm. i've told the story but i was working at a hotel and and she checked in under his name and i was like george romero i was like like as like like george romero <laughs> and she's like yeah and i was like I, honestly like i don't know how to say this in like a non-lame way but like i'm a huge fan mm-hmm. and she's like oh well you're gonna have to meet him then before we leave and like a couple of days went by and i was like ah they're, they're gonna forget you know and she made sure to bring him down to meet us and he, and he signed, signed all, all our shit. stuff and he was I-, I could tell there that he wasn't looking the best but they, they, to this day, his wife still contacts us um, personally, like um, my, my boss, because she she we we made her. She invited us to this stuff, and and it, it's just really cool. I'm very ha- happy to have met him before he passed away, and and rest in peace to George. Um, Day of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's the, there's two people from actually JP and Carly's era you know, that I wanted to meet, and one of them was Romero, and the other was Fred Rogers, and it's ironic that. They knew each other. Fred, Mr. Romero, Ro- yeah, to- Romero worked on. They tried to get Rogers as a zombie in Day of the Dead. They got <laughs> some of the people that were involved with the Mr. Rogers show, but they couldn't get Mr. Rogers in there. He's like, they no. Were- well, I think there was something. I mean, Rogers, that might hurt Mr. Rogers a bit. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. but you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of you know my area. Like, I, 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 I do hold like some pride to, to the Pittsburgh area. So, plus, Moods' I'm favorite not- actor is from that area, Jeff Goldblum. Fucking rights, man. Yeah, man. I love them motherfuckers. We, we Fuck do, that we dude. We have a lot of famous people in here, so I'm, I'm happy. I honestly Tommy Atkins fucking, too. Dude, seriously, man. Oh, yeah. Man. Tommy motherfucking Atkins is the shit, who I also got to meet, which was really awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Um, we, Yeah, so. Dave, you, could, you could just 
Dave, go ahead. Say Day of the Dead. Is that a 10 out of 10, JP? Dave, man, what's your number one, motherfucker? All right, you know I said that it's not only my, like, it's all my all-time favorite movie and a zombie movie. It's no other than Hard Rocks. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is obviously Day of the Dead. Um, It's my favorite movie of all time ever since I was a little kid. I've adored this movie. It has a nostalgia impact. I have every line memorized. There's lines in the movie that give me chills, make me emotional, the musical score, everything like that. I think there's a, a genius sentimentality in there. I think he gives his characters depth that a lot of directors wouldn't do, even the characters that are supposed to be villains. No, I think that the I, military I made that argument on the show. I said that they like they're not completely wrong. It's kind no, of no, no. You can what, see where they're coming from. You should listen to the commentary me, uh, Jeremy, and Felton did. Um, not not just Jeremy, but another one. We went into Patreon by yours truly. Yeah. Yep, um, and 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 uh, Felton hadn't seen it in years. He was my like childhood friend growing up, and I always made him watch the shit. And watching it, he was like, you know what? I'm kind of siding with the military here. And he was like, it was kind of surprising. That's what's so genius about it. Like, it's not I always what Rhodes does. I know I like them, but I did. I knew they were bad. The military. What the? Fuck? I side with Sarah because Sarah is right. She's 100%. in the middle and she's right. Hundred percent. And she's also the best fucking heroine of all time. She's realistic and she has some great lines when she's like, "Let him go, goddamn it!" Cocks the gun. I'll cut Dude. you in half. Fucking steals the shit. My favorite goon of all time. Probably my favorite character. One Rickles and Steele's relationship. Love it. I can't. You guys know I said enough about this movie, the commentary, the review. I've said everything I have to say about George Romero's Day of the Dead. It's genius in every fucking possible aspect. And I'll let you guys talk before I do the tomato meter and shit like that. Yeah, that's fantastic. I got Dave's correct. Yeah, I got Dave's correct. Too. Me too. Not that, of course. Me and Carly actually kind of knew that already too. Everybody was... knows that about me. <laughs> Yeah. You so what you know, you could do your tomato meter. Okay, eighty three percent tomato meter and seventy five percent audience score, and the good uh, John uh, Beefus commercial appeal demonstrates you don't need to be bombed back into the Stone Age when you can reach that state by exercising your own stupidity. The subterranean setting is the tip off. While the zombies evolve, the humans de evolve almost li- literally into cavemen. And the bad review, Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. <laughs> Maybe Romero, whose original movie was genu- genuine inspiration, hasn't figured out anything new to do with the zombies. <laughs> and Roger Ebert hasn't figured out anything new to write about. Except, um, <laughs> yeah, Ebert was way off. I watched the at the movies with him and Siskel. And of course, they're fucking pussies. Because it wasn't Dawn of the Dead. Everybody's like, oh, I hate it. It's not Dawn of the Dead. Well, Ni- Dawn of the Dead wasn't Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And the crazies wasn't creep show and Martin wasn't any you know, his movies weren't always the same. And I the dead movies are so fucking genius in the fact that they play on the time period and the things that are happening at the time they're in. But they're sequels, but they for reflect the time they're in. They don't carry the time from where the yeah. previous movie was. I wish Land would have came out in the 90s. I'm just curious what that movie would have looked like. It it sucks because we had a 60s, 70s, I don't wish that it came out in the 90s. I wish he had done a film in the 90s. I wish the Day of the Dead would have got its original script. I think it's one of the missed blunders in fucking horror history, man. Yeah, because nobody wants to give George Romero fucking money, but you'll give some music video fucking artist to direct some yeah, shitty fucking My point exactly, man. Fuck that shit, man. He should have made one, man. All the best 60s, like 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, it would have been fucking phenomenal. 
Yeah. How bad did they fucking make these guys work? Like fucking Craven and Carpenter and fucking Romero. Like if they made one blunder, they're fucking got set back a million paces. But some fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they can make. Fuck it, dude. Now they missed the vote on all these guys, man. All these guys were the best directors, man. You and know, their movies yeah. hold up. Nobody else's movies hold fuck up. Yep. Fuck yeah. Yep. That's what. You know. Hey there. Me and Dave had the same number one and two. Yeah, two favorite movies. Actually, you know what? We had a lot of the same again. I think that we had a similar list. I think what did, we, what did, it, what did you not have? Cat's Eye. He, he yep. had a few that I had, too. And Elm Street, too. We went eight for ten again. <laughs> and I think Derek and me had six for ten, too. Oh, sorry. I, we had eight for ten, though. No, you didn't, no, have, Vampire, the same as you didn't have Vampire D. Yeah, I know, but that was... Are we going to get into Carly, or what? Yeah, we're going to get into Carly's. Sorry. I'm curious. We're not done here, guys. Oh, no, I'm Carly. My brain. Let me take a guess, Carly. Okay. I'm going to guess Friday 5, which I didn't even consider when I wrote my things down. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, you would be correct had you put that as your pick, but you did not, so you suck. Um, But, yeah, Friday (laughs) 5 is my number one. Um, Solely, I thought about it. Like, I rearranged, like, my top three like my top four a bunch of times and friday five for me is probably the most rewatchable on the list and with a lot of thoughts at this point it's probably my second favorite friday film let me uh, let me chime in here and help you out with something real quick you said something to me the other day that i was hoping you would bring up um but you know how me and and moods and uh, moods especially but like we all said that we grew up with these movies we love them so much you told me something interesting you said you didn't really grow up with any of these movies um if maybe friday five was one that you did so are you listening yeah, I'm here. Oh, so yeah, what, I'm saying like I'm saying I, I was expected you to take over. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna go. I thought you still had more point to make. This isn't no, um, hers. Okay. Uh, actually, the funny thing is, like Friday Five, I also did realize I didn't grow up with either because oh, okay. I watched it. Jesus. Yeah, like I watched the Friday movies, and then I watched this movie like not like recently, but probably in my teen years, and I was like, holy crap. I've never seen this one before, and I thought I had seen them all, and um, so that was kind of crazy. But did you grow up with any of these films? Um, did I? Because I feel like you you told me that you me- you've watched most of these since I've known you, which isn't that long. Yes, yeah, since I've known you, and that's like it, like literally since I've kn- like I probably seen Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two back in the day, but uh, no, not really. So Absolutely. a very like, different year no. for you, which is interest was interesting to have you on the show because it shows that even though you didn't grow up with any of these movies, a lot of the ones that are are the ones that we loved still are relevant to somebody who didn't have nostalgia for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's actually weird. Like I'm looking at the, like literally most of these, I didn't really grow up as them being my favorites or anything, even the franchise ones. But I mean, Friday uh, Five. Yeah, I really enjoy this. I mean, I think um, it's one of the most fun in the franchise. Um, it's it's funny that it has, like, some of the most kills in it when it's not even Jason killing the people. It's just, like, this angry paramedic killing everybody. It's really <laughs> funny. Fucking you, like, it's fucking like, it's Jason. I told you it's hilarious. It's just hilarious, dude. It's like, okay, whatever. It's not Jason, though. It's it just, is like, so obvious dude. when you're on rewatch. Because I mean, it's <laughs> so obvious. <laughs> 
it, and everybody gets not. mad too. They're like, it's not Jason. I'm like, good. I'm glad it's not Jason. Yeah, but, but you know what? It is Jason in a way, right? Spiritually, you doing the same shit as Jason. Exactly. And, like JP, I know you don't agree. You're like, I don't get why people say it's so obvious. Like, there's two shots where just like close ups on that guy's face, and he and just then, looks so enraged. Listen, there's that stupid like fucking Scooby, moment where <laughs> the, yeah. the chief's like. Roy's like, what's going on, well, Chief? Or some shit when he's picking he's up like, another body. Like, oh, I thought you were talking to me. That's it. Listen, people who say they figured it out are fucking liars. Nobody knew it. Nobody. It's the best twist in horror movie history because nobody... I didn't know it on the first time. Because, watching, and the people like, who do say, well, of course I knew. I, and I'm like, I, why? And they're like, well, it was obvious that, that you know, with the close-ups and stuff. But I was like, well, why didn't you think it was Jason? And they're like, because Jason's dead. I'm like, dude, he died in every one. Are you telling me you hey, – did you think in the next one it wasn't Jason too? Revolver Rosemary's Baby, the best twist of all time, Friday the 13th, part five. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say Fuck it's you, even that great of a twist because when he's, like, dead on the ground, you really – like, I didn't know who that dude was. <laughs> no, Jason, what are you in, man? Even, even once it. I knew it wasn't Jason, I didn't know. Like just a random killer. I thought it was like, like a random guy killing people. I didn't where did Jason get that, that mask? That's where what JP that was thinking. Where did he get that Roy mask, yo? <laughs> he dressed up as the paramedic, so people would think it was the paramedic. That's what I JP thought, I thought it was human. <laughs> I didn't think it was anybody specific. But Jason I was like, oh, dressed up in a human mask. <laughs> Jason went down to fucking some place and got a special mask made so he could wear Roy's mask and then put the Jason thing over it. So See, It, it would have really been cool if he was wearing the William Shatner mask. <laughs> uh, Jason, Michael Myers. <laughs> but... No, this movie's great though, and the, you know it's like it is ridiculous. It's not like it's like a fan masterpiece of a film. I mean, uh, I love like the characters. Most of them, there's no character development at all. They're just there to be killed. It's just for body count reasons, and I, I don't know though. I love it. It's but, but okay, you say that, and I are agree you arguing with, you. with me? No, it's no, like no, no. One. I I agree with you, but think of any other slasher film, right? there's random people but everybody here has a distinct thing that you remember about remember about them violet yeah. it has like the cool hair and the you know then you got the greaser dudes who stand out and the fucking cokehead with the sleaze and, and like uh ethel and junior like everybody a demon fucking the damn enchiladas you know what i mean like they yeah. all have these like unique little things about them that stand out from just plain ass people which is why I always give Friday the 13th a little bit more credit is because as small of a little fraction of time that you spend with the, the people that are about to die, they stand out usually. And uh, that that's, I think that's a, a big, you know, pat on the back for the Friday. Plus Roy. Yeah. Very different from like some other slashers for sure. But plus Roy. Mm -hmm, good old Roy. Freaking Roy. What a boring name too. Um, but yeah, uh, I give this, um, you know, I don't give it a 10 or anything, but I give it an 8.5 out of 10. No. Number two is an 8.5? Yeah. Number, number one, one actually. Number one. <laughs> Damn, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so uh, funny. I thought I was going to be like this black guy. Well, here comes the big moment. <laughs> Better not be Godzilla 1985 God or I'm leaving. It's not. It's Godzilla 1984, actually. I can't figure out what his is. I put I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do a line. Welcome okay. to Fright Night for real. Uh, that's a great line. Uh, are you sure you didn't just want to think? Let's Fright reevaluate Night's this book. I'm actually kind of like, I never really agree with JP here, but Jesus Christ, dude. 
I'm surprised, man. That I don't remember you ever bl- blowing Fright Night that much. This movie has a personal place in my heart because because Moods loves it so much. No, no, no. no it's not <laughs> that. Shut up. Let the man. No, talk. let me it's tell my fucking movie. story. One, shut the one. fuck up and let all me right. talk, motherfucker. This motherfucker fucked me, man. I thought it was fucking demons all the way. I think we when all was, did. When, when I was younger said. and. Fuck! I got everyone wrong here, man. <laughs> did you get? Did, are you completely out, Mids? You got everybody? Yeah, I think so. Uh, except what for did you. you pick for except me? for you. Uh, oh, you fuck! Did I tell my story now? Yes. All right. <laughs> I watched this movie a lot with my aunt when she was sick with Lou Gehrig's disease, and she's no longer with us. See, that would depress me. I would never watch Fright Night again. So every time yeah, I watch movies with her and. This is one of the reasons why I love movies so much. So any movie that gives me memories of good times that I had with somebody, I hold to high regard. I mean, I that that's a good re- that's a good reason. I'm just so weird about stuff like that. If someone dies, I, I, and I, like I remember, like oh, I was playing baseball during that. I'll like never I, want to play baseball again. Yeah, I went to see Scream 4 and my grandma died that night, so I don't like Scream 4 that much. Like, it's, I don't know. That's just like yeah, me. It brings back bad memories. That yeah. Is. But I guess but, I guess it's different for you, though, because you were enjoying them with her. Uh, not yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, she was alive. and yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I guess that makes more sense. Yes. So it, it was a happier time in my life in that sense, too. And, you know, watching movies made her happy. So. And you said that was your aunt? Yes. What's her name? Donna. Rest in peace to Derek's aunt Donna. Rest in peace. So, Friday Night, I love the film, too. Roddy McDowell, I always loved Planet of the Apes. Uh, even when he was a kid in Lassie, great character actor. He was a child actor, too. A lot of Liz Tim Taylor. Tim the Well? Huh? This is quoting Lassie. I like Lassie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know... Fucking fun stuff, and he's, I love the like when you watch the interviews about Roddy McDowell. He was a fan of movies too. Like there's a scene where Tom Holland's talking about they're just scrapping through MGM lots like during before Fright Night was made, and he's literally just broke down and cried because they were throwing away old like costumes and shit because that's part of film history. And he actually got raided by like a film, some film commission or somebody like that or some. Because he had a bunch of film prints, and they wanted to check if it was like porn or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. At one point, he got he collected out, old like thirty-five. He was like one of the first yep. movie collectors. Yeah, he collected film. He used to have parties and shit at his house. That's yeah. cool, man. Yeah, there's actually a little nice, cute interview with like a few of the cast members of Fright Night One and Two on the release. Uh, I have. I'm not sure about the U.S. release of that. I like the Blu-ray of that one. Yeah, the Eureka Blu-ray. Y- yeah, that's a great release. I have it too. But I love Chris Sarandon. I always uh, he always plays a great asshole. Like Princess Bride, Prince Humperdinck. Let's <laughs> stick. He's great. He's great. Yeah, fucking. Of course, I, like I said, he nominated for an Oscar for Dog Day Afternoon as a transvestite. He wants to be a woman. <laughs> yeah, fucking great shit. I love it. Put a passion. Great score by Brad Fidel, who went on to do Terminator. Did Terminator and- a year before. Yeah, a year before. And didn't oh, yeah, to. that's right. He is in fucking lipstick. Yeah, I he's totally a rapist. forgot that. Yeah, he's that terrifying. made me and Jeremy's top ten, didn't it? So, oh, yeah, that's my number three. Yeah. Good movie. So, yeah, 
Friday Night, ten out of ten. I fucking love that it. That makes it. That makes the whole it. Thing. I can't remember. I can't I fucking believe it wasn't Demons, man. I'm just like <laughs> fucking. Don't bad. Contemplating this whole time. It's obviously like, what the fuck. I could picture his face, just like what. <laughs> it reminds me of that time he couldn't figure out how to get fucking the stream back on. Dude, that's the yeah. funniest. That's moment pretty of much time. what fucking happened just now, man. I'm I like, said it. It's like, like oh, what the fuck's going on? It's this gonna be Joe Bob Hart too. <laughs> He's mind blown. Right, dude. What do you got, Boots? Um, what do I got, man? Coming in at number one for myself. It's probably not that. <laughs> well, I don't know the scary thing. Did anybody figure it out? We I thought it was Day of the Day, Dead. It's Day of the Dead. I think I it, it might be something it obscure. Out. I'm going to think of something out, off the wall. Boots is Day of the Dead. It's it's the nail gun massacre. <laughs> just Day of the Dead. You know what? You know what, Carly? Man, that was close, man. That was actually close. That was being really close to being in the top ten, in number one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I um, liked it too, man. That movie's fun. Number one great. is uh, I loved it. fucking Day of the Dead, man, for sure. I, this movie is flawless. What can the what the fuck can I say, man? This yeah, that was my one or I was guessing Return for you or Day. I knew it was one of the two. But. You know. Watch them back to back. You know, I'm like, man, I absolutely love Day of the Dead more than anything in the world. You know, it, it actually makes sense because Dawn of the Dead is my favorite film of all time. Day of the Dead is right there. Like, I can't even. It, it, I juggle, man. I juggle. It, it, it shows how fucking brilliant Romero is, dude. Like, it's it really is. He's always been my favorite. Night of the Living Dead is right there, also. Like, I love. Those are my it's three funny because movies, I don't even find myself loving zombie films unless there's Romero films. It's like the fucking strangest thing. Yeah, dude. Well, I like Fulci too. The ripoff zombie is great too, but that's a ripoff of Romero again. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Zombie's I mean, I mean zombie's in my top ten too. Despite you know, the but like, too. it's funny because I, you know, just like Jeremy, like, <laughs> he's not a big fan of uh, zombie films, and I always found myself going. I feel like I'm not, but I think I am a big fan of zombie films. I, know, I, I like a lot of films. It's not my favorite subgenre that I dig to. It's there just, are some well, fucking damn good zombie films. I always find myself going. Always zombie films are my favorite fucking films you know, of all time, but like I look at my all time favorite films and they're all zombie films. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's the way it is. That's why I've loved zombie it's movies like since I was ten years old. The realism comes in <laughs> Boots is fucking gone. gone. Let the man speak. That <laughs> might have been of not a word right there, but you know. Oh man. It's one from zero to one hundred. <laughs> we should get lacy and moods to just sit there and talk. I was the one stuttering oh, like in it. Anyways, now, the fact of the matter is, man, is that you know, man, I love me some fucking zombie films. Apparently, he still talks better than yeah, me. Drunk too, and dude. I, do I, I do too. I, I mean, Day of the Dead is fucking just, dude. I mean, listen to our episode on it. Zombies are the best. Also, Patreon by yours truly. You know, yeah, thanks. That's we need, true, that was long, like so long time coming. You guys should have had me on the Dead Show. I know. Yeah, a lot so of the story, you know, I feel kind of yeah, shitty that story, you actually weren't on there, considering that's your favorite fucking film of all time. Yeah, Mike on there sleeping like. But, I mean, I, I know a lot about it. It probably would have been a 12-hour show, though. Yeah, I wish we had... I, honestly, there's a lot of shows that I wish you did with us, man. Well, I wasn't in any shows before that and whatever, so, you know, I <laughs> should have done the... You coming back for Argento 6? F- I think I have to. <laughs> the final yeah. Argento. Yeah. 
Do you like Hitchcock, Giallo, and fucking Dracula? Dracula. Or, uh, Dracula. 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 It's going to be, do I like suicide after those? <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen them. I've seen every Argento movie before those. And not uh, I haven't seen those either. All right. Um, Jeremy, I, let me. Okay. I wasn't time. fucking done yet, man. What the fuck is going on here? You're not done? Okay, go on. Yeah, I'm probably fucking done. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a ten. Get ten, right? You're giving it a ten. Of course, I'm giving it a fucking ten. It's, yeah. it's fucking ten. It's eleven out of ten. Yeah, and it's yeah. in, the, in the hall already. Twenty shots. So it really it's, doesn't matter. Does it make like seventy now? That's not the now? fucking point. That's not the fucking point. Anyways, cool. All right. It does it? It does it. Jeremy. What did every, What did everybody guess for Jeremy? Because he was the he was the puzzle. I had screenplay for him, but day of the dead for me. Day of the dead. I guess phenomena. Phenomena. That's a retarded pick. Okay. <laughs> All right. Day of the dead. Yeah. I won. I got a fucking. I didn't think you got one, two, three. Why did you like ten, bro? I got three out of five. So did I, Derek? When I mean, you fucked me, right? I had four out of five. I got one, Dave. He doesn't like zombie films, so I was like, "Well, it's not Day of the Dead." That's what I was thinking. It's like the best made zombie movie fucking ever, dude. It's awesome. I love all the characters. I love, once again, George is famous for his commentary. love his commentary. I just love, when we reviewed it on the show, you know, a year and a half ago, I I fucking fell in love with it again. It's just an amazing, amazing, well-made movie. Uh, Awesome claustrophobic kind of setting to it. The opening too, man. We didn't oh, even yeah. discuss it, but the opening is so well done, dude. Yeah. The way the newspaper blows. Oh, Genius. come on. Res- Resident Evil did the same newspaper, exact same newspaper to pay homage yeah. to it. Yep. Yeah. Because firing, George actually was supposed to direct George that film too. The movie. Yeah. Here, we'll play homage to it by firing him off the movie and hiring. It probably would have been a hell of a lot better. That would have been yeah. his '90s dead film. Yeah. Ten out of ten. That's sixty. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Amazing, well, amazing. Well, you gotta add fucking... Oh, yeah, Marion fucking gave it a 9. No, he gave it a 9.5. He's in the chat saying... Said, he said that um, he guarantees that 60% of our lists will be Return of Living Dead number one. He don't know shit. So he was wrong, just saying. Just yeah, saying. he was definitely Drop wrong. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're not gonna do honorable mentions, the three of me, Dave, and, and Moods, because we're eventually... <laughs> Definitely not tonight, but we're eventually <laughs> going to do our uh, Next 25 Friday. 11s. Uh, but if any of you guys wanted to do some... You want me, no. to, go for, want me to go first? Or? Sure. I can just name a few. Like I, I love both. I like both like the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. You know, they were in and out of the list for the longest time, especially after Bloodstream. <laughs> incident. I kind of gave away a spoiler. Do it! Watch do it! Oh, I thought you were saying after Bloodstream. Yeah, but you know, like I, I had to watch some comfort move, movies in between some of those aspects of those movies, so I rewatched some of them too because just to get back into the zone because I'm like, I was getting kind of loopy. But overall, fucking, you know, like uh, I also like screenplay. That was a fun, actually, the first time watch. I had the DVD for the fucking longest time, and me too, me too. Fucking never watched it. You know, I actually picked it up because of Jeremy's Body Bags review. Ironically enough. Uh, Jeremy, you had some, you know. I picked the movies based on your reviews, buddy. So you did All something, right. right? I did something. 
You know, no, that's I good, mean, man. Mood, that's good, man. Mood refuse movies better fucking forty drinks deep than I do sober. So Jeremy, no, you know what? Jeremy man, did first, great. You know what? Yeah, dude. Jeremy, you, you sound the less tired. We all sound fucking drunk, and I'm not even yeah. drunk. Jeremy's. You said you were drunk like a few minutes ago, dude. Me? Yeah, Dave. I don't even drink. Yeah, I'm just fucking drink. brain drunk. <laughs> brain drunk. <laughs> Welcome to one two shots, dude. <laughs> yeah. So- so like Nightmare and like Silver Bullet, those were like all eight point fives for me. So that's about it. I can name off the top of my head. I remember. All right, Carly, uh, Jeremy, you guys want to give any? Not really. <laughs> I guess I'll give some. Um, uh, Phenomena. I mean, that's a good one. Uh, Demons. That was pretty fun. Th- those two were like ones that you know. Like I feel like I didn't watch them enough to really put them on my list, but they're both good. Blackout I thought was great. Um, love the story to that. Bad Seed was really good. Fortress was really good. Boys uh, Next Door I like that one as well. And Murderless that was probably yeah. Murderless was a hidden gem. Yeah, for sure. Um, those are probably what what was that? Like, what about six, the Tower? So. Did you I watch wa- Naked Vengeance, Carly? What was it? Naked Vengeance. No, I never. I didn't get to that one. Should have. I'm pretty sure. If oh, now I got massacre. I love Jeremy. That talk about the tower, man. Talk about the tower. No, we gotta name our bottom. We gotta name a few shitty. Oh ones. yeah, bottom. Oh, okay, yeah. let me the go. Victims. Um, my bottom was the worst one I saw was Savage Island. I like it. Linda Blair. Yeah. Is that I don't, don't like grow it. the gra- Is that don't grow the green grass? They don't cut the grass anymore. Yeah, that one's horrible. Um, and funny. then. Uh, the the dark power, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then zone troopers, and th- those were the honestly I didn't watch a ton of bad ones. I mo that I only had like I don't know like eight under uh, five, and one of them was like terror on tape, which is fine. It's just not really a movie. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to rate. It's not bad, but it's like, what, what am I rating this? Like, yeah, two, it's fun three, to watch though. It's fun to watch. Yeah, um, I gave it like a three. I was like, what? I don't even fucking know. Chiller, <laughs> Chiller, I liked, and you guys don't. But I was I fine with it. I was fine with Chiller, dude. I don't get what the fuck you like about Chiller. Like, what is, what's good about Chiller? It's not it good. It's just okay. like a it's anthology, terrible. like. Screen, uh, you know, no, Tales from the Crypt episode or something. I like Paul yeah, it's fucking three hours long. It felt like oh, he's it's fucking... Paul Servino's good. Hmm. Might have to do with the quality of the prints that we were watching too, though. I got no, I got some no real way, turds man. on my list. JP's movies, none of those made it under a fucking two for me. Do <laughs> these ones? These ones are genuine fucking turds. I'll start, with the, I'll, I'll start with from the bottom. I'm only going to do five, even though I have seven listed here. Um, five. Igor and the Lunatics. Fucking oh, no, that, movie's, that movie's fun. Dude, that's that some of the worst nice. acting I've ever seen in my life. It's a piece of shit. doesn't make any sense. It's inept in the storytelling. It, the script doesn't even make any sense. People are going play. It does, it's sloppy. It's a piece of shit. I feel it's like awful. it wasn't a completed movie. Like and they it. just fucking tried to finish it, and they didn't know what they're doing. Um, they literally opened the movie up with a, uh, with a scene, and then they go back to that scene ten minutes yeah. later and show the whole scene in different angles. It's fucking yeah, but it's murder. It's trash. They cut people or in half. Appointment one scene. Appointment with fear. Ungodly boring. There's a Horrendous. dance sequence in it for no reason, and that's the best oh, part of the whole movie. Awesome Three. Whorehouse on Highway Five. Oh. Instead of actually trying to make a real movie, they tried to be weird because they. I had, skipped it. They had not. They didn't know what they're doing, so they just made it as yeah, weird as possible could, and it's fucking inept, and I hate it. 
Two, the tower. I wanted to fall asleep so bad. No special effects. It's an hour and 45 fucking minute shot on video or shot on beta tape, which makes it feel like three and a half hours long. Well, did you watch it after 6 o'clock? What? I said, did you watch it after 6 (laughs) o'clock? I don't don't remember. (laughs) Because that might be why you wanted to fall asleep. Shut up. Uh, (laughs) Fucking Bloodstream, half the movie is a guy watching shitty movies on TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's my list. They're terrible. You named like all pretty much. Yeah, those were all the ones I had on my list besides the tower because I, I didn't watch it. Bloodstream was my bottom. I had that at a solid two out of ten. I think um, I gave it a one. Yeah, yeah. That's I what I one. gave Savage Island too. Yeah, legit. Yeah, those were all of them in the dark power. In comedy. Bits and pieces, man, was fucking terrible. <laughs> I gave Bits and Pieces a better rating than I should have. I don't know why. Yeah. When I looked at the rating, I was like, I think it was like I a two and a half out of ten, man. It's fucking terrible. Uh, it's terrible. Okay. I, I should give it a two. Yeah, uh, Bloodstream is my bottom at a zero. I gave it a <laughs> fucking zero. <laughs> Fuck that movie. A zero. Dude, it's a shitty version of Last House on Dead End Street. That's all it is. Fucking poop. And then other shout outs to fucking Horror on Highway 5 at a 1.5. I hate that fucking movie so much. And Attack of the Creature Beasts at fucking. Attack of the Beast Creatures is amazing, Eric. The best movie. Fuck that movie. That was better than. That wasn't that bad. And it makes me happy. And when that one lady dies and the fat guy flips out, I'm like, no! Don Nelly's father? Fucking. <laughs> right? It's my favorite kind of movie. Phil? I love Phil. It's Don Nelly's dad, yo. Well, He's the best. Moods, what do you got for your bottom? <laughs> you He's gone. He's gone. No, I'm there, man. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think, man. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I think you I'll not just... have them in front of you. No, I don't. Bloodstream uh, had to make your list, right? Yeah, Bloodstream probably. Was that not uh, mentioned already? Oh, yeah, yeah no, it was. Oh, you can re-mention it. <laughs> oh, Bloodstream is fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So, I mean, if that's it for the honorable mentions, yeah, yeah, sure. have any? We're, we're I said oh, we were actually doing honorable mentions, man. For fuck's sake! No, 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 no. This no, honorable not. mentions. This honorable. Dishonorable. Movies that you hated. Poopy yeah. movies. I really oh. didn't like Def Con wow. 4. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, I didn't think it was horrible, but I just. Randomizer, let's do it. So, are you guys ready to find out what our next. Do we have guesses? 1990. No. It's 1990. Alright, um, I'm gonna say fucking 2010. Can you fucking do this shit properly, man? Don't fucking cheat. Come on. 2005. Oh, dude, I would never cheat this. This is important to me. Right, what are you going to say? 1992. I'm going to say 2003. Moods? 1992. I just said that. You can guess it. It could be two no, of the same. I want 1992. No, I want 1992. 1993. 1993. Don't know the lowdown. We removed the 80s now because we just did that. We don't want to do the same thing back to back. Uh, so back uh, in is 1969, um, 1970 through 79, not including uh. 76 and 72 because we've done those ones. Uh, and then 90 to 99, not including 96 because we've done that. 2000 to 
2012 minus 2002 because we've we've already done that. And then uh, the random weird year that we threw in was 1936, which has about 15. (laughs) (laughs) If that if that one draws, we'll probably see you next week with the show. (laughs) All right, are you guys ready? Yeah. The moment of truth. Let's see what we get. Randomizer going. 1991. Wow! I like it. Thank you, guys! We did it properly now. Yes, return to the 90s. And by the way, guys, 1936 was number two. 2012 was number three. 1991? Oh, my God. Fucking Carly has, like, the cold. We just started watching the movies. <laughs> I'm so glad it's not 97 or fucking 2002 or some shit. 91. This is this, honestly, guys. It's this is, this should be a very quick prep though, is because the there wasn't that many 90s films. The Willies is 91, Dave, right? Uh, I'm gonna back? I'm gonna start listing off some of the films that were included in 91. Uh, so we got Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Freddy's Dead. The oh, Under the Stairs. Yes. The oh. Wonderful Child's Play Three. Okay. Ricky, oh, the story of Ricky. Oh. Um, popcorn. popcorn. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Ernest scared oh. stupid. Oh. Critters 3. Sometimes oh. they come back. The Resurrected. Oh. Necromantic 2. We got Mikael Silve's Suave's The Sect. Body oh. Parts. Puppet Master 3. We got Basket Case 3. The Pit and the Pendulum. Subspecies getting into the full moon territory. Uh, there's nothing out there, which is a trauma. I hate that movie. I like it. The Stop. Sandman, Runaway to Hell, uh, Omen 4, Silent Night 5, Ghoulies 3. They're, they're yeah. Ghoulies. The Boneyard, Scanners 2. There's actually some solid movies. Scanners 2 and 3, Dolly Dearest, 976 Evil 2, Howling 6, Shock huh. em Dead, Bottom Scary Barrel. Bottom Barrel now. Come on, all these movies. <laughs> too. The Crawlers, aka Troll 3. Oh, okay, Contamination 9. Nah, we're point, good, man. Point, point 9. Uh, let, let me see. 91? 91? When yeah. did, when Is the Willie's 91? Hey, when what? do you think we're going to be recording this exactly? Black Demons. Well, hey, 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 listen. Hey, when do you think we're going to record now. this shape? Okay, Dude, I'm going to be need- sick then. <clears throat> Shut up! We don't need we don't need that much time, dude. I mean, we're, like, we're getting into the the refrigerator and shit. We're in a dude. quarantine, man. We're in a fucking. This quarantine is gonna right be now. the worst Three top months. ten ever. There's Three not gonna be one now. ten out of ten. There's not gonna be one ten out of ten in this whole fucking top ten list. There might be two. Three what? months, man. Signs of the lamps. Three months. Yeah. Everybody's number one. Signs of the lamps. What's it? What's today? April eighteenth. April, May, June, July. Let's do it. Let's motherfucking do it in three months. Uh, July, right, yeah. J- July or August. I could, I, dude. I own most. I own most of the good ones. <laughs> yep, for sure, man. For sure. This is easy talk. Oh, dude. Yeah, three months Do, bro. Alligator. Are you guys involved? Shit. Yeah, I'm fucking in this motherfucker. I guess. Get involved, let's kick man. one of our, Let's kick one of them off and replace them with somebody. No. Any volunteers? Everybody oh. here is involved, unless Jeremy. they don't want to be involved. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I, I would love everybody to come back. I, I like all of you people. Um, you guys make it fun. I think there's a good perspective because we have, you know, 
me, Mooj, Jeremy, who's got different age ranges, and then we have Carly, who's young as fuck, Dave, who's old as fuck. And, <laughs> Derek, you know, the same we age get as different Dave. perspectives. Yeah. yeah. Well, you born Carly, Carly's like, fuck this. <laughs> what about, Derek, what Derek. about nudist colony of the dead? Nudist colony somebody, somebody of the dead. Oh, that's, number, that's my number one. That's my number one, too. I actually seen that movie. I've seen like all the movies from '91. You're naming them. I'm like I've seen all these, and they're all like even the shitty ones too. I'm oh, like Strays I don't know why. Came so. out in '91. I love that. Yeah, I've literally watched all these movies in the last five years. Oh, Mortar and Strays and Body Parts. Dave, you're right coming now. on, man. That'll be because it'll be fun. It'll be fun again. Ooh, body Parts is gonna. Dude, this top ten is gonna be like I'm coming in at my number ten at a six. What about Witchcraft <laughs> too? Fucking Body Parts great. is amazing, dude. It's awesome. Body Parts is great. It's gonna be in like everybody's top five. How many of you guys going to try to watch for this? <laughs> 34. Like three. <laughs> 34. 30. 30. What's, what's Mutant Massacre 2? Dude, what? when you get to 50, dude, it, it, like, dude, seriously, I'm not even joking. Like, it's, it, dude. <laughs> dude. It's like some fucking obscure movie Sweet. from, like, Zimbabwe. Probably. Oh my god! Like, All right, y'all. Uga uga ing. Like, I mean, you you'd be lucky if you could get to to like thirty four good ones. <laughs> no, they're not thirty four good ones from ninety one. Teenage Exorcist. Vampire. Oh. That's like a movie. Brink Stevens. Yeah. Oh, the Killer Tomatoes Strike Back. What about that? Oh, one? what a classic. What's Zombie ninety? Oh,那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是那是
episode 180. Yeah. <laughs> Almost seven hours, dude. Y'all motherfuckers okay? don't know some fucking dart shit. You ain't laughing right now, man. And you probably ain't laughing because this shit's lasted like seven hours. Well, I'm at you. Whatever. All right, guys. That was fun. The thing is, it's 22 fucking shots, yo. We run long hours. JP, take us the fuck out of here, man. (laughs) Jeremy, take us the fuck out of here, man. (laughs) You forgot about me. (laughs) It has been a while to be I'll do it for Jeremy. Well, I'll be a while again. Anyway, everybody... Thank you for listening to episode 180 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As well as we want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash mood 616 And let's hope he knows how to press the end call on the Skype. As always, you can follow JP on his channel at youtube.com slash doubleshotj. Follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nesruler22. Follow Carly wherever she is, Dave, on youtube.com slash... Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> Mr. Carly317. And I don't know where... Derek is. But I'm everywhere. D-B- it's dbouge36. I'm retired from YouTube anyways. Follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com. Search for 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. Leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665, but we will not answer. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. And please support the Patreon. Let's get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. And by the way, we have a coronavirus quarantine sale right now on 22 Shots t-shirts. If you buy one, I will write you a hand for a note with love. No, I'm just kidding. I'll knock down $5 off a shirt. $25 shit for anybody who wants a shirt. I'm so buy one now. Right now. For real. Nice. But I need that you do it. All right. Peace, guys. Bye. Adios. Adios.